A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the Trader Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 43 of Radio Free Istvan. My name is Michael, uh, the host, and I also have my co-host here. You can say, what's going on, Ryan? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> you were thinking about it. And I don't know if I, I said this already. Say. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> we are It's a... not like we ha- we've we've not done this before, but you know, it's like, eh, should I just go with the same old shit or should we do something new, mix it up? But we we just went same old shit. Same old shit. We're it's always it's always something yeah. new. So I don't know if I mentioned this, we're a horse heresy thirty K podcast. Uh, it's episode 43. We got a pretty pretty nice little show for you guys. Sorry. I, I know you're probably getting this. You're probably thinking like, fuck, these dudes were late. Like, yeah, it was a busy weekend, guys. We're actually recording this. Uh, it's early in the morning Tuesday, actually, already. But we're going to have it out tonight. So you have it Tuesday day. And then if you're in the UK, probably Tuesday morning or evening or afternoon. I don't know. Whatever. If you're, if you're in the United States, you'll have yeah. it early. If you're in like the UK <laughs> or Australia, you'll probably have it on like Friday this week or something because they're so far ahead of us in time. Yeah, time, <laughs> time. Yeah, I don't, time they're in the shit. fucking future and shit. Future people, they're future men, past men, <laughs> what they are. So this week, guys, uh, so we're gonna change it up a little bit. We're gonna do things a little bit differently because last week we had a five-hour fucking episode, which was a good old time, but Jesus Christ five fucking hours so this week because we are still going over inferno and we actually broke it up into two little sections there uh we are going to be doing we're not have we will not have lists this week we're not actually going to have any list reviews or anything for you guys ryan's still working on lists though like she's still got them going so i i already did all these lists so they're done so i got um, several emails here that we'll go over, but we're just going to wait till next week. And next week we'll do like a listener episode and just the majority of next week's episode will be emails. So I got like one from Bjorn, one from Chris Holmes, one from, uh, Giancarlo, one from Trent, uh, uh Hackenberry, one from Mark Turner, one from, his, uh, one from Matt. There's a couple other ones here. And all these are done. Like I've already written these lists, and they're done. So don't don't panic. It's all done. I just need <laughs> to. Uh, we'll, we'll but we're gonna wait till next week, just because this episode we can't. It's already one a.m. here, uh, Tuesday morning. So we just can't can't record all night. So and we even got a message. Like I got a message on Reddit. It was like, uh, Jesus Christ, guys, a five hour episode. I'm gonna listen to it, but can you break this up into sections? Like I was like, oh man. <laughs> so. Whoever that guy was, <laughs> whoever that guy was, this is for you. This one's going to be long anyway. So many, we're going to have to kind of quickly go through this sisters custodes stuff because there's so many more, more units in these armies because it's all new where mm-hmm. 
the um, Space Marines, you know, it was just a few units, a few whatever. So there's a lot more stuff in these. So we're not going to get as in-depth as we did with the Marine stuff. So buckle your seatbelts, kids. So just to give you an idea of what we're going to be doing this episode, uh, you're looking at, of course, a normal intro, which probably we're going to cut short. Uh, and then you'll be looking at Hobby Progress, which I think we both have Hobby Progress we've been working on. Uh, yep. Then we're going to go into voicemails, which we got some badass voicemails. Uh, the one I'm most excited about, though, is Dan Porter's, like, finishes up his story from last week, which I'm anxious I don't to know, see Scott that. He has a really good one. He's been bugging. He's like, have you listened to it yet? Have you listened to it yet? I've played. is just a bunch of Scott. Have you listened to it yet? Because he's got, like, a follow-up thing he wants to talk to me about apparently and it's killing him that i haven't listened to it yet <laughs> well i'm also excited for scott scott says scott has never let us down on stories so <laughs> he even he shocked. said this one's way more lighthearted. <laughs> so you can you could be you could be eating there's no danger in this one supposedly like it it's a good he said it's a good good story and uh there's no uh no darkness to it i guess so we're good to go my favorite part was like, okay, because if you're coming, I mean, if you listen to last week's episode, you're not like a brand new subscriber or anything like that. We had a dark story last week that shell shocked all of our listeners. <laughs> like, like everybody, everybody that listened to the episode was just like, "Fuck, <laughs> like, well, shit." Yeah, I, just, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I got several like my the people I talk to on a weekly basis that listen to the show, I got messages from all of them that are like, Jesus, that story. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're a new listener... And then, and you... then Michael, Michael said they would, that uh, on Warhammer TV during the Warhammer, like, for the live stream of the 30K game that people were talking about it in the chat. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> on yes, the live like, stream. It, it was going on in the live stream of the Warhammer TV Horus Heresy. Like, the first time they did a Horus Heresy game, people were like... Who's running the the Forgotten Legion 30k? Uh, uh, the Forgotten Le- Who's running the 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 user account? I was like, oh, this is Michael from RFI, and people were like, Jesus, that story, <laughs> like you know, like fuck. <laughs> I think I think like somebody even put like hashtag Puppies Lives Matter. Like I was like, fuck. Like, I know, I know, Puppies Lives Matter. Yeah, I know. I got I got one. <laughs> so. I got so, one and she's an asshole and I still wouldn't feed her to an alligator. <laughs> so it's supposed to be a lighthearted story. I'm, I'm glad about that. Uh, so yeah, so we got those voicemails and then we're going to go into the Inferno Custodes and Sisters of Silence rules. We're going to go ahead and do a breakdown of those. And then uh, at the very end of this episode, if you're on our Facebook group, uh, you will have noticed that we had a... Uh, giveaway for some Quartus Contemptor Lays. We're going to go and draw the numbers on the show. Of course, we're going to post the results online, so, you know, you technically don't have to listen to that part, but they will be. We're going to be doing that drawing at the end of the show. Ryan's going to do the random number generator, and I'm going to count it out, and we're going to see who won those sweet-ass legs. So, I guess let's just jump into this shit. I've completely lost my hobby knife, so that kind of ruined me working on this contemptor here. Hey, hey, I got one right here. I got one right here. You yeah, want to borrow okay. it? Okay. Not even gonna look. Not even gonna look up. <laughs> Damn, dude! Like I just fucking had it. Oh, I was opening boxes earlier. It's on the table. I know where it's at. Fuck. Okay. Anyway, what have you been working on, Ryan? What's your hobby? 
progress um, look like? More, more black shields. I got all the infantry done except for one guy. That's fucking great. So tomorrow night, tomorrow night, I will have all the infantry done. Are you excited? Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Danger. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I sent some pics. Um, my uh, so tactical support squad with Flamers is uh, only... Uh, well, it was... When I took the pictures, it was seven men strong. Now it's nine men strong. So the last model is another Flamer guy. So yeah. I sent you... I, I think I posted pictures... Because I played a game with them. Yes. Um, and I, I posted a bunch of videos on that... Uh, the global campaign, the second Gallic War. Yep. And um, there's a bunch of pictures on there too, so people can check them out there. And I can even, I can send them to you if you want to post them on our Facebook too. Yeah, so I'll to dump you. them to the picture dump. Probably not with this episode, so. probably like t- tomorrow night, but I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I saw you played a game I'll with them, man. How'd they right run? Now, were you pretty, were you pretty It was fine. I was using Tim Tim's. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. They're, the problem with, because I was running them in Tim Centurion mode, which is just mm-hmm. like you can you're allowed dreadnoughts, land speeders, and infantry, and I don't have any dreadnoughts or land speeders, so I just had infantry. So all my shit's foot sogging. The thing is, the army is very much designed to be close combat or like w- like twelve inches and in. Like I have a bunch of shotguns, flamers, melt the guns, and you you usually have like a transport have, system to get them there. Normally, right in your actual like list, drop list. pods or yeah tanks whatever and uh so just running basically infantry from you know a list that are normally like set up to be in transports and trying to foot slog them so like my terminators never did anything but like slowly walk forward and shoot combi bolters the whole game <laughs> of <laughs> so, course like uh, I think uh, Jay outflanked a unit. And they, I did get to assault. Unfortunately, the unit that I had to assault was a fucking sniper vet squad, a death guard sniper vet squad with uh, combi flamers on every guy. So I got wall of death with a bunch of shredding, rending flamers. So I like lost half the squad just going in. But it was what it was. Um, <laughs> the thing that like really overperformed were the uh, pariah flamers. Oh, I bet, um, dude. Uh, I forgot. You have a whole I, unit of fucking flamers too. Yeah, I rolled up a world burner, which gave him shred. Ugh. Um, and it was no joke. Of so, course not. Pretty good. Fucking for those of y'all that don't know what pariah flamers are, they're torrent fucking flamers. <laughs> gets hot though. They yeah. get hot. Yeah. Did it, any of your boys burn themselves or no? Uh, two of them got hot, but they passed their armor saves. So I got to shoot, I think, I can't remember the seven or eight man unit, but I still did 51 wounds to a unit. <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> Take 51 armor <laughs> saves, please. Like, no joke. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's like, pretty. oh, you're going to wall of death my unit? Let me wall of death you from over here. And so that, like, because you can basically just place the template, like, however you fucking want, like, as long as the back, the front end's not closer yeah, to the yeah. rear end. So well, like, what happened was, he, like, so he went first and moved up, and then I went 
second and moved up. And then it was right at the range because at that point, when you like, if he moves up six and you move up six, you're exactly 12 apart. So you put your tape measure 12 out and then just turn the flamer totally sideways and just put it down the whole line of their unit, which is what happened. It's like, you seem like a nice guy, but uh, sorry. Gonna toast you, gonna roast you up a little bit. Damn. That's a really good unit for uh, for Zone Mortalis, man. Just thinking about that. Like, cause, and that was a small yeah. point game, so. I'm going to try him in zone uh, next week. I wrote up a zone Mortalis list, and I'm going to put him in there. The other funny thing with Pariah Flamers, I feel like, would be, it'd be fun just to run, like, just two of them in a sniper vet squad, where they get, uh, and especially in zone Mortalis, where they'll get shred and rending. Yeah. It's only yeah. two. But you can still in zone, you know, hopefully get a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, still, if you get to cover a whole unit, that's 20 possible shots, rending, shred. And then if you already have shred, doesn't it go up? No, if it's. Does it go up plus one strength? Yeah. Well, you already have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it would go strength five. So if you had a world burner. But they. If you. Yeah. But I. Yeah, but normally I roll on the uh, Zone Mortalis Warlord traits just because it's a little fluffier. Oh, okay. But yeah, you, there's nothing stopping you from rolling on the normal ones. Brutal. That's cool, man. I'm glad you had a good time with your Black Shields day one. Day one Black Shields. It's pretty fun. Like I said, it, it wasn't really you know designed to be played that way, but I didn't care. I mean, Jay's kind of dealing with the same you know situation too. I mean, he just had you know, foot-slogging guys or whatever. He was playing Death Guard. He had a big unit. He had a 10-man unit of Grave Wardens. I think two three-man squads of Death Shroud, uh, Typhon, a Sniper Vet squad with a bunch of Combi Flamers in it, uh, a Machine Killer squad with a bunch of Melted Guns and Combi Melts in it, and a Dorado Dreadnought thing. I think that was his army. Or Derideo, or however you say it. Dorito. Dorito. Darabundus. Uh yeah, man. I don't That's pretty fun, man. That that sounds like you had a good time. I need to jump on a Golox war game. Uh I want to take that Lillowayne model, that new one, that new Eldar like model that came out with that long fucking flowing dress and has the cat, you know, for forty yep. K. And uh yep. I want to take a uh I have the Princeps model, the one that's standing up and has like his little staff behind his back and everything like that. And I want him to be in this like, basically I want to cut him off at the waist and I want to glue him to the top of that long flowing dress. And I want to make him a, uh, what was, what was it called? The royalty or the, the, the royal, I don't know, a little NPC that you can make the character. I want to make him like this super flamboyant, like, yeah cross-dressing dude like i want him to be like i want him to stand out <laughs> like just this giant ass dress and like he's just like this this uh, royalty so i know tim wanted like yeah. uh yeah do i already had a bunch of i already had a bunch of guys that could be NPCs because i painted up a bunch for my event when i had like the uh they were supposed to be like civilian like not necessarily like high-end like political assets for yeah. the uh, escort mission and the cuisine and all that. So I already had a bunch of stuff painted up. 
And it's funny because I already have a unit of uh, cyber hyenas because I bought them to use one as a familiar for my Black Shields guy. So <laughs> I already have a set of three of those two. So so really the only thing I don't have is a Magos biologist. I don't really have something to represent that. But everything else I have something that already represents it. That's fucking dope, dude. That's fucking cool. I have none of that. So we actually used the we actually used the points of interest in Jay, a Majos biologist and photographer. That's fucking that's cool, what he man. rolled up. I love I love those like the fact that like you can just like convert up like these what is it I think it's like six different points of interest seven different points of interest. There's eight. It's a D eight. Okay, yeah. So eight of them. So yeah, dude, I I really like that you can convert those up and like all these people around the world are making up their own their own models and stuff. I fucking love it, dude. So excited. It's like I had all these like ideas, like which one do I want to yep. make? Which one do I want to make? And then I thought like which one would stand out the most? And I was like, okay, I definitely want to do royalty, but I don't want it to be just this one model just looking like just the model it's supposed to be. And so I don't want it to be a princess. So I want it to be like this super like hedonistic guy. With like you know just this long flowing dress, he's like feed me grapes. <laughs> like fifth, it's like Fifth Element Ruby Ruby Rod. Exactly, exactly. Chris That's Tucker ex- in Fifth Element. <laughs> you know, I might do that. I might do exactly that. It's like because <laughs> that far in the future, man. Like nobody judges you when you got quadrillions of credits or whatever. It's like I'm royalty. <laughs> so. Yeah, I really, I really want to start working on that, but man, dude, I got so much other stuff I got to fucking handle, so we'll see if that ever comes to fruition. I'm pretty sure it will, but. I need some, uh, I need some of them dreadnought legs and that uh, contemptor body you're going to send me. When are you going to mail them out? Well, do you want me to mail them or do you just want me to give them to you at, uh, at Stiff? It's your choice, son. I can mail them out tomorrow if you want. Um, I could two day them, and I think they get them like one day if I two day them. Nah, just just wait because I'm not gonna be able to get around to fucking with it till afterwards. But I can't wait to build it. It's gonna look rad. Is that what you're gonna do? Something like that, right there? Yep, some, that's very some... blurry and pixelated. Oh no! Yep, I see it. That's what I want to do. You ha- yeah. just send me that one. That's. <laughs> So that little key piece, I don't know if you saw the video where like I was posting up like, this is the key piece that goes in the bottom of your, your contemptor, blah, blah, you know, that key piece fits at the bottom of the, uh, the death guard, uh, I don't know, abdomen, I guess fits perfectly, goes right in, keys up right to the legs. Nice. So it's a party, bro. It looks so, people were freaking out. It's really cool. Yeah, I man. hope Mashinator does well. Shout out to Comrade Quiche and Mashinator for fucking getting together and making some amazing things. So, yep. so proud. So happy to see it finally happen. <laughs> so, of course, we're talking about the Contemptor Quarter Stradnot legs that, uh, that got worked up. Uh, if you haven't seen them, go check out the Facebook page. Basically... It's just normal contemporary legs. I've been talking about them for like four fucking episodes, five episodes. And so they're finally a thing now. 
and uh, Blood and Skulls Industries officially set them on sale on their eBay. And uh, from last I checked, man, he, he had them going. I think he had like 43 sets of them sold already. And so those are going to be what we're going to be giving away two sets at the end of this episode. So I'm pretty excited about that. They look. This cool. is the other thing I'm working on. Look at your phone. I'm just sending them now. I don't. I, did you see it? My display board that I'm working yeah, on. Yeah, your giant ass display board, six tile display board. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So I got it all built. It's built. I, uh, I'll probably prime it Wednesday morning. My wife usually works on Tuesdays, so I get to work on things in the morning. But she's going to be off work tomorrow, so I have to wait till Wednesday to work on it. <laughs> Uh, I get my uh, hydro dip. People, man, like I've had probably six people hit me up about that hydro dip, asking me how it went. Let me just tell you yeah. how it went, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, like I go through eBay and I look at all the different marble hydro dips that you can find, and I'm like getting, like I'm asking people, hey, you know, wh- do you think this hydro dip will look good? Do you think this one will look good? Blah blah. And so, like, the consensus is that this, like, kind of like a dirty white marble with, like, brown specks in it. Like, it's this really pretty marble. It, like, looks like legit marble. Uh, everybody's like, that's the one. That's the one to go with. I'm like, cool. So I order it from China. And I'm a little bit scared because I order it from China. I'm like, fuck. It's going to take, like, a year to get here. And, no, it only takes, like, mm, eight days or whatever. That's what it was, like, scheduled to get here because they shipped it through DHL. And I was like, fuck. No, they shipped the UPS. And so it's coming in through UPS. And I was like, hell yeah, man. It's going to be here super quick. So I ordered the activator because, like, just letting you guys know, if you're going to be trying this hydro dip and stuff, uh, each hydro dip has a specific activator it works with. Apparently, there's, like, four different kinds. I didn't know that. Some dude, like, I was talking to uh, uh, a guy that owns Knucklehead Graphics in town. And, like, he does hydro dipping. He's like, make sure you get through the right activator. They'll tell you, blah, blah. So I got the right activator. Got everything for that. Got it ordered. And the day it's supposed to get here it doesn't show up and it just tells me it's in houston then the next day i call ups i'm like what it said it's supposed to be here and they're like oh we'll probably show up today and then finally the day after that it comes up in ups uh the the like the the <laughs> the notification was like so ball busting it was so sad it was like this package is lost. <laughs> like the, the, this box is empty is like basically what it said. <laughs> and I was like, what does that even mean? And like, I don't know. It, I kind of feel like they lost the package and didn't know how to tell me they lost the package. So like, this is exactly what it says. It said, uh, merchandise is missing. UPS will notify the sender with additional details. All merchandise missing. Empty carton was discarded. <laughs> UPS will notify the sender with details of the damage. Like, I feel like they lost it, and they're like, oh, shit. Like, we don't know where this package is. Like, I don't know where it is. And they're like, well, fuck it. Just tell them there's nothing in there. And then tell them we threw away the, the, the carton. Like, they didn't even send me the box. They just said, it's gone. There's nothing in here that you want. Mm. So, like, are the, is the guy going to send you another one? Like, what's going on? Yeah, he sent me another one, but because it's like, oh, he's fulfilling an order that got lost. There's like no fucking like urgency to him. He's just like, oh, I got lost. Okay. And then I don't know if you've ever ordered anything from China, but they always tell you, please wait some time. And you're just like, fuck. Like, that means like you're going to ship it out at the end of this week. Like, there's like, 
there's no like eBay standard for when something gets lost where they have to like reship immediately. So like he hasn't even sent me a new tracking number. So I found a, a U.S. seller in New Jersey that is that also sells white tile. He's kind of I don't know if you remember when I showed you all those tile colors, but there was like a pinkish tile. Like it was the second place winner. Like the first place winner was the the badass like beige tile, and then there was like a second place which like was like a pink tile. So I ended up buying this pink tile from this New Jersey guy, and then I also had to buy a special the different a complete separate activator for that. So that should be in tomorrow. So hopefully, man, I'm I've I've got the bucket ready. Like the day I knew it was supposed to be in, I had the bucket with water in it ready to go, like waiting at my door for that shit to get in and nothing. So tomorrow, tomorrow hopefully is a big day for everybody. So if, if it works, I'm going to post pictures up. If it doesn't work, then my plan B is just to to airbrush it white. Mm. Put in a big fortune order today for the club. Oh yeah. How many Inferno books you order? Five, five, how many uh, Custodes vehicles did you order? Zero. Zero? Oh, I thought there'd be more than that. Yeah. No, nah, nobody here is down with that shit. <laughs> Nobody's we had guys that. that protested. We had, uh, we had guys that protested the book. They're like, eh, I'm going to play these armies, but I got the rules. I ain't buying that shit. I ain't rewarding them for writing this bullshit rules. That's a true <laughs> story. Good on them. <laughs> you can keep putting out these rules I'm gonna protest your book and then people still gonna show up with the fucking still gotta play them yeah. still gotta fight Magnus good on them but but yeah so I'm waiting on that I got my my display board on the way that'll be done tomorrow I, I don't I know Y'all have probably seen the uh, Warlord that's paint, kind of made it around the internet already a few times. I've, I've painted that up. The Knockdown Warlord for Stiff 3. He is done. I just got to paint up his building and then got to finish up the actual, my actual board itself. And I like, that is like such a big weight off of my shoulders to have that thing done. <laughs> and I can only, like, AK Interactive is the... AK Interactive Rush Streaks is truly the uh, the MVP of that story. Like, that shit went by so quick. I painted him up normal. I didn't even paint him, like... I painted pretty sloppy, like, trim-wise. And, like, I know David Sampson always yeah. says that he hates painting Warlord trim. And I now see why. Because if this wasn't going to be a wrecked Warlord, I can only imagine, like, how much it would have sucked. To have to get everything right. Like, lucky for me, I could just take like a flat brush and just burp, 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 just like slide the paint on, just jam it on there with some lead belcher. Or I actually used a black metal from Vallejo, but just got that painted up on all the trim and everything like that after I airbrushed it. The uh, that's Scott's color combination. So, yeah, I paint, I paint up that color and then just hit the whole thing with uh, floor shine. That's what you heard me and Zach talking about. Was that? Uh, yeah, that pledge floor care ran that through the airbrush, covered the whole thing. Get your shine then, box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then ran AK Interactive over the whole thing. I let it dry for probably about forty five seconds, 
to a minute and then took some old boxers, some old underwear and, uh, and wiped it all down. And those old boxers, if you didn't know the context on what those old boxers, like what happened to them, you would have thought that I had like some old man blowout. <laughs> <laughs> like they look raunchy. You would have thought that you were starring in one of the many, many stories that have been told on the voicemails on this <laughs> podcast. Exactly. 100%. So Warlord's sitting down, looking like he's taking a shit. Uh, I've still got to drill through him. I still got to finish the rest of his board, build up some buildings, but that's all easy. That'll take no time at all. That's a lot, just a shitload of dry brushing. I just get the big old dry brushes. So, so, and then of course I put together. Uh, this will be Quartz's Contemptor number three. So, <laughs> I'm just assembling the shit out of some Quartz's Contemptors. What are you doing? Are you doing them for your? Are you replacing your Blood Angel ones? I'm replacing my Blood Angel ones. I feel shitty about it too, but yeah, they're getting replaced. I what are you gonna do with the ones? Sell them? No, keep them. Keep them. They'll just be normal contenders. Normal ones. Yeah, yeah. If they're ever running normal contenders, they'll just be the normal contenders. Cool. So, you feel kind of shitty. Well, about I it, think but. I've finally. I'm. I'm confident. I'm I'm finally confident that my black shields will be done for stiff. I can't say that the display board will be done 100%, but um, I hope it will be. But the army itself will be done. I'm pretty confident at this point. That's fucking badass. And I'm actually considering taking them now to both stiff and Adepticon and then just using my blood angels in the team game with you. So that way people get to see both armies. I think you should only because your black shields definitely like their paint scheme is something that like draws a lot of attention. So yeah, I really like your black shields paint scheme. If I, if I take them to Adepticon though, I'm going to have to paint another unit because they have all these different points levels. Mm-hmm. So I have to paint another unit. <laughs> so it's adding ten more models. But now that I'm I'm confident I'm going to get done on time, and I know for a fact that our team army's done. I already got it done. Um, I I still think I can get it, and I still and I have a week in between Stiff and Adepticon to paint. I think I can get them done for both. But <laughs> I, like I said, I'm pretty confident this because all the infantry's done. I just have I have five vehicles and they're. I already a lot. Black. They're already airbrushed up and assembled, and I got a lot of the black done on. And the display board's built and will be primed. Uh, you know, like I said, I'll prime it on Wednesday. So, I, I think. I mean, I, I'm still not like I can't let off the gas like at all. Like there, there will be no like, you know, coasting over the finish line. But, but I'm pretty confident I can get it all done. Well, I'm excited, man. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. That way you can have a little bit extra luck in there, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you're gonna knock it out, and then hopefully they're not too strong so Nathan doesn't throw fucking thunderhawks and shit at you. <laughs> well, that's the I other thing. I I mean to be honest, like I feel like because I've played my Blood Angel list my my Blood Angel list several times, and I don't uh-huh. by any means find that it's I don't think it's cheesy. Like anybody can build it. It's just in our breakthrough list. You know what I mean? Like. I'm only using generic units. There's no Blood Angel specific shit in there other than some assault cannons. 
but it's right. not even really that many. Like, I've taken a lot of them off on the Predators and shit, and I'm just running my Predators like anybody can run them. So it's really just on the Javelins and the Attack Bikes, which, I mean, it's not that many. I think there's like 15 in the Army total, which isn't bad for 2,500, I don't think, when you're talking a five-point upgrade. Uh, so... It's not really like any pretty much anybody can build that army. That being said, I've gotten pretty good at playing it, and I've played it against several people. And there's just a lot of armies and playstyles that just deal with it well, like at all. <laughs> at least mm-hmm. a lot of one-sided games, I guess. So Here. I feel like these black shields are more. Would you? I'm what? <laughs> I say you're gonna get a you thunderhawk thrown at you. <laughs> Right, right. So I feel, I feel like, I feel like for the narrative, the Black Shield, if that makes any sense, like it'd be more fun for people to play against. Like I feel like it's more of a list that, because of the way it interacts with the opponent's army, because it's more of a get real close, get you know close combat, you're going to get a good chance to kill a lot of my shit. It's not like avoiding. Like my Blood Angels is very evasive. It plays almost like Eldar. Like it's, I keep the distance. You know, I move around a lot. Avoid really you being able to even target me and roll any dice at me while I'm shooting at you for further than you can shoot at me. And then keeping that distance where my black shields like want to close the distance. So no matter what type of army you play, you're hundred percent going to get a chance to shoot at me and interact with my models, which I feel like that's how most people design their army list. Like a lot of people design their army list to take, like you look at all these army lists that we give people that like play Imperial fists and stuff like that. They design their army list to either right. get charged or whatever, or they design their army list to go like get into close combat with people. There's very few that think they're gonna just gun somebody, outgun somebody, or outfight somebody. So, so yeah, I feel like no matter what army you play against, right? Well, that's, that's why I said uh, pe- people are struggling. People are struggling with my Blood Angels because it's a totally different play style than they're used to. Yeah, I remember when you like first said, told it, me about it's, them. It's very evasive. Yeah, when, when you first told me, you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah. no, I just if you were to play me with this, I'd just drive away from you." And then, like, shoot you from far away. And I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't even consider that as an option. Like, you know, it it makes total sense. But, but yeah, I, I remember when you first told me about that list, I was like, oh, wow, I've never considered that kind of play style. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't consider that type of play style. So, so for sure. Like, I, yeah, and like I said, I mean, it's not, like, it's, I don't, it's something that anybody can build. And like I said, I don't think it's, like, cheesy or whatever. I don't have, like, anything that nobody else can do. It's just that it's kind of one of those lists that doesn't... The way it plays is you're trying to make it to where your opponent doesn't get to interact with it. If you're playing it to its potential, which can lead to... It can be frustrating for your opponent. And Right, exactly. So, um, and because it's one of those things where you're kind of building an all-comers list, you don't really get to choose your matchup type of thing, per se. I would rather just be safe than sorry and play an army that 100%, you know, no matter what I run it against, I think it'll be a fun game. Heck yeah, dude. I like that you put that much thought into what army you take. That's how everybody should play. And and it's the way the Blood Angels, I didn't really, I mean, I designed the Blood Angels obviously to be a good army, but the real, I mean, you've seen my army, it's almost Highlander. Like the cool thing about my Blood Angels army is it's got a huge amount of variety in it. I, I posted it on the Adepticon page 
and it like fills up my whole display board. So it was really, I really built the army more looks and variety. Like I put shit in there. I don't even like, like I hate those heavy attack jet bikes, the heavy sport jet bikes. I've played them several times and I just do not rate them at all, but I kept them <laughs> in the list just because they look cool. And I wanted that variety of models. Um, so it wasn't all about being like a beat. You know what I mean? It wasn't like this is the most competitive thing ever anyway. It was more about looks. But now that I know my black shields are going to be done and I'll probably have time to paint this other unit where I can use them at Adepticon, I think I'll have another army that looks equally good. I mean, obviously it'll look different. It doesn't have as much variety, unfortunately, just because the models are more expensive for the black shield. So I don't get as much stuff. But I think it'll be more fun to play against and still I agree, man. I uh, and then of course nobody else is going to have that army, so that's always a plus, right? And then in the in the team event, we can still play. Like I'll still get a chance to play my Blood Angels, so people will still get to you know see the army. And it's Fuck more yeah. because it's that's part of the competitive track. I feel like I can run something that is you know a you know it's still not like I said. I don't think it's like the goal wasn't to build something that this is unbeatable like i you know i could give a fuck less but it, if it is a little bit more competitive i feel like it's not as bad because it is part of the competitive track right there wasn't that disclaimer like uh for the uh for the competitive friendly tournament right friendly team like there was for the narrative so no i get you i get you 100 oh, that reminds me man that's another thing i was working on my Phoenix Terminators, my shitload of Terminators for Emperor's Children that will get started. Like, that is definitely something that I am not supposed to be starting right now, but <laughs> it is. I couldn't help myself. I got those uh, shoulder pads in from Pop Goes the Monkey, glued them onto some cataphracty arms, glued those cataphracty arms onto some Phoenix Terminator bodies, man. Looks exactly like I thought they were going to look, man. Just like badass armor with giant ass shoulder pads man they look like fucking blood bowl uh blitzers or something they look cool the the guy you showed me with the lightning claws looks really rad yeah the one that's like ooh, like just ready to fuck some shit up yeah I'm, I'm super excited about them i uh i'm waiting probably till after adepticon but it might happen before that the fuck did that piece go? Oh, it might happen before that, but I'm definitely gonna take uh, take Little Legend Studios up on some of its uh, paintbrush paintbrush class offerings. So gonna be knocking some of that out. Cool. I need to learn how to paint purple, and I've seen what he can do with some purple. So yeah, it looks sharp. Well, that guy can paint. Miles is amazing. He can paint with any color. Yeah. He can, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, every time somebody's like, uh, they post up, it's like, do you ever see a painting scheme that just makes you completely demotivated to paint your army? I'm like, yeah. Every time I look at fucking Little Legend shit, I see him painting a mural yep. on the front of a Leviathan Dreadnought, and I'm just supposed to continue with my hobby as normal? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you got to get to that level. Well, even as I'm getting better, he's getting better. Like what? Like what's gonna happen in two years? Whenever I look back at like my stuff and his stuff is like now he's painting all of this on like a thing of rice and like 
he's I don't I don't know. I don't know how you go up from that level. I don't know what happens next. Do you start painting like I don't know. Like what do you like what do you do at this point? You paint, you, you paint hologram or something. I don't know. It's like fucking magic. <laughs> like it's like, oh yeah, if you can you could tell I painted the pores on a <laughs> on Vulcan. I made his pores really uh <laughs> really full of uh full of soot and dust. I felt like he would have a uh, really dirty pores. It's like, oh yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. I don't know. I don't know how you get better. I don't know where you go from here. But I know he's going to. I know every day he's learning something else. So Anyway, that's my hobby progress. That sounds like that's your hobby progress, right? Yep, that's it. That's it. All right. So you want to get into voicemails? You want to get in some voicemails, buddy? Yes. We got to get it. Got to get it. It's my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> so I love that our voicemails are getting to this level. So let's see here. Oh, so, so Easy Fish, like, is one of the few people that like comments on our SoundCloud. He's like, since the beginning, since day one, okay. we've had Easy Fish comment on our SoundCloud, and like, okay. I want to say probably like eight hours after we dropped last video, he like, you, when you leave a comment, it leaves a comment at a certain spot. Like, okay, it leaves okay. a comment here, <laughs> and then like right at the puppy story, he <laughs> left a comment that said. Some of my soul just died here. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> okay. So that picture that was sent to me with the alligator that says, hey, do you got any puppies? I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, come on, man. <laughs> Fucking my world up. Okay. So this comes from Nick, and this is, it says, Hi, Michael, here's a voicemail. It's a shit story. <laughs> Dude, they just keep going. <laughs> After 41, I figured you guys would accept English as well as Antipodian stories. Antipodian stories. Cheers for the show, Nick. All right. Let's go ahead and see what we got here. Hey guys, this is Nick from Oxford. I wanted to leave you a message to let you know that you don't have to be in the US military to have a shit story. Um, so when I was a little bit younger, I used to live in China. I used to teach English as a foreign language. And I don't know if you guys know people that have been to China, but the food over there is pretty risky. Um, <laughs> and you quite often have a bit of deli belly afterwards and think things aren't really that good. Um, so I used to drink in this bar near the American embassy in Shenyang. And this was about a 15-minute taxi ride from my house, well, from my flat. My flat was on the 34th floor of this building. Um, and we'd, we'd been out for dinner, and I was in this bar, and I knew, like, it was time to go. Like, it was late. I really needed the toilet. And so um, I got this taxi back to the gated community that like the flat, the block of flats that I lived in was in. But the other thing about Shenyang is it's like minus 30 at some points in the year, minus 30 Celsius. So um, 
I knew, I knew that like it was going to be hard to get up go. to my flat in time because earlier that day when I'd been coming out of the flat, I knew that the lifts were out and I, I didn't expect the, I guess you guys say elevator, but the lifts weren't working. So I knew I was going to have to go up the stairs and kind of, I was fumbling with the gate and was got in. And so this, this place I lived with had these walls around it and the gates were all these passcoded gates. And then you've got street lamps that are kind of, light your way back through because there's there's six buildings in this in this complex and uh yeah i knew i wasn't going to make it so (laughs) there wasn't really anywhere to go like there it was it was about two in the morning so there was nobody around so i I just dropped my trousers and leant with my back against the lamppost and like crouched down and Kind of everyone carries a packet of Kleenex in their pockets in China because you know, like, you may have to go. Um, but I, I just shit really bad. Was just like, the <laughs> splash was like, hitting the back of my shoes and stuff. Oh, but no. it, that, it was better than just going in my trousers and kind of cleaned up and chuck, like with the Kleenex and chucked them in it and just left it like that. And kind of, I, I was hoping. I was hoping no one had seen. Um, so I went, I went, kind of finished off, and then went back up to my flat. And the next morning, I came out for work um, with my flatmate. And as we were walking out past the, like, past the lamppost, she said, "Like, what the fuck is that?" And <laughs> it just frozen solid. It, it was like this pool of splattered shit everywhere. It was frozen solid, and it was minus 30, and it was there for, like, the next two months. But every day I'd walk out of the flat and I'd see it, and I'd just have to see my own shit, and I, it was pretty awful. Um, yeah, so it's not shitting in the desert, but, um, yeah, I thought you might like to add that. Uh, stay in your fucking lane, Ryan. Cheers, guys. I fucking love that dude. I like how so good. his you can, voice. You can hear the shame. Yeah, I was you gonna can say hear that. The shame that's, in his voice. That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. He started like so confident, like he was like in there, like yeah, guys, like I got a story. And then he's like, the the further he got into the story, like the more you could hear his shame, like the more like. <laughs> it's so good. The place that he's talking about, I said it in the middle of the story. I seen that on Anthony Bourdain, that that city. He went there for whatever reason and he was walking around and you obviously I you know, you're not there but you can see how cold it is, like how the, what the how the people are dressed and he's talk, talking about how cold it is. Yeah, -30 Celsius is -20. Obviously like I said I've never been. Yeah, -30 Celsius is -22 Fahrenheit. So, yeah. Which it gets it gets that here. I mean, it's rare. It's not like that here all the time, but I've felt that before. So I've been that cold. It's fucking cold. Really cold. But to be <laughs> honest, once it gets once it gets negative ten Fahrenheit, um, pretty much it, in my opinion, anything below negative ten Fahrenheit feels basically the same to me. It's like so fucking cold. It's like it's painful to be out in it, like for <laughs> any amount of minutes. So you just don't go outside if you don't have to. You just sit in your car. Fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) I mean, I had to work in it, like literally work outside in it. And it was miserable. Did you ever think to like, (laughs) I, so here's probably something that I probably going to offend all of our Chinese listeners. 
like I thought like it was pretty common to just plop and out in the streets of China. Like I thought that was okay. Like I thought they like I know the streets of Paris, like Paris, France, have signs in Chinese that say don't poop here. Like don't don't shit on the ground, please. <laughs> like I I I I don't know. Don't involve me in this. This is you saying. Um, I don't know. So. I know that we're ignorant Americans and Americans are like known for being really stupid about other people's cultures, which I, you know, it, it's, it, it is. All right. So we're, we're just not going to offend anybody this podcast. <laughs> even that, I don't even care because, I mean, we say shit all the time like. I don't believe in magic words. Like you shouldn't be offended just by somebody's words. People say silly shit all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I just don't like. It's just people just need to know. You know, it's different. Different places <laughs> they do different shit. Different places. So you know, I, who am I to judge? So I just try not to comment on it too much. You know what I mean? I mean, clearly everybody's got bowel movements all around the world. We get so many stories that like i think the right. voicemail is just like everybody like but, freely expressing their shame like it's like it really brings <laughs> down like like really grounds our audience yeah, like, like <laughs> i i love that he had to walk past it for like a month and then like if you got sick of walking past for a month you would literally had to like get a snow shovel like a metal snow shovel and like chip it up like chipping up your own frozen <laughs> shit and then disposing like of it because that would be the only way to get rid of it. I like how his flatmate called him out on it. What the fuck is that? Look, did somebody shit? And like, you know, he didn't own up to it. He's like, he's like, oh man, like it's probably pudding. Somebody spilled pudding. <laughs> well, I wonder if it was if it was super if it was super watery, it would have like frozen away. That'd be like slick. Like if you stepped on it, you'd like slip and bust your ass because it's just like this frozen puddle of poo. So oh, no, I don't know. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Oh no! All right, let's see what else we got. Well, what's worse? Like, does it still stink when it thaws out later? Does it stink? I bet it would, right? Yeah, as soon as it thaws out, I bet it does. As soon as it thaws out, I feel like it would. Yeah, it'd have to. Okay. Hey, this is John again. So, best painted goes to, you guessed it, the T.O. Garvey. Uh, 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 fucking oh, ruining his story, I, I feel like. I didn't Okay. Sometimes, like, the message comes through after. It's stupid. Howdy, gentlemen. Uh, my name is John Christensen. I usually go by PhotoBet on forums. Uh, I was talking to Ryan last night, and he said that I should send in my crazy cheating stories. So back in 2011, and I remember this date not because it pissed me off so much, but because it was the last Hard Boys that GW ran. Uh, I was playing, um, I guess you'd call him a friend of mine. So we were uh, in the last mission, and the last mission says you have to be within X number of inches of the middle of the table. Well, we were playing on a felt map, so it's kind of bunched up in the middle. So this guy goes, uh, look, dude, that guy is totally in in the, uh, I think it was like three inches or something. I was like, man, it's really iffy. Can we just get a judge? He's like, yeah, sure, man. Why don't you go get a judge? And I should have known something because he was really agreeable and he's never been really agreeable. So the dude goes, so I go up to the front, get the judge, and by the time I get back, the mat's been leveled out and 
that guy's like on top of the objective. And I turned him up like, dude, you moved that guy. He's like, no, man, he's always <laughs> been there. You just didn't want to believe it. Uh, it's kind of been a contention with this dude ever since because, you know, I never really trust the motherfucker. But, yeah, anytime, anytime you want to chill with this guy, he's awesome, but if you get him in a game, he's a total asshole. The other instance, uh, in 2001, I was going to a road trader tournament, and I remember this one because it was two years before uh, I graduated uh, high school. So, I was at a tournament. It's supposed to start at 11 a.m. I get there at 10. We get everything set up. I'm ready to go. Except I notice we're like two players short. So I go to the TO and I was like, you know, look, we're kind of odd numbers. Or we're, we're kind of off on numbers. You know, where's everybody else? And he says, oh, all my friends are going to come from Wichita Falls. And we're in Arlington, Texas. But <laughs> I was like, dude, you sure they're going to make it in time? He's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're not going to start till they get here. So like 10 minutes goes by. And I'm like looking at the TO and he picks up the cell phone and calls his buddy. His buddy hadn't even woke up yet. So his buddy gets gets a drive low. He gets there about, I want to say, 2 o'clock. So like fucking three hours later than the tournament was supposed to start, we finally start this tournament. The TO hands him his army, the TO's army, to play with. And the guy starts going and gaming. And at the time... I was running that old shitty guard decks uh, with the Armageddon supplement, so I had to take chimeras and everything. It was a pretty terrible army. But I put my heart and soul into it, so it was a pretty nice-looking army. Love it. So, in the tournament comes up, and I was looking pretty good. I tabled a couple guys, but I ended up playing a TO army and got my ass handed me. So he starts handing out awards. So, best painted goes to, you guessed it, the TO's army, which is a half-done... Now do the I'm, other one. I'm already I'm already not liking the story. <laughs> like Yeah. This is a piss on the picture story. The the the, the roll it oh go ahead, sorry. Hey, this is John again. So best painted goes to you guessed it, the TO's army, which is the half painted free heresy colored thousand suns army. Kind of reds and whites. I go to the TO and I was like, Look man, how did he win best painted? It's not painted. Nice. And second, it's not painted by the player. That's kind of in the rules packet. And he said, look, it's not your problem. Don't worry about it. Fuck uh, you. Best general went to the other guy that we were waiting on all the time, who I don't remember if he won or lost his games. I remember thinking that it was kind of shady, obviously. Um, but other than that last game, I had a couple of good games. But he ended up like, that tournament ended up ending at like 1130 at night. And luckily it was at a convention that was like 24 hours of gaming for three days. It was a, a historical convention, and they were kind of shoved all the 40K players off into a corner. Probably because it smelled bad. It's nerds. Who gives a shit? So, <laughs> Stinky nerds. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I talked to Ryan about Michael. If you're willing to crash on my couch up here in Dallas, uh, when you go to that airbrushing CK Studios class, uh, you're welcome. But uh, still listening to episode 42. In fact, it's paused right now on my truck. So I'll talk to you all later. Bye. Dude, that's so fucking shitty. Like, I'm glad he called yeah. that guy out, though. Like, hey, man, it's in the rules packet. Like, how's this guy winning without a like fully painted army? But the fact that the TO comes back and says, it's not your problem, don't worry about it. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> like, right. I've never thought of, like, playing on a mat that gets rules in it and then adjusting the mat to put you closer or further. Like, that's actually pretty funny. Um, not that it's a good thing to do, but it's like a new 
Like I never thought of that before. As far as movement cheating, the only ones I've ever seen is the floating tape measure thing. You know what that is? Like when somebody like puts the tape measure down in front of a model and they pick the model up, and when they pick the model up to move it to the end of the tape measure, they move the tape measure with the model, like float it a yeah. little bit. Yeah, oh, I yeah. call that the floating tape measure. I see that. Uh, some sometimes that's on accident. You know, people just kind of move like when you're moving. But, like sometimes it's blatant. And the other one I've seen is when they go to measure something, they'll put with the end of the tape measure, like bump the model back or forward, like as as they're measuring the distance between two models, like push back. Like how far is this charge? Oh, it's eight. Like oh, this guy's been slid. <laughs> I see yeah. that every once in a while too. That happened to me at Adepticon. I was pretty pissed off about that. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. "Did you just? Did you just?" I, well, sometimes you do it on accident. Model? Like you'll bump, a, <laughs> you'll bump a model like that. And when I do that, I always like, you know what I mean? Like give them the hundred percent benefit of the doubt. Like try to put it back and like, hey, if you feel like it was closer, we'll move it closer. I don't care. It's not that important. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, <laughs> I goofed. I goofed. Because so, I mean, some, sometimes. Sometimes that shit happens. Like you'll, you know, you'll move wrong, or you'll move like three models and then decide not to move there. Then you want to move them back and move. Like some of that gets a little whatever, but you got to give people leeway on that. I try not to be too weird about it. Even the floating tape measure shit, shit unless it's like super blatant. Like as long as the math works out. Like if you're, if you're charging me turn two with something and it's like I've not moved forward at all, and it's like now wait a minute. You could have moved this far, ran this far, moved this far. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you can add it up, like, we had to start 24 inches apart, and I know that I was exactly on the 24-inch line, and somehow you've rolled the, like, something's not adding up here. (laughs) (laughs) Then I might say something. But um, for the most part, you know, it is what it is. Some of that shit you can't really help. Models get knocked over, whatever. I wonder who that TO was. I know it doesn't matter, but... I definitely wonder at this point. Yeah. So that was your buddy. That, that's a buddy you have that lives in Dallas. John. Oh. Uh, so I've uh, met him in person. I don't think. Oh, okay. I may have seen him at Adepticon. I met a bunch of free booters at it. Yeah, I've met him. I met him at Adepticon one year. So yeah, I've met him face to face. Okay. Yeah, we we talk we more on booters for, but I've seen him at Adepticon. It's badass. I'll probably see him uh, this weekend. Because I think he... Yeah. It was him. He was either there or it was may have been him himself. Somebody knocked one of my dreadnoughts off the table. And like the... the you know, like the Forge ones have like the little thin talons and the resin fell and like the tip of the talon broke off. And whoever did it was like freaking out, apologizing. I can't remember if it was him or somebody with him. But I was like well, did you do it on purpose? He was like, no. I'm like, well, then it's an accident, man. It's not, no, I'm not going to get mad about it. <laughs> they were like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was way harder on them than it was on me. I'm like, yeah, it sort of sucks. Then his finger broke off and we lost it, but fuck, I'll get over it. It's battle damage. Whatever. <laughs> so now that one dreadnought has some character. A little bit of a broken claw. That's good. That's the perfect no big deal, way to handle that. Okay. So this next one comes from Easy Fish, the one who had his soul destroyed. (laughs) 
Hi, Ryan and Michael. It's James Dean. I promised you a story in my days in the British Army. Uh, it does involve shit and some other stuff <laughs> and some burning. Uh, it's fun. Um, so basically, we're going back to 2009, 2010. Nice little winter tour. Lovely bit of weather. Um, and uh, we were in the uh, we were in Helmand Province. Um, and we'd be doing part of the patrols we'd be doing between one and three main checkpoints. Um, so my friend David and I, sadly he's no longer with us, uh, we were uh, tasked to go down and do a, um, a reassurance patrol from one of the other checkpoints to the south. So part and parcel of what we do is uh, ask anyone in the military. Pornography is a wonderful currency that you can buy almost anything with. Um, <laughs> so we go down to the southern checkpoint, and uh, young David and I decide it's time to go for a team of poop in the uh, port joint, which are up to from uh, plywood. Uh, luckily, this is after the days of half an oil drum uh, and a uh, jarhead style burning system you were using white bags, thank God. Um, so anyway, Dave and I go for a team poop, uh, and we're sat in adjacent cubicles uh, discussing the uh, and rating the various uh, quality levels of the um, mature uh, reading material <laughs> contained within the facilities of checkpoints. <laughs> uh, rating them on such things as um, continuity of issues, uh, articles. Uh, the uh, variety and uh, depth of the uh, subject on, and uh, other such delightful um, highbrow uh, measuring sticks one can apply to what is effectively crimtastic grot. Um, so we, uh, we're a bit passing these magazines backs and forwards and have a look at page 13. She's a delightful girl uh, doing this to support herself through college, etc., etc. David and I exchange a few magazines, chat away, and uh, finish up our, our, uh, our number twos. Um, and uh, David exits the, uh, the facilities slightly before me, um, and uh, uh, I finish up, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave with my wag bag uh, full of um, deposit. And um, at the same time, at the same time, uh, obviously, because we're on a patrol, um, we stopped into the checkpoint. We've had to leave one of our guys on radio stack, radio watch in the vehicle, which is, I don't know if you know, uh, any military listeners will know that British Army use jackals, they like for little off-roady things, like reconnaissance vehicle things, um, which have uh, smoke discharges in clusters of four on each corner. Um, great piece of kit if you need to screen the vehicle to Instruction and so on, um, but they they are smoke discharges. So these things basically um, uh, discharge white phosphorus canisters, approximately fifteen feet. Then they airburst and spray a carpet of white phosphorus all over the place, which burns lovely and you can't see the vehicle. Now, just for point of reference, the vehicle's parked approximately twenty feet away from the toilet block. So Dave leaves, heads for the ops room, 
uh, I leave, ready to head back towards the vehicle. And as I am stepping out of the toilet swing and the door open, uh, there is a large, almighty boom and a massive carpet of white phosphorus is about 10 feet above my head and heading towards me. So, like any sane human being would do, I go for cover, straight back into the Porter John oh, area, uh, and end up lying there, face down, on top of the toilet, uh, which people sit on, um, nestled amongst my own and, unfortunately, a couple of other people's used wag bags. No! Um, watching oh. white phosphorus rain down and horribly burn through the delightful five-inch stack of pornography that is now scattered across the floor um, following my rapid re-entrance to the, to the facility. Um, on a side note, uh, the young guardsman who was on Radio Slag at the time, uh, he and I then went and had a uh, behind the HESCO debrief for a few moments as uh, I pointed out the final points of <laughs> cooking one of your NCOs alive not being the best career choices um, to make while on an op tour. So yeah, that's um, <laughs> that was my fun with poo on op Herrick. Um, anyway guys, brilliant podcast. Love what you're doing with the community. Um, Ryan, thanks for all the advice on my sacrificial offering Alpha Legion squats list. Uh, and um, I hope you enjoy the pictures. Uh, keep the good work going, guys, and uh, hopefully speak to you soon. Bye. That was probably like the saddest story I've ever heard in my life. Like you, not only do you get a face full of uh, other people's bodily Oop. fluids, but then you have to also watch like your only form of like currency get burned in front of you. Like as a rough <laughs> night. <laughs> Like I like how he went and like talked to his uh talked to like the the radio operators like, listen, I'm not mad about you shooting the white phosphorus at me. I'm just really disappointed in the fact that I've got probably got other dudes' bodily fluids in my face, and you burned up all my porn. <laughs> so. Like, uh, so that was James best. Dean, everybody. Like, if you've seen our squat pictures with the uh, with the Aegis defense line that looks like a wall of martyr style with a bunch of dead squats pushed up against it, that's James, fucking badass dude. Like, he plays a yeah. Alpha Legion or a sacrificial off. In, in, I hope to see that in person one day. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. Such a fucking cool list, man. Such a cool idea. Like, just I love it. I love that he went like full full like force with it and has like these just dead squats line up against the wall to like patch up holes and stuff like so fucked up yeah <laughs> the alpha uh, is like no no we'll help you guys out support's on the way just keep it just hang in there so it's fucking badass okay so we got two more voice okay so i got the Dan Porter story. I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to go to a voicemail next. We'll save the Dan Porter after Scott's story. Okay. Just listen to, uh, well, the story. And, uh, <laughs> fuck, guys. Like, whoa. Um, I mean, <laughs> damn. I mean, like, like, whoa. 
when you guys said it was disturbing, I was thinking like, you know, normally it's poop stories. They're like, what's a step up from poop stories? My head went to like maybe hot Carl territory, not like puppy murder. Yeah, that was kind of a leap, man. Um, yeah, like, I, I just find myself like fervently hoping that, I don't know, the guy that did that just died horribly painfully. I don't know. Like, maybe he peed lightning until he died. I don't know. Hopefully, some... I don't know. Oh, God. Anyway, thanks for that. Or, I guess. Fuck, I'm gonna go... I don't know. I heard Jody on the Ranging Heresy had some mind bleach. I could use some of that. Anyway, you guys do what you do, I guess. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> for real uh, as a collective well i don't know like <laughs> yeah i'm I'm definitely not endorsing that behavior or whatever but i hope people like we talked about it a little bit like it happened a long time ago and it's from like somebody that is from a totally different era you know what i mean and yeah. i mean i get and you think like your own or something like that that's what you think of but I mean like people do that like when you like do that to an earthworm to fish for fish or whatever like is it really you know I don't know you know what I mean like there's just a lot more (laughs) like if you really start thinking about it it's like man we do some fucked up things to different stuff you are playing devil's advocate with puppies bro (laughs) (laughs) right no I get it I get it I'm a I'm a I'm a pet owner. I got two cats and two dogs, so. <laughs> but, this goes fuck, yeah. man. No, I get it. <laughs> oh, it's so brutal. Yeah, we're all on the same page. <laughs> we're all there. <laughs> At least we know, like, our <laughs> listeners aren't heartless. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. We're good on stories like that, by the way. <laughs> Let's keep it more lighthearted from here on out. Ooh, Michael Althazar. He's sending us a couple dice bags to give away. Etsy. Oh, cool. he, finally, he just makes uh, dice bags. Oh, I see. Was he the one on Facebook that had the uh, the black and yellow, like the the Iron Warriors looking bag? Yeah, he just made that. No, that's cool. Yeah, he was gonna send us a bag. Right? And... What are you doing? Are you hicking? That was probably Bert. That was Bert. Every episode <laughs> I do with your bodily functions. You know that? Every fucking episode. Hey, you just it's gotta just... work through it, man. It's uncontrollable. Now, it's... I was about to say I was about to say Scott uh Scott makes dice bags. She's made him a several custom dice bags. She's got like some fancy machine that like embroiders. You can like program shit in and set a button and embroiders a bunch of shit. Who so, does that? I keep meant, meaning to Scott Scott Schweitzer. His his wife does it. Oh shit! He needs to make more dice yeah. bags. Or needs so. to get with Michael. So yeah, I don't think she does. And she just does it nice or whatever. But um, he's. I need to get him to uh, her to make me one. He's offered several times. I just um, I always just forget to like say. Well, I want this one. I might get one made for my black shields. That'd be cool. Yeah, black and red. Who be tight? Some special legion color. Oh, just the hand. The skeletal hand. Yeah, that'd be fucking badass. 
It's exactly what you should do. Yeah. I might do that. All right. Yeah, I was waiting for that beat. Hey, guys. Um, so with all the hype over now that uh, Inferno's out, so I guess uh, with Angelus hopefully on the way soon and by, by the end of my summer, I got to thinking with the Dark Mechanicum, or Mechanicus, sorry, I keep getting my 40K and 30K confused. What unit would you like to see? And I think I'd like to see, like, a proto-obliterator. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. Because, you know, it's something we haven't... But to do it in a way, like, that we haven't seen it before. It doesn't just have to be for the, the Dark Mechanicus. I'd also like to see, like, some really cool Blood Angel... Uh, like, you know, assault, special assault marine, you know, that they get. Or, like, cause it's hinted at that the Black Rage existed prior to uh, Sanguinius falling. So some sort of, like, proto-berserker unit that's not, like, full-on death company, because that doesn't happen until after the heresy. Anyway, guys, so I'll talk to you later. I gotta get back to work, so. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. And I'll keep listening. Bye. It's badass. I love how he's like, I got to get back to work. Like he's on lunch break or something. That's fucking cool as shit. Uh, didn't like, okay, so Black Rage wise, because um, I remember in Fear to Tread, they just like, yeah, like Sanguinius Sink, just like <laughs> murdered all of the people who were Black Raging. Like he he did it to every Black Rager, right? Yes. They killed so he just, yes. So, I get what he's saying. Like, if they can't have a unit that's like Death Company, because as soon as they fell, they they used to just kill them, like execute them. So yeah, they get like, like Sanguinius would get out like a special a special black pillow and like put it over their face and shh, go to, go to sleep, my son, go to sleep. And like all the librarians and apothecaries would be wide eyed, like what the fuck? Shh, shh, just lay down, stop moving. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that that'd be a, that'd be a difficult unit for them to kind of like retcon into existence. But well, I get what he's saying. It. Like you could do you could do like like because uh, uh, dudes that are under him later on become the flesh terrors. So you could do something that's like, I guess, more aggressive or whatever. But I I kind of feel like that's already part of their legion. Um or whatever with the plus one to wound yeah so i get what he's saying you could do like some type of special assault unit i guess that maybe had furious charge on top of the, the wound thing or something like that uh i personally think i i think it's almost they have to have a sanguinary guard like almost yeah. have to yep um yep. and then beyond that i i don't know what they'll get um i i mean it seems like most guys get a special terminator unit and in the old fluff, like we talked about this before, um, in the old fluff, they used to get um, like lightning claws for free because you used to pay for lightning claws on Terminators, and Blood Angels could uh, get for free, like a free upgrade. So they've always had like close ties to lightning claws on their Terminators in the older fluff. So I could see like some type of special lightning claw Terminator unit. Yeah, that'd be very cool. I'd be, uh, 
I'd be down. Like I, I feel like sanguinary guard is like pretty much a given. Uh, but wasn't there only like thirty of them or something like that? I, I wasn't talked about this before. I, I don't see where there's ever been any set numbers. I mean, I don't remember that in Fear to Tread. I've listened to Fear to Tread like three or four times. I would have thought that I would have remembered like when they something very like that. I usually like like note that in my head. It's like this is a set number. Um, so a lot of times the black library novels don't exactly line up with the Forge World black book fluff. <laughs> it's drastically different in the tone that they're written in and how they do things. I have the Eye of Horse guys talk about that all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it it's kind of one of the things. If I could get like uh exactly what I want, like if I could get like something I want, it'd be a librarian dread. I want a librarian contemptor. But I know it's probably not going to happen because the whole council already did that with thousands. Yeah, but like I want a blood angel one. But you know, yeah, I don't. I I just that was like later. That was like that all all stems from the fucking Matt Ward book that I choose to forget. Oh, these guys are vampires. Let's put them in coffins. (laughs) That's so clever. So that's like a bunch (laughs) of shit that I like. I don't even take serious. Fuck Matt Ward. Why do you? Oh, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I got a librarian dread sitting right here in front of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> one day, so, little I guy. mean, I wouldn't be like it's just one of don't listen like, to him. That just like he, he invented that out of thin air. <laughs> like that was never anything. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I've played him literally since the second edition book came out, and that was never a thing until he got a hold of the codex. <laughs> <laughs> just made up fucking blood angel librarians. I don't know. Yes, yeah, let's just make them the dreadnought legion because you know vampires sleep in coffins. Ha ha! I'm so clever. <laughs> hey, he had to. He they had a niche. They had a niche, and he found it. Uh, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Uh, I really don't know enough fluff to know anything else. So just kind of seems like uh like i said i i could see something to deal with uh the did lightning call terminators that was always a thing um uh i feel like we should I'm ask the age to of darkness of guys I feel, like, the- I feel like the age of darkness guys would know they'd be like oh they're probably gonna so? get this and this yeah hmm. i don't know i mean i'm i'm pretty fam- like intimately familiar with the blood angel fluff i played them since second and they've never really had anything uh, like back in the second Ed Codex, they didn't really have anything that much different, other than you know Death Company's always been their signature unit, but that like he said didn't exist in 30K. So I don't I don't know. Like they've never they added in the Sanguinary Guard, you know later on. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could see them getting, like he said, some type of. Uh, I mean, if you're going to do Sanguinary Guard, I guess you wouldn't want to do another veteran assault unit. Uh, no. But nobody really has, like, veterans. I guess Night Lords do with the Night Raptors or whatever. So, yeah, I'd say Blood Angels will get Sanguinary Guard, and then I would imagine they'll get some type of special Terminator unit. That's my thought. 
Well, fingers crossed, dude. Fingers crossed. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Going at the pace that we're going at now, there'll be three wound terminators with like strength eight, uh, <laughs> initiative four. lightning claws. <laughs> oh no, they got to go before. So they'd have to be what's custodes initiative five? So these have to be six, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they got to be like ten points cheaper than Secmac terminators. Yeah. Okay, so we're finally going to go into the, uh, what do you call it story here? Scott's, what Scott. do you say, what do you call it? Wolf Blitzer story, right? Yeah. All right, the Wolf Blitzer story. Let's hear it out. Ryan, Michael, Scott again. Uh, so I'm back this this week to uh, tell you guys a little more lighthearted story in case uh, you know I permanently traumatized or mentally scarred anyone for the rest of their existence. So don't worry, the story is uh, a little more family friendly to a degree, but still contains a decent amount of shock value. So there's a couple elements at play in this one. All right, first off, you know when you're a kid and, like, you're outside or something and you have to take a piss? You know how you piss when you're, like, a three- or four-year-old? You drop all of your pants all the way to the ground, like, around your ankles? All right, so everyone's done that, right? Well, if you're, like, a dude, you've done that. Anyway, so there's that. There is... Being nervous about a job interview, and then ultimately there's Wolf Blitzer. Now, just a disclaimer, I haven't been contacted by any PETA officials to further investigate my last story, but in case CNN's lawyers come after me for this one, okay, I heard (laughs) this from another person, all right? It's not me. I didn't do this. So, that being said, let's get into it. So, I have this buddy named randy right randy's going to a job interview in another state that requires airport travel well he's pretty nervous about this job interview right it's a really high profile job and pays really well and his his interview it's like the type of interview where you have to go in front of a board and sit and be questioned about your past experiences all this stuff so he's really nervous and he's like man I just hope I don't fuck this up. I just want to stay focused and look concise. And I'm like, look, man, you know, you'll 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 be fine. Just stay focused, stay on topic, be confident, all that good stuff. Don't try to bullshit a bullshitter, you know. So uh, he's flying into the city where he's having this interview, and you know how bathroom urinals are like it especially in an airport they're all right next to each other there's like no piss shields or anything they're separated by like two feet of tile so he's like he's on this airplane and he's drinking all this water and stuff and he's nervous and he's like man dude i've got a piss so he's running through the airport just looking for the pisser wherever he can find it 
And he's like sliding across the floor, like risky business style, <laughs> trying to stop as soon as he spots one. And ducks inside this urinal, right? This this bathroom. And as soon as he gets in there and turns the corner where the urinal is, what does he see? Now, this secondhand account, but what does he see? There is Wolf Blitzer. The CNN anchor guy with his <laughs> pants around his ankles like a three-year-old pissy in this journal. <laughs> My buddy Randy was like, dude, that threw me so far off fucking track. I bombed that interview. They told me never to come back. He's like, fucking Wolf Blitzer, man. Wolf Blitzer pissing like three-year-old. It's <laughs> like, you got me. You got me this time. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, keep up the good work. Love everything you're doing on the show. Uh, talk to you later. What do you even do? <laughs> at, like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, so how like many? How you, so so Michael, now you need to find because I know you're the Photoshop wizard. You no, to find a picture no. of Wolf Blitzer <laughs> and Photoshop a naked. And Wolf Blitzer ass with his pants around his ankles, like facing away. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> now, every time I urinal. see him, yeah, never, every time I see him on CNN, I'm just going to think about this guy pisses like a three year old. <laughs> every time. <laughs> like all, all credibility out the fucking window because we know you piss like a three year old. It's so funny I that his buddy's if name he is was Randy. Sticking, I wonder. Uh, if Wolf Blitzer's thing, like maybe he had like on a, a super expensive suit on, and you know what? Sometimes when you piss in a urinal, you'll get like the back splatter, like depending on your height. Like if you're pissing straight into it instead of down into it. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe he was like, "I'll just drop my pants all the way down." I don't know. That's fucking weird. Who does now, that? Have you ever have you ever like looked at your shoes once you're done using a urinal and like notice all the black splash? So I feel like if anything. The only thing he would have been protecting would be his shoes because his shoes are covered up by like his pants. Well, why would you protect your shoes with your pants though? I don't know, man. Like I don't know. Like, or maybe like st- maybe he just had maybe he had loose pants and just when he undid his pants they just fell down. He was just like, ah fuck it, I'm almost done. I'm wolf fucking blitz. I don't know shit. <laughs> like you know, yeah, like, maybe, maybe he does. Maybe that's just how he pisses. <laughs> they should oh, be so lucky so to see questions. my ass. <laughs> so many questions. For real, like what is what has what been happened? unleashed onto this world? Like <laughs> that's funny. That's like the fact funny. that story exists, man. Like what what happens now? Like now that that is, uh, yeah, dude. Every one of Scott's stories just like spawn yeah, off. We got to get him on a. Well, I get to see him every other. We talk all the time, so we need to get him on a break the glass episode, though. He's he's fucking funny. Scott kills me. He says some silly shit. Pretty much everybody that plays here says silly shit. Immediately after we play it on the episode, I always send every one of Scott's stories to my dad, so he can listen to him. So I'm gonna send him this one. <laughs> so did you listen to this beforehand? Do what? Did you listen to this one beforehand? Because I did. This was my first time hearing it. No, no, I didn't listen to it beforehand. Okay. As soon as, as soon as we play it on the on the podcast, I sent it to my dad. That's so, funny. I'll pop it his way here in a second, or here in a little bit. 
<laughs> so he could hear it in the morning. It's fucking great. Okay. So next up on the list, the conclusion to Dan Porter's story. Where we left off last time, okay, people. So, yeah, do you want to give the recap? Yeah, just a recap, guys. Dan was on a boat. He was having a good old time. Uh, he thought he was going to get lucky. Turns out, not so much. Turns out it was instead a, uh, well, he was getting lucky. He was naked, tied to a bed. He was tripping on, tripping balls on like acid or some sort of ecstasy or something. It was all, uh, oh, whoa, ecstasy. He was on a boat. The boat was getting raided by police, so he hopped off the boat into the water, got, jumped on a dinghy, rode the dinghy to shore, and all of this is going on on Lake Geneva. And he was in Switzerland, and when he got off the boat, butt as naked, just he had like a duster on. He looks and he realizes he's in the French side of Lake Geneva. So that's where he left us off. Yeah, he realizes he's in France, yeah. doesn't have a passport, nothing, just butt naked. And he's so now we. App. I bet the start of his thing is that exact same recap. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ryan. It's Dan, not related to Ben Porter again. <laughs> um, phoning back with the second part of my story to conclude how I managed to get back, if I do indeed, into Switzerland. I Before I start, know. though, um, I thought I'd best explain the whole uh, Ross loves the cock thing. Okay, so, yeah. Ross Neil MacArthur is a very good friend of mine, and he's a long-term veteran of our local gaming club in Leicester, Leicester Fat Cats. And um, there's two things you need to know about Ross. Well, first of all, he's an unexploded car bomb of rage, so he's very easy to wind up. Second of all, he bears more than a passing resemblance to Silent Bob from the Jay and Silent Bob films. Indeed, oh, if you know oh, the film oh, at all, you'll know that in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, it's quite a famous scene where <laughs> Jay and Bob manage to escape from the clutches of police with their stolen orangutan by pretending they're a homosexual couple and the orangutan is their their adoptive love child including the famous line in that scene um but my tubby friend here loves the cock um well we've we've taken that to new limits uh, over in the Leicester Fat Cats and we we tend to taunt Ross as often as possible with that said phrase hence crowbarring into the into the podcast um, I should say that you know Ross is a very sound dude he's a great friend and uh, he's quite big on the war machine hordes front um, he, if you're a British player of that game or indeed maybe even a European player of that game you probably know the blood and oil tournament that he, he runs with a, one of another good friend of mine Steph Ashwell anywho that's not what you wanted me to call about um, I'm calling with the second part of my story so um, just to give you a brief plot synopsis up until this point, <laughs> it would roughly go as hot girl, rave boat, chemical, chemically altered reality, 50 shades of fuck yeah, naked escape, amphibious landing, wrong country. So, um, you'll remember that from the last time I called, so I'm stranded in Switzerland, in France, naked apart from a, a an old 
raincoat, having escaped from a rave barge uh, in a boat. Um, so at this point, I'm, I'm really struggling now. I've got to get back into Switzerland. If I get caught by any police, I'm in big, big trouble. Not only for, well, wandering around naked in the middle of the French countryside, but also for being in the wrong country and having no passport. So my first thoughts are, if I got into the country on a boat, maybe I can get out by a boat as well. So I head back to the lake shore, only to have seen that the dinghy's floated off. I'm not a, much of a seaman or a, a maritime expert at all. I didn't secure the boat properly. And basically the, the lapping waves on the lake have washed it out. Now, I've also talked myself out of swimming out to the boat because I can still see it on the basis that the water's so cold, I'm probably going to die of hypothermia. <laughs> so I, I rule that out. I do think about maybe uh, feigning injury or something and kind of like prostrating myself at the side of the road and pretending I've been kidnapped. But trying to explain that to the police also strikes me as being a little bit implausible. And, uh, well, I don't really want to have to spend a long time explaining why I'm in such a state to the police because ultimately I'm probably going to get found out and the net result of being deported, shamed, humiliated, whatever, is going to be the net result. So rather than kind of make any snap decisions... I decide to uh, head to the coast, uh, head to the border, sorry, and um, work out what I'm going to do when I get there, basically. Now, I know from the kind of surroundings that I can't be too far from the border. What I don't want to do is stumble across the border um, without realising it. So I stick to the tree line away from the road and kind of run from tree to tree, bush to bush, cover to cover, making sure to stay hidden at all times. It's at this point that my look starts to change. So I notice through the trees some lights. And it occurs to me that just across the border from uh, Switzerland in France is a, a kind of like a hotel. Not a big deal hotel or anything, but just somewhere that, you know, there's, there's people and... I don't know, maybe I'm thinking there's people, there's cars, cars, there's opportunities. Anyway, I start heading towards it. And I notice in the car park, there's a car I recognise. There's not many cars, there's maybe two or three. I mean, I guess I'm no real sense of what time it is at this time. But it's in the small hours of the morning. But anyway, I notice one of these cars and I recognise it. Now... One of the friends I'd made in Switzerland whilst being an au pair was a guy called Simon. And Simon wasn't working as an au pair. He was trained to be a sommelier. So he was working at a Swiss vineyard, learning all about Swiss wine. Now, you may never have heard of Swiss wine, and there's a reason for that. Um, because it's like, it's dog shit, basically. It's absolutely <laughs> fucking terrible. It's, it's kind of really kind of sour and a bit fizzy. It's just horrible. Anyway, there's, there's a reason why the Swiss are only famous for cuckoo clocks and chocolate. Wine making is not their thing. However, Simon's job is to try and sell this wine from the vineyard he's working at to whoever will buy it, basically. And it occurs to me he is indeed on one of these trips and he's probably been across this hotel to try and sell them some wine. And he's probably in there, I don't know, carousing with the, with the hoteliers. 
So I, it strikes me I've got a plan. And my plan is I'll wait till Simon comes out to his car. I'll kind of like flag him down. And then maybe he can smuggle me across the border. So I'm sat there for maybe half an hour, an hour, maybe something like that. Heading in this tree line in nothing but this raincoat. And I see Simon come out to the car. So I jump up really quite excited and start waving my hands. And he sees me. But of course, he's not expecting to see me, his mate. Um, he's, I don't know, I just look like some crazy man. So he starts walking back towards the hotel. Now I panic, because if he goes inside but raises any kind of alarm, there's going to be more people know about me being naked and out here than need to. So I start chasing after him. At which point... <laughs> Simon breaks into a sprint, heading straight back for the hotel. Like you do. <laughs> now, I should say, at this time, I was I played rugby a lot, and I was uh, a position called winger. So I guess, what's the American equivalent of that in American football? Probably something like a running back. So anyway, speed's my thing. Um, so I, I drop the, into a high gear, and I'm off like a shot. I'm thinking, I've got to catch it before he gets to the hotel. He sees me gaining on him. This naked guy with his raincoat and my bits <laughs> flapping in the wind. And he starts to squeal like a cheerleader. I mean, proper screaming like a massive girl. So I pick up the pace and I leap it through the air and I launch myself onto him, land on his back and wrestle him to the floor, wrapping my legs around it. I've got him in a proper kind of, uh, kind of like spider-like grip with my hand clamped over his mouth. Now, Simon, at this point, is properly shitting himself. He, as far as he's aware, he's been hunted down by this naked crazy man. He's caught him, wrapped him up in a bundle, <laughs> and he probably thinks something really fucking terrible is about to happen to him. At this point, I whisper in his ear, Simon, it's me. Don't move and don't scream. <laughs> Which, of course, he, he nods very patiently. And uh, I take my hand away. He doesn't scream, thank God. And he realises it's me. Of course, at this point, he has a fit, unsurprisingly. And um, basically, we end up fighting. And he gives me a proper punch into the stomach, which really hurts. But you know what? I probably deserved that. Anyway, after a couple of minutes, um, he starts to see the funny side of it. And he starts laughing. And of course, he's absolutely hysterics. And of course, I'm really worried. He's going to... This screaming and then fighting sound and then... Um, this kind of uh, laughing outside the hotel is going to bring somebody out. So I get him to, we, we move to the side of the building. And um, I explain to him what's happened, basically. And he's, you know, he thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever heard. So we start to think about how we're going to get me back into Switzerland. Now, Simon's kind of got an estate car. I don't know, I don't know what the Americans call an estate car, actually. Basically, think of a normal car, but with kind of like a uh, an enclosed truck bit at the back. Maybe you call them saloons. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> it's an estate in English. So he's got an estate car, and in the back of this, he's got all sorts of crap. Uh, he's got, but more, more importantly, he's got like a big tarpaulin. So the plan is, I get into the back of the car. He puts the tarpaulin over me, along with some other crap he's got in the car to mask the shape. And then he drives me across the border. Now, like I said, I think I've mentioned before, the Swiss police are proper fascists, um, real hardcore kind of fruit loops, basically. So he's taken a really big chance by taking me across the border. So 
I, all I can do really is sit in the back of this car, or lie there in the back of this car, try to keep it absolutely still as possible and not breathe. Now, we're not far from the border at all. We're about 10 minutes drive. And Simon pulls up and he whispers into the back, the police are stopping the cars as they're going through. They don't always do. Apparently tonight they were. <laughs> and uh, he says, he tells me that if, if the police search the car and they find me, I'm to tell them that I got in, I, I basically broke into his car without his knowledge to try and protect him, which I kind of agreed to. I haven't got a lot of choice at this point. So, um, sure enough, off he, he starts driving towards the border, and we get there. And um, my French is okay, but it's not brilliant, and I can, it's, it's a bit muffled. can't really hear what they're saying, but it seems like he's spending an awful lot of time talking to the policeman. Policeman makes Simon get out of his car, and I'm really shitting it myself now because I'm sure that he's going to open the boot and he's going to search the car. And then I hear a clink of bottles, and don't think what's that? I don't get that. Why is the bottles clinking? It's a really odd sound. And it occurs to me that maybe Simon's offered the policeman a bribe. Now this could really backfire if that's what he's done. Because, like I say, the, the the Swiss police, proper, proper crazies. Anyway, he does bribe the policeman, apparently. And uh, moreover, they take it. I mean, it's the wee small hours of the morning, and they probably don't want to be there any more than he does. So they take this bribe of Swiss wine that, frankly, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And uh, he crosses the border. I'm hoping that he's going to help, you know, he's going to pull over in a minute. I'll be able to get up and sit in a comfy seat. But no, he tells me that he can't take the risk of being spotted with a naked man in the car next to him, which on reflection is fair enough. <laughs> so Simon drives me all the way back to where my, I'm staying, which is a, it's a village outside of um, uh, Geneva called Neon, which is much further down the lake than Geneva. And he pulls over and lets me out at my house. Um... We agree not to talk about this ever again. <laughs> and then uh, off he drives. <laughs> it's at this point they realise that not only have I not got a passport, I haven't got my house keys either. So I'm forced to break into this house whilst trying not to disturb the neighbours, which I managed to do. Get into the house and uh, go to bed, basically, <laughs> and sleep, off, sleep it off. In the morning, I realise the damage that I've done. And effectively... It costs me every single penny that I've earned up until this point in Switzerland to pay for not only the repairs to the house, but also to bribe the repairman that I get to come and fix it to keep his mouth shut about how the door got broken in the first place. So that's it. That's how I escaped from France and got back into Switzerland without getting caught, stabbed or anything else. Um, I hope you like the story, fellas. I really love the work you do on the podcast, as I said before. Um, one other thing, just a big shout out to the guys at Leicester Fat Cats, in particular um, Big Man Ant Evans, Justin Cross, Ross Neil MacArthur, God bless you, Steph, Peter Killam, who actually moved to Canada last year because he hates us that much, and all the other players at the club. Um, again, thanks for all the work you do on the podcast, uh, Ryan and Michael, is doing a fantastic job. All the best and I'll speak to you soon. Oh, man. <laughs>
What a good friend. (laughs) Minus the whole, uh, just keep, sit down, shut up. (laughs) No, you can't come up to the front. You're fucking naked, bro. Like, there's nothing I can do. Well, chasing, running, chasing, like, you could, like, really visualize that. Like, the dude running with his fucking coat blowing in the wind. (laughs) With his fucking junk bouncing everywhere. This guy thinks he's just a total crazy person. You know, running for your life. How scary would that be? (laughs) It's an eye-opener, man. That's like a fucking eye-opener. Like, you hit the gym the next day after that happened. Like, if you realized you just got outrun by a crazy man, you're lucky. You you got lucky this time because it was your buddy. Like, the fact that Dan was able to, like, wrap himself around this guy and, like, shut him up. Like, he's able to, like, subdue him. Yeah, like, what you been t- took it. <laughs> he took his back, got his hooks in, sounds like. Had him fucking full, full you know. Like, just could have totally rear naked choked him out. 100%. That's what, sounds that's what, like. So, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, that's an eye-opener. Like, for one, like, they both learned something that night. Dan learned you never fucking take XC on a boat. Never, like, forget your pants. Always keep your passport on you. And his buddy Simon learned that he needs to fucking get his cardio built up. Because if he could possibly, like, the next the next time he's going to get choked out by a naked man, it's not going to be Dan. Like, is he, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's traumatizing for one. Like, I don't know if Simon uh, listens to this show. He probably doesn't, but Simon, you he hopefully... get some jujitsu lessons, bro. <laughs> I don't know. What a good story, yeah. though. I'm glad it ended. It's such happy a good story with so many bribes too. going on. Like I've I've never bribed anybody in my life, and in this story, man, it just seemed like it was the proper thing to do in every case. He had to bribe the police, and he had to bribe the 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 dude who fixes doors. Like I guess Switzerland is just to just bribe your way to the top. <laughs> I'm gonna work out for him. It's a little bit unrelated, but it. It's sort of similar. I don't know if you remember the Colts punter, like the famous story of the Colts punter on the football team that sweat, like got all drunk and fucked up downtown and then for whatever reason decided to swim a canal downtown. So he like uh, stripped some of his clothes off and swam in the canal and then somehow like lost track of where his clothes were at and was all wet and then was freaked out because he knew he was going to get in trouble. So then he flagged a car down on the side of the road. So there's a half-naked, crazy-looking man running around town. And the person that he flagged down is on the police, and he got arrested. And it was a pretty big story around the city. And it's still, like, laughed about today. Like, everybody always talks about that. Pat McAfee swimming <laughs> in the canal and getting arrested. So, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. So it's funny to hear, like, something like, Dan, uh, but it could have could have went south in a hurry if would have you know came across somebody that wasn't as understanding. I like how like it completely went the opposite way. I was I was thinking he's gonna be like okay he's gonna hop back in that boat and he's gonna, he's gonna roll himself back and then he's like the boat I didn't tie it down and it was gone. It's like oh fuck like, <laughs> but he could still see it. Like well, it I'm was glad he part. didn't swim out swim out to get it because like at least he had the the awareness to not swim out to it because that could have been really bad i'm kind of wondering at what point he was still tripping balls like like how, like how was he like 
how like because he had he was still like fresh tripping whenever he jumped off the boat and like made it to shore so like i wonder if it was like all the way because he waited in those woods for like an hour so like <laughs> what happened yeah. like that hour i don't know have must you, have, been... you, have you taken i've i've never taken review yes of course mind enhancing mind opening drugs of course so like i'm thinking you probably okay. got like a two and a half hour three hours on it maybe like I don't maybe know. and yeah, i don't know I don't if know. he ate or if he was drinking like, i, I, I would like, like i said I, would, I wouldn't know I... <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just couldn't imagine um, being in the woods on ecstasy shit, and naked like there's too much going through your mind at that point to like process fully <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god i'm freaking uh, out right now <laughs> like i i don't know any of my closest friends' cars well enough to like notice them parked at a hotel for fucking sure. So like that's good on him, man. Like, well, I guess when you're naked and in a foreign country and don't have anything, you're gonna be hyper aware. So <laughs> Yeah. And I don't I know have... how like we, we talked about being ignorant Americans of other cars. Like don't isn't it like fair it's more rare for people to own cars in Europe, isn't it? I guess so i think so i think it is so yeah so i mean maybe like if if not very many people you know own cars or they're you know it's like a rare commodity it would be obviously it would register in your brain that it's easier to identify uh yeah you're right um, and andy said it was a uh what do you call it it's like station a station wagon so yeah yeah that that'd be so. pretty easy to identify all right that's pretty, that's pretty bonkers. I'm glad. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan, for sharing that story with us. Guys, if you have a story you want to share, call our voicemail. Leave us some stories. I love y'all's stories. And then, of course, you know, if you're out of country, you don't want to pay those fees, just uh, record it on your cell phone or whatever. Send it to us, and uh, we'll play it just like these last three stories we just did. So yep. I love it, man. I love your guys' stories. Yeah, if it's, so if it's longer, because our, voice, our voicemail, I think, is like, three to five minutes and it cuts you off. So if it's going to be longer than that, you can just record it uh, or call back more than once like uh, 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 some people do or whatever. But either yes, way. Sir. All right. So that's that, man. That's it for voicemail. That's all we got. You want to go ahead and jump into some Inferno talk? Inferno custodians yeah. and Sisters of Silence? Yeah. Um, before we do that real quick, I do want to thank a couple people. I want to thank uh, Jake Bussey. He sent me a cultural exchange package from the South. So um, because I've been sending out, me and you have been sending out all these cultural exchange packages, he decided to send me one. So he sent me some uh, special syrup. Like it's like, I guess it's like pancake syrup, but he said it's not very good on pancakes. He says most people use it on biscuits and stuff down there. Um so he sent me that, and then he sent me these things called, uh, they're, they're just pork rinds, but they're a special brand called Golden Flake, and he said they're the best pork rinds that, you know, he's ever had, and dude, dude they are legit. If you like pork rinds, find these Golden Flake ones, because they are extremely good. And I'm on a low-carb diet, so I'm not really supposed to be eating chips or whatever, but you can eat pork rinds. And my wife loves chips, but doesn't normally like pork rinds, and she... Literally, he sent me two bags, one that's really spicy and one that's, like, called Sweet Heat. And, like, 
trying to get that back from her with my, you know, jumping into the polar bear cage at the fucking zoo. Like it wasn't happening. <laughs> so I, I just, I just let her have them. So she likes them. So she actually ordered an entire, entire case, like a factory case. Like, so we're getting like, I forget how many's in a case. It's like 36 bags or something <laughs> like that. So she just ordered a case of them. Um, you're, you're so that's all. how good those things were. And then, you're all honey what's a plt oh it's a pallet it's a pallet's worth <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much so uh those things are damn good and then he, he sent me some other stuff a lot of the stuff uh, we have here but it's still nice of him to send me some stuff and um i wanted to thank uh scott he came up early for game night uh i was uh wanting to change some parts out out in my AR-15, and he came up early, and we took this stupid lower receiver part and the whole trigger mechanism and all these, like, we wrestled with these pins. Like, it's one of those things you need, like, six hands to do it. So I was, like, it was funny, because I could tell Scott was getting frustrated with it. I was getting frustrated with it. And at one point, this stupid spring, there's a spring that goes down into the grip that when you put it onto the lower receiver, it's what puts uh, tension yeah, yeah, for the detent pin for the safety. And um, he hit it wrong. <laughs> it went, like, shooting across my face. We just heard it, like, yeah. hitting walls, like, in the... Uh, but we ended up... We did end up finding it, which is really funny. Um, Jesus Christ. But anyway, thing... we, we did get it all put back together, and then we went out and uh, test-fired it, and it works great. Um, but it was pretty funny. And then I think the next day, or maybe that night, I got a message message on my phone and it was a picture of that spring and it said hide and seek champion uh this year's <laughs> hide and seek champion or something like that it's pretty funny so anyway i just want to thank scott for helping me with that it's pretty cool of him so <laughs> but now now we can uh get into the uh the custodes talk i guess so oh yeah dude i love uh i love working on ars man Good talk. Yeah, I haven't messed with mine for a, a okay. <laughs> oh no. Go ahead. You haven't messed with yours and what? Oh yeah, I haven't messed with mine in a long time. Because uh, you know I bought my house, it's just adult shit, and um, finally got like a little bit, you know, like for more free time, a little bit more financial freedom, and actually my wife started getting into shooting, which was weird because normal, you know, she didn't used to care for guns, but. She's been shooting shooting every weekend, and even when like I've been having my game night, she's been going out uh, with some of our friends to shooting ranges and stuff and sh- shooting. So I started, I uh, got out a lot of my guns and stuff and bought some ammo, and uh, she's been shooting a lot. So I have an AR-15, but I converted it over to 7.62x39 because... I have a couple AKs and SKSs in that round, so it's just nice to be able to shoot the same ammo through yeah. you know, all the guns. We're not buying all these different rounds. Plus, 762 by 3.9 ammo is like way cheaper than 5.56 if you can get the cheap Russian stuff. But the problem with an AR the is the Tula, firing pin. And the, yeah, yeah, cheap shit. So Wolf, the firing pin ammo. and the hammer spring aren't really strong enough for a standard AR. Uh, so you need a, a better firing pin and a heavier hammer spring. So that's what we changed all that out. And then uh, I polished the 
uh, feed ramp real well because the rounds were hitting where it's hard to explain and people don't care about gun nerd shit. But um, anyway, it, it was not feeding properly, not setting the primers off and all that. So I got all that sorted out and I wanted to get that done so we could shoot. So Scott came over and helped me with that. So that's what was going on. Badass, dude. Badass. So, anyway, you ready for some custodes talk? I think the question is, are you ready for some custodes talk? Uh, Well, here's the thing with these guys. Like, I have no problem with them having crazy rules and being, like, you know, obviously, like, they should be better than Space Marines, and they should have crazy rules. You know what I mean? Like, based on the fluff. I have a problem with the points values assigned to some of these units. Now, that said, these guys are are pretty different from any other army out there. Like, I'm, like, we talked last week, like, I'm fairly confident that, the like, I don't have to play Thousand Sons to know that they're fucking cheesy. Like, I've played against armies like that in 40k a ton of times i played against screamer star i've played a ton of i don't need to know that if i take my exact same army that i've been playing forever and then just add a bunch of psychic powers to it and then get to hand pick my legion trait specifically for each unit that busts every unit that it's going to be better than the list i started out with that was already winning games if that makes sense right for like zero like for free or just to give terminators three plus involve saves for for free like i don't need to be a math wizard <laughs> or a psychic to figure out that that's probably, you know, uh, cheesy. <laughs> but gotcha. um, these guys on paper, some of the points don't really add up to me. Um, but obviously I've not played against them. So, you know, it's one of those things like I can present some pr- – I'm going to just highlight a few units as we go through i'm not going to do it for every unit just to keep the time down but there's like three or four units i want to like go over the unit and then there's like a direct unit correlation that we can point to that we know that's exists i've played with and and played against several times that is similar in a lot of ways but the custodes are obviously better but like i said the points some of the points on these seem way too cheap for what you get in my personal opinion but just throwing that out there before we get started so when I stop and highlight a few units, people know what's going on. But for the most part, we're just going to, to go through the rules here and just kind of throw out our quick thoughts, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Do it to it. All right. Strap, so here buckle we go. up, so boys. Time in whenever you want. Buckle up. So um, all custodes have these... Uh, the, a rule just called the Legio Custodes special rule. So it's very much like how Primarchs have the Primarch rule, and underneath these, you know, heading of the Primarch rule, that just means they have a whole list of uh, uh, universal special rules. So that's basically what the Custodes have. So they have the Legio Custodes special rule, and what that gives you is th- actually three special rules. So the first one they get is a preternatural skill. So any model with this special rule gains a bonus of plus one to their initiative in the assault phase if their weapon skill is equal to or greater than the model they are fighting. So most of these guys' weapon skill is five. Uh, some of them are six. So, you know, 
almost every unit in 30k is five or less like unit i don't know of any weapon skill six units um off the top of my head there may be one out there i mean there are characters that are that so that means that most of the time that you know they're going to get plus one to their initiative that's already you know pretty high um then the second rule they get is uh the sodality a unit composed entirely of models of this special rule uh, has a unit coherency of three inches instead of two um and they always attempt to regroup in an unmodded as a as an unmodified leadership test regardless of casualties so this is going to be extremely good for them if people are smart enough to use it because the one weakness in this army that we'll get into is they're all tough five and they're all multi-wound so if you can hit them like a lot of the strength and weapons in the game are large blasts so like you would think that like stuff like that would be really good at killing them which it would be except if you could spread these guys out three inches between each guy and a large blast is only, you know, basically you're only ever going to get one or two guys with the large blast. They spread it out because of this rule. Right. Um, so it's it's kind of a big deal. Um, and then the last thing that they get is involatile psyche. So they are immune to fear and pinning test and can re-roll fail deny the witch attempts. Um, that's all pretty good, but the big one is this unit does not suffer penalties to its leadership when taking morale checks. So they're essentially super stubborn um, army-wide. Um, the other thing we can go over right now is uh, custodian armor. Most of these units just start with custodian armor. So custodian armor provides a 2-plus armor save and through cover special rule, which anybody who uh, uses move through cover... Um, it's not like super desirable, like feel no pain or something like that, but it's still an extremely good rule. And when you start using it, you find out how useful it can be. Um, so we'll start there. And then as we go through a couple units, we'll refer back uh, to the war gear. And then after, basically we'll go through the shield captain and go back and forth and refer to the war gear. And then after him, he has so much war gear options. We'll pretty much have all the war gear down and then the other units will go a lot faster. Okay. Okay, so right off the bat, this is one of the guys I want to point to points-wise, uh, but we'll, we'll read his stats here first. So Legio, Legio Custodes Shield Captain, so he's like their generic HQ choice. Um, he's Weapon Skill 6, Ballistic Skill 5, Strength 5, Tough 5, 4 Wounds, Initiative 6, a 5 Attacks, Leadership 10, with a 2-plus Armor Save. And he comes stock standard with a guardian spear, uh, which we'll, we'll read what that is here in a second. A close combat weapon, iron halo, plasma and crack grenades, uh, custodes armor, which gives him the move through cover and the two plus save. And then his special rules are legio custodes that we just went over, bulky, crusader, counterattack, precision strikes, precision shot, and independent character. And then he's got a thing for... Uh, if you play a 2,000-point game or more, for 25 points, you can make one shield captain in your army a Tribune. Um, a Tribune is identical, except that he gains Fearless and Eternal Warrior, and instead of rolling for his Warlord trait, he can just pick it. So, 
So the reason I have, well, well, let's read what the Guardian Spear does real quick, and then we'll look into a points comparison with the Praetor, and I'll point out kind of why I have a problem with it and see what you, you think. So a Guardian Spear is strength as user, and and if it's if you don't charge, and then if you charge, it's plus one strength, and it has an AP of three if you didn't charge, and an AP of two if you did charge. Uh, it's melee, specialist weapon, so it's only one-handed. That's important. Um, and, and it has lightning blows. So lightning blows is on a roll of a six to hit with this weapon, uh, generates another attack uh, with, this, at, with the same weapon at the same initiative step. These extra attacks do not themselves generate additional attacks. And then the other thing about a guardian, guardian spear is it... Uh, has a Guardian Bolter built in, and it's an 18-inch range, strength 4, AP4, assault 2 gun. So it's basically like a bolt gun that's one lower AP and assault that gives up 6 inches of range. So here's my issue with this guy. He's 190 points base. So if you look at this Guardian Spear, it's essentially a Phoenix Spear, uh, but better because it generates the free attacks and has a good shooting weapon built in. And we know that a Phoenix Spear costs 20 points. So if you take a Praetor that's 100 points, and you give him an Iron Halo, which this guy comes free with, that's 125, and then you give him digital lasers to make his attacks 5 this guy, and then you give a Phoenix Spear, match this guy's weapon, and then you give him... Um, some type of shooting weapon, like a Bolter's 2 points and a Volkite Charger's 10, so let's just say that this Bolt weapon is worth 5. That's 165 points. So this guy's only 25 points more than that. This guy's getting uh, strength, uh, one better strength, one better toughness, one better wound, one better initiative, uh, um, He's getting plasma grenades instead of uh, frag grenades. He's getting the Legio Custodes rule. He's getting Crusader. He's getting counterattack. He's getting precision strike for 25 points. That's brutal. <laughs> Those are some brutal so, rules out the gate. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't, I mean, I just don't see how, like I said, all that stuff. I mean, just, you know, the plus one strength, plus one toughness, plus one wound, um, to me, is easily worth the, you know, I don't know. It just seems way too cheap. And then um, the real problem with this guy is some of his war gear. So let's go through his war gear real quick. So he can take melt bombs for five points. Um, he can take, I don't know how to say this, it's A-R-A-E, Aerie, Aerie Shrikes. Um, for two points. So these things are pretty mental. So when an enemy unit att attempts to land via deep kick within 12 inches of a model, that's important. One guy with it. Equipped with these, uh, roll a D6 before determining the result of their deep strike landing. On a roll of a four, four plus, the unit suffers a deep strike mishap instead of landing. Note that even models usually immune to deep strikes mishaps that have eternal guidance system or who do not usually scatter when deep striking, are still subject to this effect. Also, when a unit containing one or more models, so once again, you only need one, with an uh, airy strike, is targeted by a weapon with the barrage type, the attacking player must roll an additional 
D6 for the weapon scatter distance and pick the highest two results. On a hit, uh, the, the scatter dice remains a hit. So that's only two points. That's insane. Um, Especially yeah. when you, uh, you need that strength uh, 10 blast on him. Right. And you only, like I said, you only need one model uh, in the unit with it. Um, he can take a teleport transponder, which gives him deep strike for only five points. It's much more expensive on anybody else that can buy it. It's usually, I think it's double normally. Um, he can take an architect pistol for 20 points. He can take a parasdium shield for 20 points. So this, this thing is really mental. So what this thing does, uh, where's it at here? So a Prasium Shield allows the bearer to re-roll failed invulnerable saves and imposes a minus one to hit penalty on opponents who direct their attacks against the model in the assault phase. A model equipped with the Prasadium Shield, however, cannot use a weapon with the two-handed special rule, uh, claim the benefit of an additional close combat weapon in an assault, or use the increased combat profile for charging with the Guardian Spear type weapon so really the only drawback to this thing is the um use the increased profile of the guardian spear type weapon because what's funny is it says you can't use a two-handed weapon with it but there's not a single weapon listed in any of their war gear that's two-handed so really the only drawback is it yeah but really the only drawback is when you charge you can't use the guardian spear uh weapon type increase bonus um but this giving you a re-rollable invul save and minus one to hit penalty and assault is pretty bonkers especially when we get to this next piece of uh war gear they can take so for 10 points only 10 points this guy can take a cyber familiar so that's going to put him at a three plus invul and then for another so for basically 30 points you can give this guy a one of those shields and a cyber familiar, and he's going to have a three plus re-rollable invulnerable save. Which, if you do the math on that, it's actually better than a two plus save. It's slightly better than a two plus, math wise. Hmm. So, what's funny about that? For one, it says a model with a shield. Uh, uh, opponents who direct their attacks against a model in the assault phase with the shield. So I guess my question is, if you only have this one character, and he's attached to a unit of five other guys that don't have the shield, but you're attacking that unit, how do you you can't determine which attacks go where, because they all count as one unit. So then what do you do? Like, do they get the minus one, or do they not get the minus one? So this is something that's going to be, in my opinion, have to be FAQ'd right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't know how that works. This is exactly like the Lorgar special ability thing or, um, Vulcan's Vulcan. like minus yeah. strength with this cloak. Like when you attach something like that, it, um, it, how it works. Like they become one in the same. So you would think it would just benefit the entire unit to have one guy kind of like defensive grenades, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, the other thing that's weird, it tells you to, like if something if you have multiple saves it tells you to use the better of your two saves so if you have a two plus armor save and this three plus rerollable invul like i said math wise three plus rerollable invul is better 
but it's because you get a reroll. Your armor save is technically better because it's better numerically. So which one do you use? Because the rule book says use the better. So I'm assuming that you would have to use the armor save even though the invulnerable save stat-wise is better. But I don't know. So that's something else to think about. Um, and then he can also buy digital lasers for 10 points. Uh, why it's five points cheaper than anybody else gets it, I don't know. Um, apparently this guy's not points efficient enough. He needs more of a discount. Um, but yeah, he gets one there. Uh, then he can replace his guardian spear with a sentinel warblade for free. So a sentinel warblade is, uh, in melee, it's strength as user. Uh, it's AP, it's only AP three. So it's like a power sword, but it has rending and it's also a specialist weapon. Um, and then it, it has the, uh, a bolt, a built in, uh, bolt caster, which is range 12 inches, strength 4, AP 5, hail of fire. So this weapon makes shots at BS2. And an assault 2 bolt pistol that snap fires at BS2. So kind of a cool little weapon, I guess. Um, you, can, uh, you could also replace your spear with a Solarite power gauntlet. So guys who play uh, Imperial Fist will recognize this immediately. It's the Imperial Fist, uh, one of their special pieces of War Gear 2. So a Solarite Power Gauntlet is Strength times 2, which, remember, these guys are base Strength 5, so it's going to go to 10. Um, it's AP 1, and it uh, comes with built-in Mastercrafted. So it's Strength strength times 2, AP 1, Mastercrafted, unwieldy. So it's basically just a much better Power Fist um, for 15 points. Uh, he can also take, instead of that, a Solarite Power Talon for 15 points. So a Power Talon is... Plus one strength, AP three, melee shred, specialist weapon, mastercrafted. So it's essentially a plus one strength, mastercrafted claw. Um, he can also take a pair of solarite power talents for twenty. So it's just a pair of those weapons, so you'll get another bonus attack. Um, he he can take a, a pitherite spear, which is just a guardian spear with a different gun instead of the bolter the gun on that one what's weird is it doesn't really tell you but i'm guessing that it's the melta one because it has pyre at the beginning of it so just using my linguistics high school linguistics class to try to figure that out it doesn't explain it very well so it would be instead of having a weapon on your spear it's a melta beam which is range six inches strength eight ap1 assault one melta so it's an essentially an inferno pistol built into your spear um, and then instead of that, you could take an Andrastic Spear. So an Andrastic Spear is 10 points more instead of the 15 of the Pyrite one. And it has an Andrastic Destructor built-in, which is Strength 5, AP 2, Assault 1, Instant Death, Armor Bane, gets hot. So that's pretty nasty for 10-point upgrade. And then the last thing this guy can take as an upgrade is a Paragon Spear. So a Paragon Spear is Strength plus one if you're just standing still, um, Strength plus two if you charge, um, and then it's AP two uh, all the time, so you don't have to charge to get the AP two. It's melee, uh, lightning blows, so that's the thing on a roll of a six, you get additional attacks. Murderous Strike, that's uh, where it becomes instant death on a roll of a six to wound like a Paragon Blade. 
uh, specialist weapon. And then it has a Paragon Bolter built in. So the Paragon Bolter is range 18, strength 5, AP 3, assault 2. So I see most people running this guy with either the Paragon Spear or the um, Solarite Power Gauntlet. And then most people are likely going to give him Cyber Familiar Digital Lasers and the crazy fucking shield thing and just have a guy that's an absolute murderer. He's around 275 points. Making the Tribune, but having a four wound, two plus, three plus re-rollable, you know, two plus armor save, three plus rollable invulk save with four wounds, Eternal Warrior, getting to pick your Warlord trait. That's like, you know, seven attacks on the charge with essentially a Paragon Blade that generates extra attacks um, is going to be pretty damn rotten. So... (laughs) So what do you think about that guy? He's going to be a beast. Like I already see how people are going to kit him out. I mean, just like I mean, people are going to use him the same way they use the Praetor, just the beat stick unit. Except he's so much better at it than Praetors. So, yeah, I mean, he will be more expensive when you when you kit him out. But I mean, I just I think he's too cheap for what he does, man. I really do. Um, and like I said, that's just my gut feeling. Just like I said, it only being 190 points base and then comparing it to essentially an almost identically equivalent Praetor, um, you know, war gear wise, he's only 25 points more to get three, four, five, six, seven special rules, uh, plasma grenade over frag grenades, uh, move through cover, which is an eighth special rule, uh, plus one strength, plus one toughness plus one wound, plus one initiative. 25 points. Jesus. So. Oh. Uh, at least uh, it can't This is what it is. So. <laughs> yeah, well. They're not done writing books yet, sir. Um, <laughs> so the, the next unit we'll go over are these uh, Quill and Terminator squads. Uh, so these guys are basically the custo terminators uh, that you see the uh, the hair artwork that had like the cool look like flaming spear thing. They look pretty rad in the artwork anyway. So these guys are weapon skill five, ballistic skill five, strength five, tough five, two wounds, initiative five, three attacks, leadership nine, two plus armor. So these are kind of like like super wound terminators. Like if you look at just Aaron or fire drakes or anything like that, um, these guys are basically those guys only with one higher initiative, one higher toughness, one higher strength, one higher ballistic skill. Um, they come stock standard with a solar. Right. So that's the, uh, in these guys, hands is going to be a strength 10 AP one mastercrafted power fist. And then they have Lastrum storm bolters. So a Lastrum Stormbolter is uh, range 24, strength 5, AP 4, assault 2, heliothermic detonation. So heliothermic detonation is if a target suffers one or more unsaved wounds from this weapon and is not slain, it must take an immediate toughness test. If the test is failed, it suffers instant death. In case of a vehicle suffering a penetrating hit from this weapon, add plus 1 to the result rolled on the vehicle damage table. So essentially, 
anything that's not AP2 already will be treated as AP2 if you score a penetrating hit on a vehicle because you're getting plus one as if you were AP2. And then if you're AP2, you essentially become AP1. And then if you're AP1, it's like, you know, being AP0 plus three. So uh, then they have a, a misericordia, misericordia, which I I think they've taken that out. I want to say somebody at the game, the uh, work weekend, because all these guys that and they asked them what it was and they said it was supposed to be something and they ended up taking it out. So it's basically just ignore it. And then they're in Aquilin Terminator armor. So, um, let me find it here. Mm, maybe it's on the other page. Hang on. Oh, here we go. Aquilin Terminator armor provides you with a two plus in armor save and a four plus in vulnerable save. And gives you the Hammer of Wrath special rule. A model equipped with the Quill and Patter Terminator armor may fire heavy and salvo weapons as if remaining stationary, uh, even if they moved in the previous movement phase. They may also charge after rapid fire heavy or salvo weapons after firing them. A model equipped with the Quill and Patter Terminator armor may not make run moves, but may still overwatch and fire and make sweeping advance. So it's essentially super cataphracty. has the same save and everything as cataphracty, but it gives you Hammer of Wrath. Um, and then you're still not allowed to run, but you can overwatch and sweep in advance. So it's like cataphracty that's almost Tartaros armor, but with also added Hammer of Wrath. Right. Um, and then they have the Legio, the Legio Custode special rule rules, um, which is the three special rules we went over the, you know, the, the generic shit, the immune to fear, super stubborn, all that shit. Um, bulky, and then they have Crusader. So Crusader, on these, is going to their ability to sweeping advance because they can't run, so it doesn't do them a lot of good. I mean, only on the sweep, it doesn't. It's pretty good. Um, so these guys are two twenty five for three, so they're seventy five points a model. You can buy up to seven additional guys at seventy five points uh, per guy, so they're always seventy five points regardless how many you take. They can take a Coronas Grav Carrier as a dedicated transport um, if they are six models or less. Um, and then any model may exchange their Solarite Power Gauntlet for a Solarite Power Talon for free. So that's the the better Lightning Claw thing. Um, any model may exchange their Lastrum, Lastrum Pattern uh, Storm Bolter for one of the following options. So remember, this is any model in the unit, so it's not like a normal Terminator squad where it's one per five or one per whatever. This is any model that wants to upgrade can. So they can take a twin-linked uh, Athgratic Destructor for 15 points. So that thing is uh, only range 12, but it's strength 5, AP 2, Assault 1, Instant Death, Armor Bane gets hot. And it's twin-linked, so you're not really going to have to worry about that. It gets hot much, so it's it's okay for 15 points. I, I think it's – I don't know that I would upgrade. I mean, that's a lot of points for only a 12-inch range weapon. Um, the other thing they can take is an Infernus Pike for 15 points, um, which is what you uh, see them uh, modeled with uh, in that uh, – so this thing would be brutal. Is it's range template, uh, strength six, 
AP6 Heavy 1 Torrent. So it's essentially a Strength 6 Torrented Flamer. Mm. So that's pretty crazy. Um, and then the entire squad can take Teleport Transponders for 5 points a guy. Um, so that would be you know, 5 points a guy. You, like I said, you can take them up to a 10-man squad, but they start at 3. And then they can take the array strikes, which is the thing that prevents key striking around them and all that, that bullshit for uh, only two points a guy. But once again, if you have like a character attached to him, the character can take it for two points. And essentially, because it's a model for model basis, you can save some points there. Um, these guys are pretty brutal. Uh, they're pretty expensive for a unit. I mean, 225 points for, for three guys. But you're talking... You know, three guys that will, you know, kill a whole unit if they touch it, <laughs> pretty much. So, um, I don't know. What do you think of them? Uh, I mean, the their rules are exactly what I would imagine Custodes would be, you know, especially Custodes Terminators. They're not that much better than Cataphracty. I mean, they, they do get some cool things, but... Um, yeah, they're Strength 10... Uh, because of the power fist with Mastercrafted, they have an extra attack. They're tough five, but there are only two wounds, being the two up four up. One of the few, like, actually, think this unit, um, it's probably pointed out appropriate. Like, this is this is not one that I like. I that jumped out at me is like, this thing's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't I don't think these guys are like too cheap or anything. They're definitely a cool unit. Yeah, um, no, I I don't have a problem with them. I mean, I like. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, uh, we'll go ahead and do this transport because almost all these units going forward can take one of these transports. So we'll do the uh, the the custodes transport next. So this is the uh, really big transport that looks, looks like a pontoon boat uh, that we like posted that picture, like the custodes party boat. Uh, so. Uh, this thing's pretty crazy for its points, but we'll get into that. So, this thing's ballistic skill 5, it's front armor 13, side armor 12, rear armor 11, and it's 4 hull points. Uh, um, it's a fast skimmer. It has a twin-linked lastrum uh, bolt cannon. So, a lastrum bolt cannon is... Um... Range 36, Strength 6, AP 3, Heavy 3, Heliothermic Detonations. Heliothermic Detonations is the thing where you have to pass a toughness test if you take a wound or suffer instant death, and it's basically always counts as plus 1 when you pin a vehicle's armor. So it's like a super heavy bolter, um, and it's twin-linked. Um, and it also has a turret-mounted, that's a hole-mounted gun, like under the chin, and then it also has a turret-mounted twin-linked uh, Arcanus Blaze Cannon. So an Arcanus Blaze Cannon is... Find that here. Um, it has two profiles. So the concentrated blast profile is range 48 inches, strength 8, AP1, heavy 1, exoshock. So exoshock is if a weapon... If this weapon successfully scores a penetrating hit on a target... Roll a die six. On a four plus, a second automatic penetrating hit is inflicted on the same target against which no cover saves may be taken. 
And the secondary profile is the first fire, and it is range 36, strength 6, AP5, heavy 3. So essentially a heavy bolter with plus 1 strength, but one worse AP. Um, so it has those two guns, and they're both twin-linked, and remember it's on a BS5 vehicle. And then it comes stock standard with a flare shield. It comes stock standard with machine spirit. It comes stock standard with deep strike outflank and has grav backwash um so if people don't know what backwash does it's your most do to hit it in assault so because you uh always hit vehicles on three plus and assault it means you only hit things with grab backwash on a five or six or immobilized um it holds 12 guys and have a single rear access point it is not an assault vehicle which is good um and, well, it's not good, I guess, if you're trying to be cheesy, but it's a good thing when you look at the rest of these custodes rules for the rest of the game. Uh, um, but this thing's only 135 points. So I feel like this is massively underpointed, uh, personally. Uh, can take Armored Ceramite for 20 points, um, a Searchlight for 1 point, Extra Armor for 5 points. Uh, if you just look at other vehicles in the game, like I think this thing is hands down uh, better than the what's the uh, Solar Exilla tank that's very similar to this basic stat wise the thir- the the Dracosian yeah Dracosian yeah so it just has a twin it's only blue skill four I think it has the same thirteen above eleven and it's the same number of hull points. But it's not a skimmer. It's not fast. Uh, it only has one gun. This has two guns, and both of them are twin-linked. And this thing comes stock standard with a flare shield, machine spirit, deep strike, out, out flank, and grab backwash. Points. It's solid. So it's it's I mean, it's it's a great tank. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this is in about every way possible. I mean, obviously it's a little lightly, more lightly armored, but when you factor in that it can jink and gain a four plus save and then it has machine spirit where it's still going to be able to shoot one of its guns at full ballistic skill, even if it jinked and then the other gun's still twin linked. Uh, I think this is hands down better than a Proteus Land Raider. And I, I think by a pretty big margin and a Proteus is like 180 points. So... I don't know. Uh, it is what it is, I guess. I didn't come up with the points values. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so keep this thing in mind because most units have access to it. Um, so the ne- next thing we'll go over are these. Uh, these guys are like their big. This is probably their like most powerful unit um, as far as like stat wise. So these guys are the. Hetarian, so I, I don't know, I don't have the fluff guys, so we'll have to see when I actually get the book, but um, there you, you start with three, uh, three of these guys in a squad. Um, they're weapon skill five, ballistic skill five, strength five, tough five, three wounds, so it's a three wound model in a unit, um, initiative five, three base attacks, leadership ten, two plus armor save. Uh, so these guys come with a guardian spear, which is, 
you know, basically like we talked about, it's pretty close to Phoenix Spear. Um, I'm not going to go over it again, but it's, you know, uh, AP3 becomes AP2 on the charge, all that shit. Um, Custode's armor. So Custode's armor remembers a two plus save and move through cover. Plasma and crack grenades. They have the Legio Custode's rule, bulky, Crusader, and counterattack, and they also have a refractor field. So they only have a five up in vault. Um, there's 70 points a guy, so it starts with three, so it's 210 base, and you can buy up to seven more at 70 points a dude. Um, the entire squad can take melt bombs for five points a model, um, air, air strikes, which is the pr- thing that prevents deep striking and all that, for two points a guy, uh, teleport transponders for five points a model. Um, any member, this is where it gets kind of insane, any member of the squad may replace their guardian spear with one of the following. They can take the Sentinel Warblade for free. So that's the AP3 Rending Sword. Uh, a Solarite Power Gauntlet. So that's the Mastercrafted AP1 Power Fist. A Solarite Power Talon. That's the fancy uh, light ball. A third pistol on it. And a Drasiet Spear. That's the spear with the uh, single shot, straight five, AP2, Armor Bane, gets hot, hot gun. That's like strange. Or, the really insane option, a Paragon Blade for 15 points. So you can have a whole unit of guys with Paragon Blades. Um, one member of the squad may exchange their spear for a Magistratum Vexilla and a Mastercrafted Power Weapon for free. So, this Vexilla is a unit with a Magistratum Vexilla may re-roll failed leadership test and gains the Fear Special Rule. In addition, they may add plus one to the wound score calculated to see if any friendly unit within 12 inches of the Vexilla wins a combat in the assault phase. So, it's alright. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess that it's it's free. It's pretty good for free. Um, you can exchange for the Vexilla and a Sentinel Warblade for 10 points. I think that's probably the better option because the Warblade's much better than a power weapon. Um, well, I guess it's a Mastercraft power Power weapon, so and you could take because it says power weapon. I guess you could take an axe or anything like that. So I guess it, you have to think about it a little bit. And then any member of the guard squad not equipped with a Vexilla may take a Presidium shield for ten points each. So the shield would, would allow them to re-roll their five up and vulnerable, and then they'd be minus one to hit an assault. So I guess I looked at these guys, and if you look at them, a three wound, they're very. They're kind of similar stats to, like, Militia Ogrens. So if you look at a Militia Ogren squad, it's Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 2, Strength 5, Tough 5, 3 Wounds, Initiative 3, 3 Attacks, and but they're only, like, Leadership 8, but they're stubborn. So these guys have 1 higher Weapon Skill, 3 higher Ballistic Skill, uh, 2 higher Initiative, uh, 2 higher Leadership, have a better version of Stubborn, have a two plus save instead of a four plus save, or instead of a uh, five plus save, and have an invulnerable save, and, and come with a power weapon and all these other special rules. So if you take a militia ogren and give it carapace armor and a power weapon, I think they're for I think they're like sixty five points or sixty points or something like that. So for like five, it's either ten points more you're getting all of those stat bonuses I went over, plus one, two, three, four, five, 
five special rules, two plus armor save save instead of a four plus, uh, uh, grades, a reactor field, um, move through cover, uh, and a better version of a power weapon. So, so these are another one of those units that I'm kind of baffled by the points for, I guess. Wow. When you when you put it like um, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I don't know. I mean I've played militia ogrens before and they're pretty brutal. Um a lot of people like I've used them in Zone Mortalis a lot and uh had a, you know, people they don't get like super butt hurt, like like whine about it, but they're just like, damn, those guys are rough. You know what I mean? So uh yeah. Ogrens don't have any shooting either. You got to buy either the power weapon or the shooting. So these guys have shooting on top of it. Um, so yeah, these are this is one of those units that I'm kind of scratching my head. I mean, I know 70 points a model. Look at everything that these guys get, and you compare them to something comparable. Um, I don't really think their points add, add up. I guess. So. Anyway, I'm also I'm trying to on. think of like what an ogren like could get from like a ride of not a ride of war like a a province or anything like that. And there's just really nothing that's gonna bump up an ogre until like on um, the plus one toughness. Plus one toughness is pretty good. Um, that's the plus one toughness, and I guess rending attacks would be the closest thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, so that would be seventy points, and then you're dividing that over the number of guys and all that shit and then they like i said by the time you buy them the better armor i mean you can only buy them a four up armor save unless you take the survivors uh, of the dark age or... a three up but these guys have a yeah but these guys have a two up and then they also come with an invulse save which ogrens can't get they come with plasma grenades which they can't get and then like i said they have counterattack crusader the Legio Custode special rule, which is really three special rules and move through cover. Um, so I don't know. They it just, it just doesn't jive. They, like I said, I not doesn't jive points wise. In my opinion, you're getting, like I said, plus one weapon skill. Let's see. Plus one weapon skill, three ballistic skill, plus two initiative, plus two leadership, a better version of Stubborn plus three to your armor save because you're going from a four, a five up to a two up. An invulnerable save, better grenades, power weapon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Um, so next uh, is the. Oh, and like I said, these guys can take that transport if they're six miles or less. We went over the transport. Um, so the next thing is the lead. Stodes consider Achilles a uh, dreadnought. So this one, uh, this is everybody's seen this model, I think. Uh, or no, this isn't the one with the sword and the shield. That's the one with the sword and the shield is the one that's out, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the one with the spear. Yeah, this one you can upgrade to the spear. It comes with this. You can upgrade to the spear. Right. So anyway, it looks like a fantasy contemptor. So. It's weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 5, strength 8, uh, front armor 13, side armor 13, rear armor 11, initiative 5, 4 attacks, um, 3 hole points. Uh, it is a walker. 
It has two Dreadnought Close Combat weapons with inbuilt Lastrum Stormbolters. So the Lastrum Stormbolters were the the fancy Stormbolters that the Terminators got. Um, Smoke Launchers, Refractor Field, Extra Armor, and then it has Fleet, Move Through Cover, and Counterattack. So for 40 points, you can give it an Achilles Dreadspear with built-in Corvidae Laser Pulsar. So let's read what the laser pulsar does and the spear does. So the the laser pulsar is range 36, strength 9, AP 2, heavy D3. So it's essentially a shorter range LAS cannon that's D3 shots instead of a single shot. So pretty damn brutal. Um, and then the spear is uh, range melee, strength 10, AP 2. So basically just a dreadnought combat weapon. But it's mastercrafted, so you get to reroll one of your attacks, and it has impaling. So impaling, on a turn in which this model charges, any to hit roll of a 6 assault means its attacks with this weapon are resolved as destroyer hits. So this thing's bananas regardless of how it works, but there's lots of point. There's this is something else that's going to be the FAQ because everybody's arguing over whether that means only when you like if this thing is five attacks on the charge, you roll five dice. If two of them roll up sixes, that only those two uh, hits are destroyer. And some people are saying that if you get any sixes, then all hits become destroyer. Right. It's kind of a it's, because it's of the up way in it's the working. air right now. So. Yeah. I guess my thought is a D3 shot LAS cannon uh, plus a mastercrafted dreadnought weapon that can possibly be D uh, better only. I mean, it's already probably, I mean, for 40 points, I think it's already a steal. So I don't think it's every hit. I think it's as insane as everything else in this book. I think it's really insane to assume that if you roll a single six on five ice that every hit becomes destroyer. Personally. Five dice mastercrafted as well, right? <laughs> like, like, right. So, right. So you're pretty yeah. much guaranteed. So anyway, let's just look at this. Yeah. So the other thing it can take is a it can upgrade uh, any of its uh, last room bol- uh, storm bolters for a twin link erratic destructor. So I forget what that thing does. Um. So the erratic destructor is the range twelve inch uh, strength five eight. AP2, Assault 1, Instant Death, Armor Band, Gets Hot Weapon. Um, this is a pretty expensive Dreadnought to fuck around with Gets Hot on. Um, so, But I guess it is twin-linked, so it's not... I mean, you have a pretty good chance of it not happening. Um, or you can take a single Infernus Incinerator. So the Infernus Incinerator is... Uh, Strength 6, AP4, Heavy 1, Template. So it's basically a Strength 6, Heavy Flamer for 5 points. So that's pretty cheap considering a normal Heavy Flamer on a Contemptor is uh, 10 points, I think, on a normal Contemptor. So anyway, this thing for only 200 points. So once again, this is something that's like, I don't really get it. Like a, a normal Contemptor is 175. So this thing's getting a plus one weapon skill 
skill, plus one strength, one better side armor, one better rear armor, one higher initiative, um, a refractor field instead of automatic shielding, so it's a five up all the time instead of just against shooting, um, extra armor, and last room bolters instead of normal bolters, and counterattack for 25 points. Okay. So, um, the one thing I will say is that this thing does not get any type type of transport, so that's going to put a big kink in it, uh, because without, like, we talked about this, like, with Leviathans and anything like that, especially because this one is, like, you really want to get it in close combat, like, a Leviathan at least has pretty, you know, nasty shooting, um, so... I think you'll definitely, if you take this guy, want to take the spear 100% of the time just to get that further range shooting because you're not, you don't have access to a, a drop pot or anything like that. So that's the, the one saving grace on it being probably too cheap for what it does. Um, so next we have the Legio Custodian Guardian Squad. So this is just like their basic troop guy. So these guys are weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 5, uh, strength 5, tough 5, 2 wounds, initiative 5, 2 attacks, leadership 9, 2 plus armor save. So these guys, their basic trooper is essentially a space marine centurion with 1 less attack. And plus 1 strength, plus 1 toughness. Um, so you get these guys in a squad of 3 dudes. They have a guardian spear, stock standard. Uh, close combat weapon, refractor field, plasma crack grenades, custodian armor, uh, legio custodes rule, bulky, and crusader. They can take the Cronus grav carrier as a dedicated transport if there's six models or less. You can include up to, so they're one by point, so they're 55 points a guy, and buy up to seven additional guys for 50 We'll get to that in a minute. Um, the entire unit can take five, uh, melt bombs for five points a guy. The entire unit can take RE strikes for, for two points a guy, so those are the deep strike disruption thing. They can take uh, teleport transponders, which gives the unit deep strike for five points a model. Um, any member of the custodian guard squad may replace their guardian spear with a pithrite spear for 15 points. That's the one with the inferno pistol instead of the bolt weapon. Or the andresnite spear for 10 points. That's the one with the uh, strength 5 AP2, gets hot, armor bane, instant death gun. Um, one member of the squad may exchange their Guardian Spear for a Magistrum Vexilla and a Mastercrafted Power Weapon for free. So that's the Vexilla we went over earlier. Or for 10 points, they can take a Magistrum Vexilla and a Sentinel Warblade. So getting back to com the Centurion comparison, so a Space Marine... This, this one's funny, Michael. You'll like this one. So a okay. Space Marine Centurion is 50 points. Um... For Artificer Armor, it's 10 points. For Refractor Field, it's 10 points. And for a Phoenix Spear, it's 20 points. That's 90 points. So this guy would be the exact same thing as a Custode, except he would be one lower strength, one lower toughness, but one more attack. Um, but then on top of it, the Custode gets Plasma Grenades instead of Frag Grenades. Um, and the Legionio Custode Special Rule, which is really three special rules, Move through cover and Crusader, and the Centurion is ninety points, and the Custode guy is only fifty-five points, and you can win a unit. 
<laughs> Sounds so like a bargain. 30. Yeah. So they're 35 points cheaper. And they're, like I said, if you, I mean, only giving up one attack to gain plus one strength and toughness. I mean, I, I think anybody would take that trade. And then when you get on top of it, they get a bunch of special rules. Um, once again, I feel like I keep repeating myself here. It's not like a broken record, but points just to me aren't exactly adding up, but it is what it is. Um, so that's pretty much, we'll pretty much stop with the comparisons there. We'll go through the rest of these things. Um, we'll, we'll do one more when we get to their mainline battle tank, but for now we're just going to start reading through the units. So. That's like their basic spear guy. These are like the guys that you get in the Prospero box. Right. So uh, I think think for what you get, it's 100% a bargain. So. And, and it's not the. So. It, it's like, it's not the stats that are wrong. Like the stats are like exactly what I would expect the custodes to have. It's just, it's just the points right. are just it's completely off. Like, yeah. I, I think so. I mean, you have to understand. I mean, I get why you can't just say well a unit of space marine captains should cost the exact same amount of points as like just multiplying by that many captains that doesn't work because you get diminishing returns you know what i mean yeah so that's like yeah. if you play ever played 40k when they came out with stern guard or vanguard veterans which are the assault an assault wad but they have veteran stats what they literally did was just took the stat line and points for an assault squad, a normal assault squad sergeant, and then just multiplied that out by the number of models, which just doesn't work because they have the exact same survivability. So as you kill guys off, you know what I mean? It's just diminishing returns. So I understand that they should be cheaper than a centurion, but I don't, I feel like, you know, like I said, when you're giving them much better stats and then like five free special rules and then, spears that generate it so i mean because even if you look at yeah i guess they're one less attack a guy even though they're getting the plus one to plus one toughness but the spear generates extra attacks you know what i mean so it's really they're basically just better in every way than a centurion and when they're that much cheaper and you're getting them in a unit i mean i just don't they should definitely probably be more, more than what they are um Especially with, like we talked about, like a lot, a lot of the answers for these guys would be, you know, strength ten blast weapons, which are fairly rare to come by, and they're very expensive when you do find them. And then even that, these guys are just going to be able to spread out three inches between each model, and they're going to get, you know, one, two guys with them. And that's yeah. if they, well, I guess it's is the the air the airy strike. I think it's only on barrage weapons if you scatter extra. But, I mean, even that, it's like Medusas and stuff like that, like things that jump into your head. A lot of that strength 10 stuff is barrage. So if you're not rolling a hit, you're scattering way off of them. So. Yep. Um, yeah. So anyway, so their next squad is the Legio Custade Sentinel Guard Squad. So these are the guys that come in the Prospero box as well. It's the Because those guys are like a dual kit. You can build them with the spear. You can build them with the sword and shield. So this is the sword and shield version. So these guys have the exact same stats as the dudes we just read. So their weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 5, strength 5, tough 5, 2 wounds, initiative 5, 2 attacks, leadership 9, 2 plus armor save. Um, they're 180 points 
points for three guys, which makes him 65 points a guy. Or, uh, hang on. Yeah, is that right? What am I thinking? 60. Sorry, my brain's broken. I think these guys are actually... It's weird that every unit um, is priced where they're always the same, regardless how many you take. Yeah. So these guys, if you buy the original three, you're getting them for 60 points a guy, and then the additional guys are 65 points a guy, which is very... I think this is the heresy that I'm aware of. The initial ones are cheaper than the back end. Gotcha. So, anyway, something weird. That may be a typo. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, but anyway, so they're 180 for the original three and then 65 points a guy after that. Um, they come with the Sentinel War Blade, which is the, you know, the rending uh, power sword with uh, the crazy, well, not crazy, the two-shot bolt pistol that overwatches at BS2. They have a close combat weapon, um, refractor field, Persadium shield, so that's the shield will allow them to re-roll the refractor field save, and then in close combat you'll be minus one to hit them. And then they have plasma crack grenades and custodes armor, so the, that's what gives them the two plus save and the move through cover. Have uh, legio custodes, so there's three a bulky crusader and shield barricade. So shield barricades, friendly units being targeted by ranged attacks, which pass through an area occupied by a unit composed entirely of models with a special rule, gain a four plus cover save. So these are kind of like if anybody plays 40k, the ogrens in 40k with the shields have uh, the exact same rule basically. So if you shoot through these guys, as normally it would be a five plus save for shooting through a unit, this, these guys give you a four plus save for shooting through. They can take a Cronus Grav Carrier as a dedicated transport if the squad six models or less. Um, you can buy up to seven more for 65 points, like we've already talked about. The entire squad can have melt bombs for five points a guy. Um, everybody can take Ar Aria Strikes for uh, two points a model. Um, they can take Teleport Transponders for five points a model. Um, any member of the squad can replace... Or Sentinel Warblade with Solarite Power Gauntlet or Solarite Power Talon for five points a model. Um, one member of the Sentinel Guard, Guard Squad may exchange their Presidium Shield for a Vexilla for free. So of the two troop choices, the other guys are 15 points cheaper for the original three and then 10 points cheaper per guy. But I, I think these guys are probably the better choice, personally. They're going to be much more durable with the shield, with the re-rollable in-ball and the minus one to hit in close combat. And then the fact that their swords are rending. So they're going to have a ton of attack. So you're still going to have plenty of AP2. And then they're also going to be able to hurt um, vehicles where the spears really, like dreadnoughts and stuff that are higher armor uh, because they have rending. And then on top of it, any member in this squad can take the Solarite Gauntlet, so it's kind of like how Terminator Squad, where you can chain or whatever. Uh, I just feel like these guys are probably the better of the two units. They're going to be more versatile in what they do. So you'll probably see these guys more than the Spear guys, but I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I would probably take them over the Spear guys. What do you think? I would take them over the Spear guys for sure. 
just just for I mean yeah. Really, just what you're looking at is you want survivability in such a small small arms. Uh, when you have so few few models, army, so, yeah, right. And the fact that you know, like the spear guys, if you get into close combat with the contemptor or leviathan, like one of the few answers to custodians is going to be dreadnoughts because they're strength ten, so they'll be doubling them out. Um, and if they're not careful with how they put war gear in their unit, you could end up in close combat with a unit that doesn't have something to hurt dreadnoughts, like the spear guys, or you know, if they give their characters, you know, paragon spears instead of solarite power gauntlets or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you could maybe get a matchup thing where those guys they can still have their sword, their rending swords to go at initiative to kill infantry, um, and um, you could put so you could like throw a character in there, like because one of their like let's be honest like their shield, one of their shield captains will essentially murder a cataphracty squad on its own like over a couple turns, um, and then they could be backed up by these sword guy kill like you know to be a blade of wounds and kill like massive amounts of infantry. And then you could put a few of the solarite gauntlets in there to smash any vehicles you need to smash. Just like the chain fist and a terminator unit. So I see a lot of that going on. Um, so in the next unit is the Legio custodes. Agamatis, a jet bike squad. So these models look really cool. I really like the way their jet bikes look. What did you think about the models? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the jet bikes, but I'm you not a like fan them? of the. Yeah, I'm not a, a fan of the normal jet bikes either. So the the scimitar pattern. Do you like the like the ori- original 40k like Samuel version better? Like what's on the cover of the Scars novels with like the sh- that looks almost like a Battlefleet Gothic spaceship. No, <laughs> I don't like that one either. Uh, no, you don't <laughs> just, like that one either. So you're just I don't know, man. I'm, a picky, I'm just, picky guy. It, I don't, if I could, if I could like design a jet bike, it would probably look closer to like what an outrider looks like. Just, uh, I don't know, just floaty. Hmm. I don't, I don't like what like what looks like Check. essentially like a giant like inline, you know engine in the middle i don't know maybe like a like a v8 or something because it's got those four little exhausts on it like i don't it yeah. doesn't make sense to me <laughs> like that i don't know i like i think they're cool but to each their own so yeah. anyway you guys have a, a uh i'm there's one of these one of these things uh so the, one of their stats confused me on these guys. Like it's another one of those. I wonder if it's a typo. Um, Cause these guys are weapon skill five, ballistic skill five, strength five, tough six, which makes sense. Cause they're on a bike Two initiative four, which is the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Cause every other custodes unit is five. So it seems weird that when you put a custode on a bike, he gets shittier initiative. But, He's like uh, I don't know. So that on his bike, I guess, I don't know. I feel like that's probably a typo, but I don't know. Um, there are two attacks, uh, leadership nine, two plus armor saves. So once again, just a generic custode stat line on a bike to get the tough six, but the weird initiative for some reason. Um, they're 225 points for three guys. Um, so they're 75 points a guy. 
uh, you can buy three additional bikes, so up to six for another 75 points per bike, so they're all 75 points. Um, they come with a power lance. So a power lance is from – it's in the rules for it are in your generic 40K rulebook. I don't have it sitting in front of me, but I want to say it's strength as user AP4, and then if you charge, it's strength plus one AP3. I think that's the case. I can hear Michael digging for his book. That's exactly what I'm doing. I think it's on page like, I think it's on page 178. Ooh, um, but don't 179, buddy. It's on. It's on 179. You'll get there someday. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just playing. Power Lance is plus one strength. Yeah, three four. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. then they have that misericordia thing, which we forge rolled a set as a typo and crack grenades, um, Legio custodes, uh, Grafalcon jet bike with the last, it'll, it'll last it, whatever the fucking word is that the assault cannons are, the blood angels get, um, bolt cannon, um, custodian armor and refractor field. So it's kind of the one cool thing, like the custodian armor gives you move through cover. So it's going to confer, you know, to their jet bike guys as well so move through cover on a jet bike is actually pretty damn cool so that's actually a pretty neat bonus for uh, jet bikes uh, um so this bolt cannon thing is um yeah, hang on that's the accelerator cannon too many weird Weird weapons. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The Elastus Bolt Cannon. Let's see here. Maybe they mean Lastrum Bolt Cannon. You think I don't see it? the Elastus. Yeah. I see an Elastus Accelerator Cannon, which is the giant gun on the heavy bike. I think this is a... I think it's a typo, because I don't see this Elastus Bolt. I, like I said, I just see the Lastrum. What do you think? Do you think it's a typo? I'm looking. I don't see it. So. I'm yeah, sure it's got to be. Somebody will catch it. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go with it's a typo. So if it's the last from Bolt Cannon, it's range 36, strength 6, AP 3, heavy 3, heliothermic detonation. So that's uh, the heliothermic detonation, once again, is the if you fail a toughness check, you suffer instant death, um, or it counts as plus 1 AP. So in this case, essentially AP or sorry, plus one on the damage table, which is essentially AP2 on any weapon that's not AP2, if you score a pin. Um, so special rules on these guys are uh, predal natural skill, so that's the plus one initiative if you have, have the higher weapon skill, equal or higher weapon skill. Oh, so instead of putting, they actually put spelled out all the rules on this instead of just saying Legio Custode. So they have the Legio Custode special rule, um, Deep Strike, Split fire, so one guy in the unit can shoot at a different unit. Um, sweeping fire. So sweeping fire is members of this unit may fire once with each of their weapons in the shooting phase. 
Um, I don't know why they have... Oh, I guess they could throw a grenade. <laughs> but you can only throw one grenade per... So I guess one guy can throw a grenade and shoot his jet bike gun. And the other, like... I don't understand that rule because they only have one gun other than the grenade. These guys Man. seem like a mess. <laughs> like, this is like... Like, this looks like it has three or four typos in this one unit entry. Um, so anyway... Uh, like I said, you can buy three additional ones, so up to a six-man squad at 75 points a bike. The entire squad can take melt bombs for five points a guy. Um, any jet bike squad can upgrade its bolt cannon, which is probably a typo. Like the, We think it's the Lastrum bolt cannon. Um, to one of the following, an athletic destructor for five points. Oh, sorry, an athletic devastator. So that's an important statement. So an athletic devastator is range 18, Strength 6, AP 2, Heavy 2, Instant Death, Armor Bane, Gets Hot. So that's pretty fucking brutal. Or a twin-length Corviday Laser Pulsar for 25 points of bike. So that's the range 36-inch Heavy D3 LAS Cannon. So that'd be one super expensive fucking unit, because you could make them 100 points of bike. So you could take a 600-point bike squad that shoots... 6D3, 36-inch range last cannon shots. That could be brutal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... That's, that's your answer to those know. dreadnoughts that keep tying up boys in combat. <laughs> yeah. Shut that shit down. Um, yeah. So, yeah. These guys... uh. I think they're pretty cool. Um, they're pretty expensive, like we just talked about. I mean, 100 points for a bike sounds pretty crazy, but, I mean, it's a lot of power, firepower, and you're talking a tough six, two-wound model, so it's not like it's going to be, you know, getting instant death, and it's going to be a two-five-up that can jink and become a four-up, but you don't really jinking if you're spending all those points for shooting weapons. Right. But being able to sit back, you know pretty far with a jet bike and then just move into range and blast it with glass cannons. You're, I mean, that's a lot more durability than people think. And then with split fire, you're always going to be able to shoot one guy at a different target. And then they're going to have a three inch coherency instead of two. So when you're looking at the giant ass jet bike bases, you're going to really be able to eat up a lot of board space with these guys. It's kind of neat. So, what do you think about them? They're very solid, man. I'm just trying to think about what like a like a scimitar jet bike squadron would do with split fire. Like how much they'd enjoy that. And so, well, split fire. I think I'm pretty sure split fire is just a single member of the unit. So, I don't think that would be super useful for scimitars because most of their weapons are just like you know shooting like one volkite whatever one. Mul- Multi-melt it. Like, it's not as big a deal as with these guys. You could, you know, just... Because it says any member of the squadron can upgrade, so you don't have to upgrade every guy to the weapon. So even if you just want them to put a couple of the last cannons in there, or the, the Corvidate laser pulse or the super last cannon, you could just put, a, like, one guy in a three-man squad and then always be able to fire that at a vehicle while shooting your bolt cannons at infantry. 
which is more useful for these guys than scimitars would. Oh, let's see what the custodes. I didn't read the rules for the custodes jet bike. A Grafalcon jet bike operates under the standard rules for jet, bike, jet bikes. In addition, increase the rider's toughness by plus one. Any failed charge distance may be re-rolled when using the jet bike. So they can re-roll their charge distance as well. Um, of course. Yeah, but I mean, they're way better at That's shooting. They're, yeah, so you, you're only going to really charge stuff if it's just like, if you're trying to get rid of like a dug-in fucking... Um, Quad mortar unit or something like that. So, anyway. So, next up is the Legio Custodes Palace Gravitac Squadron. So, these are like their little, little land speeder thing. So, these things are really fucking crazy for their points. Um, and going to be way more durable than people think. And way more of a pain in the ass than people think. So, they're only 85 points per speeder. Uh, they're ballistic skill 5. They are front armor 12, <laughs> side armor 11, rear armor 11, two hull points. So it's essentially a javelin, uh, but instead of having strafing run, which is only BS5 against certain things, it's just BS5 all the time with uh, higher front armor, if you want to look at it that way. Um, it's a fast skimmer. It has a twin-linked Arcadius uh, blaze cannon. So the Arcadius Blaze Cannon, we'll refresh everyone's memory on that, is that's the gun that has the two modes of fire. It can shoot once at 48, Strength 8, AP 1, Heavy 1, Exoshock. Exoshock is the thing where if you roll a 4+, if you score a pin, and then roll a four plus, you score a second pin that ignores cover. Um, and then it has an alternate fire mode that's range 36, strength 6, AP 5, heavy 3. Um, and then it comes stock standard with a flare shield and machine spirit and has deep strike, outflank, grav wash. And you can buy two additional grav attack vehicles for 85 points apiece, so you can take in a squadron. You can buy them searchlights for one point, extra armor for five points per vehicle. Um, any uh, palace grav attack may exchange its twin-linked Arcadius cannon for a twin-linked uh, Athratic Devastator. So I believe that's the thing that we just read. Yeah, it's, it's only range 18, strength 6, AP 2, heavy 2, instant death, armor bane gets hot. My problem with this thing on, I mean, it is twin linked, so you're going to be able to get around a lot of gets hot, but the range of only being 18 inches puts this thing kind of in danger where if you just stick to the free gun, it's still going to be strength 8 AP1 that can score extra pins against vehicles and then still be strength 6, three shots against infantry. But the crazy thing with these is in their front arc, they're essentially going to be armor 13 because of the flare shield. And then they have machine spirit, and they only have one gun, which means you can just jink to your, your heart's content and still fire your gun at full ballistic skill. Like, you just give zero fucks. And then because you can take them in a squadron, and every vehicle in the squadron has machine spirit, it means every single vehicle in the squadron can fire at a different unit if it chooses to. And they all jink. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. 
So that's why I think you probably want to stick with the longer range gun because you can hold back so that you can basically keep your side and rear armor protected. Because if they're just, just like, you know, you figure if you're only shooting front armor on these things, like trying to kill front armor 12 with a flare shield, you know, to get rid of these things, it's six hole points of that with a four plus fucking jinx save all the time. It's going to be super hard to kill these things if you're shooting them at the front. And these things are, I think they're way too cheap at 85 points. I mean, I think standard javelins are too cheap at 55. And these things only being 30 points more to get what on most vehicles is a 25 point fucking flare shield, a 25 point machine spirit up upgrade, a better gun and plus one armor and extra ballistic skill. Um, seems like a crazy price for only 30 points more than a javelin that, like I said, is already probably too cheap. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, up next are the Legio Custage uh, Sagittarium Guard Squad. So model-wise, so they talked about these guys on Eye of Horus, and I agree with everything they said. I feel like model-wise... Um, and then just like looks wise and just like visual visualization. These are probably the coolest things in the army list. In my opinion, um, they're basically custodes with giant fucking assault rifles, which is pretty rad. Um, they're, uh, weapon skill five, ballistic skill five, strength five, tough five, two wounds, initiative five, two attacks, leadership nine, two plus armor save. So generic custode stat line, you get three guys. Um, you can buy up to seven more at 65 points a guy. Um, they are just infantry. They have an Aratus uh, bolt lever. So that thing is range 30 inches, strength 5, AP 4, heavy 3. Um, so... That's pretty baller. It's like a, it's kind of like a heavy bolter. It's like a range 30 inch heavy bolter, I guess. Um, so I guess my only thing on that is these guys are not relentless. I don't think, are they? No, I don't see anywhere that I don't make think them relentless. I, I was just yeah, looking at that. So maybe that kind of, I didn't notice that it was heavy before. That kind of sucks. Um, it should probably be salt. I don't know. I don't know if that's a typo or what, because yeah, they're just going to have to be snap firing those things. Cause I don't think they're relentless. That's kind of lame. I mean, wow. The one unit still, I kind of like but... <laughs> thought was pointed appropriately anyway. Um, so they have a uh, refractor field, just like nor every other custodes, plasma crack grenades, just like normal custodes armor, which gives them move through cover, two plus armor, um, bulky uh, crusader. So like I said, like standard custodes, if there's six models or less, you can take them in a uh, Coronas grav carrier. Um, you, the entire unit may be equipped with melt bombs at five points a guy, array strikes for two points a guy, teleport transponders for five points a guy um they can trade in their a radius bolt caliber for an arcathic destructor and excel for five points only one guy can 
So the erratic destructor, I think that's that thing we keep going back to. The strength five, range. AP two, assault one, yeah, instant death armor band. Yeah. Hey, that a uh, that death, a armor band gets hot. That Adrastus bolt calvier, calvier, uh can be fired. Yeah, it has a secondary weapon. Three. I was gonna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna get to that. So it's basically a combi weapon, but it, it can fire either or. So you can fire it as heavy three, like we talked about, strength five, AP four, heavy three. Or you can fire it at range 12 inches, strength 5, AP 2, assault 1, uh, instant death, armor bane gets hot. So that's pretty fucking cool. Um, like I said, this is probably like fluff-wise, looks-wise, how they pointed it out and everything. Um, these are, in my opinion, the coolest unit in the list. I like these the best. I wish that those stupid... The bolt volley wasn't heavy. I don't think that makes any sense. I think it should probably be assault. I don't think it would be, you know, cheesy to be assault at their, their points. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. I think I still think they're pretty cool. I just wish that thing was relentless or that was assault. Because so. they don't have, like, they just have a Cole's Comet weapon. They're not power weapons or anything. So, like, they don't, you know what I mean? They have a pretty big glaring weakness. So I don't think they're cheesy by any means. Um, Then after that, we have... This was the original thing that triggered me about Custodes, uh, which is the Legio Custodes Caladius Grab Tank. So we'll (laughs) just jump right into why it triggered me. So remember, not that long ago, a standard Sakaran... Like, literally the book before this book the um Sikarin used to be 135 points and they thought oh this thing's way too cheesy so let's raise it to 165 you remember that it wasn't like it was just literally like right whenever the red book released so the book before, yeah so the very next book they dropped this thing on us so it must have a very 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 short memory uh, over there in their uh, rules writing department because this thing is like a Sakarin on uh, fucking DECA HGH and uh, basically every steroid you can imagine they would uh, in a drug testing program they would melt the cup that they pissed in um, so, so anyway this thing is ballistic skill 5 front armor 13 side armor 13 Rear armor, 11, three hole points. It is a fast skimmer, so it's a basically a skimmer Sakarin with one better side armor and ballistic skill 5. Um, it has a twin-linked Lastrum bolt cannon, so that's the thing that's uh, ran 36-6-AP-3, uh, heavy 3. A turret-mounted twin-linked Elastis accelerator cannon. So this thing's crazy. So... It is range 7, AP 2, heavy 3, rending, rapid tracking, so that's ignored jink, uh, heliothermic detonation. So that's the toughness test or suffer instant death. And if you suffer a penetrating hit, it, it adds one to the damage table. So essentially against vehicles, it's going to be AP 1. So it's a strength 7. It's basically strength 7. AP-1, Heavy-3, Rending, Rapid Tracking against Tanks. Um, it has a 
built-in flare shield, uh, built-in machine spirit, uh, deep strike, outflank, grav backwash. You can buy it armored ceramite for 20 points, searchlight for one point, extra armor for five points. You can trade it, its uh, accelerator cannon for a twin-linked Arcadius heavy blaze cannon for 15 points. So the Arcadius heavy blaze cannon is concentrated blast is range 72 is strength 10 ap1 exoshock so exoshock is the thing if you take a penetrating hit from it you suffer a second penetrating hit on a roll of a four plus that ignores uh cover saves um and it has a secondary fire mode of range 48 strength 8 ap3 heavy 4 for only 15 points you get that uh, so where to begin? So once again, a normal Sakaran is 165. So for some fucking reason, math, you know, their math over at Forge World says that if you gave the Sakaran plus one ballistic skill, plus one side armor, made it a skimmer, gave it grav backwash, gave it outflank, gave it deep strike, gave it a flare shield, gave it machine spirit, gave it a better turret weapon give it a better whole weapon, and then twin-link the whole weapon, it's only 30 points. <laughs> so, once again, like a machine spirit and a flare shield are 25-point fucking upgrades for tanks. So that's 50 points in upgrades. So if you just took a standard Sakaran and just gave it these two upgrades, which you can't even give it, but if you did, it would already put it at 215 points based on established books in the past. So this thing is already 20 points cheaper than that with better armor, better ballistic skill, better guns, twin-linked everything, and three special rules that the Sakaran doesn't get. It's a skimmer, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking... It's, this thing makes zero goddamn sense, points-wise. This thing should probably be... 245. Based on the Sakaran points, this thing should... Yeah, 250, something more in there. Super fucking way more than it is. Um, so we got one more unit to cover and then uh, a special character. <laughs> so let's get off that thing. It makes my brain hurt. Uh, so the Legio Custodes Contemptor uh, Galatis uh, uh, Dreadnought. So this is the one with the sword and shield. It's 250 points. It's weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 5, strength 8, front armor 13, side armor 13, Rear armor 11, initiative 5, 4 base attacks, 3 hole points. So it is a dreadnought. Uh, it has one Gladius Warblade with inbuilt twin linked Inferno Incinerator. I think that's just the Strength 6 Heavy Flamer, if I remember correctly. Yep. So it's got a Strength 6 AP4 Heavy 1 Flamer. That's twin linked, so it's going to have Shred. Um, the Galadius Warblade is strength times two, so it's going to be strength 10, AP2, Shred, Rampage. So it's going to get D3 additional attacks if it's in combat with two or more models, because it's only a single model unit. Um, it has a Dreadnought Persadium Shield. So, so a Dreadnought Persadium Shield is when subject to attacks originating in a front arc, so that means even if you're shooting at it, or an Assault. 
um, a model may re-roll failed and vulnerable saves in addition to attacks uh, made an assault against it, other than by gargantuan units, uh, suffer a minus one to hit penalty. Notice the penalty has no effect on attacks, which automatically hit. Um, so essentially it's the same as a normal Presadium shield uh, on a normal infantry guy, but it only works to the front. And then obviously in close combat, you're always attacking the front. So in close combat, it always gets it in shooting. It only gets to the front. Um, it has smoke launcher, searchlight, refractor field. So it's going to have a five up rerollable involve um, and extra armor. It also has fleet, move through cover, and counterattack. So as far as Dreadnought go, this thing's pretty brutal. But once again, it doesn't really have a delivery system. So I don't know if at some point we'll give these things, you know, Dreadnought drop pods yeah. or some way to deep strike or something. But the other Dreadnought is far better than this one currently because of that issue. This one is almost pure close combat. And trying to get it into close combat is, I mean, you're it's got a re-rollable five up with front armor 13, but I mean, that's really, it's not going to be that much. It's going to be the same as trying to kill a Leviathan, but this thing has one less hole point. So it, it's roughly about the same as a foot slogging Leviathan, but with none of the guns, basically it just has a template weapon. So it'd be extremely good in Zone Mortalis. Very good in Zone Mortalis. Just so lastly, <laughs> we have Constantine Valdor. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So last we have Constantine Valdor, which we kind of talked about before when I went berserk when we got the leaks. Um, still don't feel any different <laughs> about him, uh, but we'll go through him once again. Now I have it officially sitting in front of me. So this guy is two seventy-five points, which is way, way, way too cheap for what he does, in my opinion. He's weapon skill 7, ballistic skill 5, strength 5, tough 5, 5 wounds, initiative 6, 5 attacks, leadership 10, 2 plus armor save. He's got the the Apollon Spear, Iron Halo, so he's going to have 4 up invul, plasma grenades, crack grenades, air strikes, so that's the deep strike prevention thing, digital lasers, which makes him 6 base attacks, custodian armor, so he has move through cover. For special rules, he's got the Legio Custodes rule, which is preternatural skill, the, the uh, solidality and fearless. Uh, well, not fearless, and volatile psyche. He has fearless, so instead of the, the special stubborn, he's just going to be fearless. He's got bulky, crusader, counterattack, precision strikes, precision shots, eternal warrior, uh, independent character, Warlord. If he's your Warlord trait, he has the Shadow of the Throne Warlord trait rather than rolling randomly. So his Custodian Spear is plus one strength all the time, plus two strength when he charges. It's AP two all the time. Has lightning blows, so on sixes to hit, it generates extra to hit. Molecular Severance and Specialist Weapons. So Molecular Severance is on any two roll of a four plus weapon, it inflicts instant death, uh, or in the case of a vehicle, causes a penetrating hit regardless of the target's armor value. So you're pinning anything regardless of armor on a 4+, and then any to-wound roll of a 4+, is instant death. In addition, any successful and vulnerable saves made against wounds from this weapon must be re-rolled. 
So regardless of whether it's instant death or not, you're always re-rolling invulnerable saves against him. Um, the gun on it is a hypervelocity volt bolter. So the gun on the back of the spear is range 18 inches, strength 5, AP 2, assault 2, concussive. Um, and then hit, lastly, his warlord trait is if he's your warlord, you may re-roll attempts to seize the initiative. In missions where this is a factor, any Legio Custodes unit, including Valor itself, may be given teleportation transponders at no extra cost. So, I guess it says any Legio Custodes unit. So, does that mean it doesn't say it just says Legio Custodes unit? So, does that mean they have to have the Legio Custodes rule, or does that just mean any unit? Because if that's a unit, that, that would mean they're dreadnoughts too, right? Yep. Or is that any custodes unit with access to teleportation transponders. See, this is another thing that's probably going to have to be FAQ. Oh, man, if that meant dreadnoughts, Jesus. <laughs> That'd be a game yeah. changer right there. I mean, I'm not saying it does, but I mean, it, it states any Legio custodes unit. So does that mean they have to have the Legio custodes rule? Because I don't think the dreadnoughts do. But, like, Valdor himself doesn't even have the Legio custodes rule. He has it See, that's the other thing about these guys. Three quarters of the unit had the Legio Custodes rule, and then the other quarter, instead of having the Legio Custodes rule, they just split it into the three three individual Custodes. They just put the broke-down Legio Custodes rules in their profile, which is sloppy and kind of fucked up as it is. So, I don't know. I don't see how this isn't going to have to be FAQ'd as well. Yeah, everything. I don't know, man, because, like, I don't know. You're either thinking, does it have to have the Legio's Custode special rule, or does it have to just have, like, Legio Custodes Contemptor Galactus Dreadnought, like, in the name? I don't know. I do not know. Right. Or does it have to have access to the teleportation transponders, and then you just buy them for free? Because it says they may be given teleportation transponders at no extra cost. I wouldn't think that that would be the case. It's really going to come down to the wording on what the fuck a Legio Custodes unit is. I would imagine it means having the Legio Custode special rule. Yeah. As it's there, like there's a special rule called Legio Custode special rule. But once again, like for example, certain things like, um, going back through. So like the jet bikes oh, don't dude. have the Legio Custodes rule. So what? So it says any Legio Custodes unit including Constantine Valdor himself, who does not have Legio Custodes. No, but he does. It's just broken down instead of having rule like we talked about. That's what I was getting at. That's why it's so confusing. But but every unit does have Legio because Custodes. The... No, they don't. Look at... um, Where's it at? i just seen it. It's the guys with the sword. It's the... I think it's the guys with the sword and shield, whatever they're called. I just went through them. Special Rule Legio Custodes, Special Legio Custodes. I don't no, think it's just the, the jet, jet bikes are so yeah. But maybe they that have makes sense. Strike build in. Yeah, maybe maybe it does have to. Maybe that's why they broke it up. I don't know. It just seems 
I guess. I don't know. But anyway. Okay. No deep striking dreadnoughts. Yeah, we don't need to hang. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Shit, dude. Right, Billy, deep striking. Email. He'll, probably, he'll probably tell you you can. Deep striking so, Valdor so and deep striking that's dreadnoughts. That's So, that's Custodes. So, what do you think overall? Uh, it's a very powerful force that is... Uh, it's very... It's very... Uh, it, I mean, for what you get out of it, it, it seems like a lot of these units to protect themselves like it's going to be you're going to play them very different than the way that you play like uh, normal space marines like with normal space marines instead of assigning specific tasks to, to, to units you're going to have to basically make a three-man squad good at both shooting at tanks and shooting at infantry like you're going to want them to do everything in the units but like i don't know it, i think three per squad is like a magic number like that's a good number for everything like you should never have have to go over that three because of how how solid they are they're gonna get to combat i think they really uh nerfed a lot of their vehicles because none of their vehicles are assault vehicles so that that does... well, i don't think that they're nerfed they're still vastly here's my thing about their vehicles uh -huh. who gives okay. a fuck like you could literally just spam out tanks and outshoot most armies just with spammed out like their tra like just their basic fucking transport outshoots like predators or anything like that. Yeah. No problem. So Yeah. Well they, I don't they know. definitely That's the major issue I have the major issue I have is the the battle tank, the speeders and the transport are just way, way, way too cheap for what they do. Because um, here's my thing. If if they had to rely on the strength of their infantry and get close to you in assault you could take something like a jet bike army or an armored breakthrough army and do like what we talked about and like keep away from them and shoot them to death. But it's going to be hard to do that when they have all these fucking speeders and battle tanks that they're getting for the same fucking points as your shit, shooting all that stuff dead. And then just having their little three man guys just walk around and mop up all your infantry. Yeah. It's gonna be super fucking hard to deal with, man. It's really irritating. They're very. I'm just not full army. Immediately yeah, top tier. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't think that a lot of people are saying strength ten this, strength ten that. I don't think that's the answer. I think strength ten shit. For one, it's extremely expensive. Um, a lot of it's like one shot blast weapons, and like we talked about, like. Who gives a fuck? It's like, oh, I shoot you with this one-shot blast weapon and get a guy, and every fucking guy has an invulnerable save. Some of them re-rollable invulnerable saves. So, like, maybe you kill a guy. Maybe. You know? Like, my hundred and whatever point Vindicator is killing one custode at best case scenario a turn. I mean, get the fuck out of here. That's not going to do anything. Like, I think you're going to have to have a lot of high-strength, high-volume shooting and just try to make them fail their two up saves I don't know uh, I don't think I mean you still have 
once the, it, it's going to take a lot to get them out of their transport, which is going to be an issue. Like you just got to hope. I mean, cause, cause but even when they do, they still have to stand around with their thumb in the ass for the turn. So you're still going to be able to shoot them and get away from them. See, that's my thing. Like my immediate thought was, okay, they have to drive at you. So you're going to get a shoot at the vehicle, which is extremely hard to kill, but whether you kill it or not, they have to get out and stand. And then once they're out, if you're fast enough, you could literally just move away from them. And then they're not going to be able to assault you. But the problem is their damn tanks are so cheap, they can kill your, you know, rhinos or any of this light armor that you can take for cheap to move away. Um, I think jet bikes will be really, really good against them because jet bikes are fast and they have a two-plus save. And a lot yeah. of their weapons are AP3 or less. They do have a lot of AP2 stuff for shooting, but it's like extremely short range or it only shoots like one shot or whatever. So I feel like you could keep away from them with jet bikes pretty easy and then rain a bunch of firepower into them and just try to help hope that they fail. You know, two up saves. The problem is taking out their fucking tanks because they have all this fucking deep strike disruption. So it's not like you can just like, like, put machine killer vets in a drop pot or whatever because you're going to be fucking mishapping all the time because for whatever reason for two goddamn points you can have the best anti-reserve deep strike you know counter in the game for two points really two points I, I don't i just i can't even but wrap that, my brain that doesn't work inside the vehicles does it like i thought all like no but they worked. can literally just put the it doesn't matter like they can just put like buy a three man squad and just stand them outside the tank and just basically what i'm saying is they can stand their infantry in front of their tanks so if you try to get close to assault the tanks the infantry is there to counter assault you extra tanks from deep striking and then they're going to have enough firepower just to shoot you to death they don't even have to come after you that's what i'm getting at yeah definitely got to play the mission not a fan yeah yeah not a fan well, if we're playing the mission, they wouldn't be in the mission because they're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why we're getting this army. We've went over that too. Like, I don't really understand the point of releasing this army list at this. Like, I guess for Prospero, I guess if you just want to play Prospero games, that's fine. But if you're not playing Prospero and you're not playing War on the Webway or Battle for Terra, I don't really see why this army would ever be used. Like, we kind of talked about that off air. Like, if if I'm just hosting some you know, generic narrative campaign, like how Adepticon's doing it. Uh, what's the name of their, what's the name of their campaign? The burning of something with a G. I'm not, I don't know it off the top of my head. Geneva. Whatever. Like, why would there be custodes there? There wouldn't be like, according to all the fluff written that I've seen to this point, there wouldn't be custodes. there. So it's kind of weird that like that people are going to, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I personally, as a, if I'm a TO, like if I was organizing a tournament, um, I wouldn't be opposed to just say, you know, no custodes. Or you can take them as an ally and that's it. But I don't know. I don't know if people do that. That's more of a fluff thing than a power level thing. I mean, because I'm not saying that because I think that they're cheesy or whatever. I think Thousand Suns are far worse. And obviously you can't. Like, I'm not advocating just banning a whole legion just because of that. Um, I just think that they're, to me, it's very unfluffy to play these guys unless it's a very specific scenario where they make sense, which we've talked about before. 
Gotcha. What do you think? Uh, I mean, unless the emperor is there, you know, I could see them like, I mean, here's the thing. Like whenever, if I think about like a narrative tournament and I think you're allowing all the primarchs to be there, you've already broken fluff. And so, you know, if there's already traitor primarchs, then I could see the emperor saying like, okay, this is like my chance to kill these primarchs. Let me go ahead and send some custodes to go help out. Like I could see why they would be. I don't know. I don't know. So, like, if, like if you're going to ban custodes, like, I feel like, you know, it, there's, like, other things you could also ban. Like, like I'm not a big fan of Primark. I, we've discussed this before. I'm not a fan of Primarchs being in narrative campaigns. Right. Just well, I, it, I think – well, let's, let's, just, let's just have that talk before we get into Sisters real quick. Uh-huh. So, me and you talked a little off air. I think, I think Book 7 really triggered this in my mind because of all the – and once again, this is just my opinion, so it's not the gospel or anything. I feel like there's so much insane shit, and Book 7, like, jumped the shark so hard that TOs are going to have to start cracking down on what can be brought, what's fluffy, what's not, and really start putting, be a little more restrictive than what they've been in the past to make sure that the event runs in a narrative manner. So I think going forward, I'm hoping to see a lot more of um, no prime arcs allowed, maybe no special characters allowed, you know, cert- like stick more to like, like the fluff that you're trying to dictate, I guess. So like if you want to r- like run an event, you might say, well, I'm picking this part of the galaxy and in my fluff um, – Pedarabo and the and the main force of Iron Warriors are leading this charge, and they're being uh, you know held up by uh, I don't know pick a pro- like Vulcan and some Salamanders or whatever. So those two specific Primarchs are unlocked. So if somebody wants to bring Pedarabo or somebody wants to bring Vulcan, like that's allowed. But then all the other Primarchs wouldn't be allowed because that's fitting the narrative that you're writing. Right. If you get what I'm saying. Um, but just to like allow, just like, hey, run whatever the fuck you, you want. I personally, I feel like with the crazy shit that's come out in book seven, I, I think if we continue down that path, it's like what we've talked about. I think you're going to see some crazy shit. Yeah, no, I could definitely see where people can abuse these new lists that came out in Inferno. But well, it's not even just that. It's like, do you really like as somebody like and once again, this is my biases, but I know for a fact there's a lot of people that I that feel that way because, you know, my game clubs are like 15, 20 man strong. And of the 15 to 20 guys that are regulars, one guy has a boner for custodes and, and everybody else in the club is like, fuck those guys. It doesn't make any sense fluff wise to even have them around right now. So it's not only that they don't want to play them, but they feel the same way I do, fluff-wise, that they shouldn't have to go to a narrative event and play against a custode army. They don't like it. It kind of ruins their immersion, I guess. Yeah, I so mean, but I could see people like... Like, if like, I go to... Like, like, I could see people, like, seeing it two different ways, though. Like, there's definitely two completely different opinions on it. Like... Yeah, but uh, I guess what I'm saying is, do you want to go to an event that's supposed to just take place like in the middle of the heresy on some random planet and out of 40 
armed, you see ten Custodes armies. That doesn't no. make any amount of sense. No, definitely do not want to see so that. I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying just, is, just like just amongst maybe you like, don't ban them, but maybe it's oh, good. Maybe you don't ban them. I'm just like, like maybe you just make them like a like how you guys are running the Xana, where it's like there's only one instance of each Primarch allowed. Maybe you just say. You know, first come, first serve, or allowing, you know, one custode army or whatever. That's a good compromise. Or, or like maybe one, like one out of every, because you figure most events are between thirty and sixty players, but only half of those are going to be loyalists. So you're going to have between fifteen and big events, like smaller events, or even less than that. So, I mean, like, I would, like, most most of the heresy events I've been to have been 20 or less people. So, you're talking 10 players aside. So, I don't think it's outrageous to say only one guy out of 10 could bring a fucking Custodes army. Like, if if I go to an event and there's only 10 Loyalist players and four of them are fucking playing Custodes armies, like, that's pretty dumb to me. And even that, I mean, like, from a narrative standpoint, that's a pretty rad idea just from... You know, especially like if if you're playing it like the way we played Stiff Two or the way we we played uh, Alamo or Adepticon, where there's warlords that get to pair up armies. Like, if you knew that your custodes, like you, you definitely wanted your custodes to be like a heavy hitter, you know, in, in this specific mission. Like, put those custodes into missions that make sense for them, and then you know if. I don't know. You could also put maybe another heavy hitter army versus the custodes, and you know, there's only really one. I don't know. It's yeah. Then you pair them against Thousand Sons and let them fight against each other. <laughs> maybe you're just gonna yep. start breaking up like narrative events by book. <laughs> like, oh, you got a book, a book three army. You go, you get to go in this section fight these people. Oh, you gotta go book seven. All right, y'all are on that area over there. <laughs> That's really what it feels like. It's yeah. gonna have to start being. <laughs> I don't Poor know. Poor militia guys fighting themselves. Anyway. Yeah. Well, good luck on fighting these guys in Zone Mortalis. That's all I have to say about that. For fucking um. real. <laughs> all right. You want to go over Sisters? Dude, I cannot tell you how excited I am for you to go over Sisters of Silence. Like, I listened to all that Custodes talk just so, like... I can hear the Ryan Kimmel spiel on Sisters of Silence. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you, this is the most sane army list in the book seven. Like, I have no problems with this army list. Um, I feel like it's pretty fair. Um, it's definitely competitive. I think, like, we'll get to it. But, I mean, some of these models, you know, they're, they're pretty cheap for what you get. But they have, like, very distinct, you know weaknesses so it's it's not like they're like these do-it-all type like these fucking custodes guys are you know they're super tough you can get all this you know why points efficient like they have all this ton like they just have answers to fucking everything like we're sisters they feel more like if you've ever played like dark, dark eldar, eldar or something like that <laughs> you're gonna say that yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, like, it's, like it's custodes, a, custodes are the Eldar, and sisters are like the Dark Eldar. Nah, Thousand Sons are the Eldar. Custodes <laughs> are like, I don't know. Custodes are unique. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm shitting all over custodes, and 
I, I can see people saying, well, he's not played him yet. Like, and, and I, that's actually a valid argument because they are unique. I mean, I can, I did some comparisons. Like, I don't think that that fucking grab tank is unique. Like everybody's played against with and against the Sakarin to cram all those fucking extra special rules on it and say it's only 30 points more right. Literally months after you just fucking jacked the points up on the Sakarin because you thought it was too, like I, that, that to me, like makes me want to kick somebody in the balls. Like, I just do not understand like how fucking silly, like do you see where I'm coming from on that at least. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, I've, as far as the other stuff, I get where people are saying, like, it is going to have to be tried out, but it does not look good on paper. I'll just put it that way. And the early battle reports that I've seen, um, they're pretty dominant. So, anyway. We spent a ton of time on Custodes, so let's move on here to Sisters. Lay it on me. Suck it to me. Uh, all right. So, first of all, let's go over their anti-psychic stuff. Um, so there's two levels of their anti-psychic stuff. you got the basic one, which is psychic anathema, and then there's a higher level one called exo-oblivio. So I believe sisters have the psychic anathema, and then, like, special, more points-heavy elite ones and, like, HQ choices have the exo-oblivio on top of it. So, so psychic anathema. So, models with this special rule are immune to all psychic powers and cannot be affected by them. So, you're just straight fucking immune. Like, so if any psychic power would target you, it just doesn't work. Um, they also ignore the effects of any telepathy blessings on enemy units, which would negatively affect models which have the psychic anathema rule. So, this is important because this is one of the very few things that gets around invisibility. Because invisibility is telepathy, and it would obviously impose a negative effect on these models, they, like... They're like, oh, like, you're, like, running around invisible, like, ha-ha, you know, you can't see me, and they just see right through it, basically. Um, this effect does not extend to transport vehicles used by models with this special rule. So that's going to be important uh, when we get to their transport. So the transports don't have the rule. It's only actual models that have the rule that ignore telepathy. Um, all units... Uh, within 12 inches of any model with this special rule, suffer minus one to their leadership value, increasing uh, to a negative two penalty if the model is a psyker. Models who have the fearless special rule or who themselves have psychic anathema rule are not subject to this effect, although models who are just immune to fear are. Note that this affects friend and foe equally. Because you're like keep the sisters away from your friendly models to not impose this penalty on them unless you're fearless. Yep. So that's pretty important to keep in mind. And it's a 12-inch bubble, so it's going to be fairly hard if you started mixing these in with an army to keep them separate. Um, units within 12 inches of models with a psychic anathema must re-roll fail deny the witch test. So what that means is these guys already ignore... Psychic powers, but let's say I cast um, Enfeeble on a unit of Solar Exilla guys that are 10 inches away from these sisters models, and I got two successes. So they would have to roll, you know, however many dice that they wanted to, to roll, dis dispel dice or warp charge dice, and they need sixes. So let's say they chose to roll four dice and they rolled four dice. 
you can choose to you you must re-roll that if you don't get two sixes to cancel it. So that's how that works. Um, so all units with the demon special rule within twelve inches of any model suffer minus one to their toughness. Uh, so that's pretty good. It's kind of like twelve inch range rad grenades that work all the time against demons. Or if they have an armor value um, instead of toughness, uh, or they add plus one one to all rolls on the vehicle damage table that they suffer while within this range. So the only vehicles with the demon special rule that I'm aware of are the chariots, um, I guess the Mirage Out Dreadnought, and Soul Grinders and Soul Grinder equivalent models um, right now. Uh, all models with psychic powers suffer a penalty to their role to manifest psychic powers when near models with psychic anathema special rule. This penalty is minus one within 12 inches, increasing to minus two when in base contact. For example, if a psyker usually manifests plus, it becomes a five plus when within range of 12 inches. Uh, any model with psychic anathema rule, special rule, uh, is a six plus in base contact. So, yeah, so it's harder to harness warp charge and like actually cast powers when you're close to them. It's not impossible, but it's harder. So the, the higher level of this is Exo Oblivio. So if you have a higher level, you're going to have all the lower level stuff we just went through. And you'll also, on top of that, have psychic models or units of any kind within six inches of models with this special rule at the start of the psychic phase do not generate additional warp charge dice. So what that means is, like, Magnus is a level five psyker. So if he starts the psychic phase... Normally, he adds five dice to your pool. If he's within six inches of one of these models when the psychic phase starts, he's not going to add the five dice to your pool. The problem with this is because it's only six inches and the psychic phase happens after the movement phase, if unless you're locked in combat, you're just going to be able to move away in this, you know, unless they have you like absolutely surrounded by models with this rule. So it's. They probably should have made the range on this 12 inches, but they didn't. So it is what it is. Um, if any psychic model is in base contact with a model with this special rule at the start of any psychic phase, they must immediately make a leadership test before warp charge is rolled for. If the test has failed, they immediately suffers a peril of the warp at minus one and may not use psychic powers during the psychic phase should they survive this. That's how that works. So that's their two anti-psychic special rules. And then um, sisters also have a special rule called fanatic discipline. So models of this special rule are fearless. In addition, they have the hatred psyker special rule, which is pretty cool. Hatred's awesome. Um, lastly, they have a thing called company cadres. So basically, when you build a sister army, they have this cadre structure. So in order to field any units with the company cadre special rule, using the talons of the Emperor Army list, at least one HQ unit with this special rule uh, must be part of the detachment for every three non-HQ units with the company cadre special rule in the same detachment. For example, one HQ with company cadre is required to field up to three other units. Two HQs uh, to field between four and six units and so on. So basically, you have to take an HQ for every one to three other units you take. 
which is pretty neat, which means in a standard FOC chart with three HQ slots, you're only going to be able to have three HQs and nine other sisters units, which I like. Um, it makes it neat. It's kind of like how really old Imperial Guard used to work, where you had to like take things to unlock other things. And it also, I like it because Sisters of Silence are pretty rare because they're psychic, you know, gnolls. They're the soulless sisters. So it kind of like um, makes it like they make makes them feel rare, where you can only have so many in an army, I guess. Right. It's kind of neat. So the other thing they get is cadre tactics. When the Sisters of Silence must leave their black ships and the duties called to prosecute war elsewhere in the Imperium, those warriors who make up the cadre sent forth are carefully chosen to complement the military objectives of their mission and are drilled with merciless precision to the task. Uh, one of the following additional benefits may be given to uh, all units in detachment with the company cadre special rule. So you can give this to... Basically, you get to pick one of these four special rules, and it's going to imply to all your sister's units. So it's kind of like their Legion tactics. It's almost like mutable tactics for Alpha Legion, I guess. So you can give right. your whole your whole army uh, infiltrate, crusader, stealth, or overall. So overall is plus one to the total score to determine the outcome of assault. So it's kind of like a uh, not a is it a vexilla? Kind of like yeah. a standard bear, a standard yeah. in uh, most other armies. So, I would think, I mean, out of these, stealth is pretty decent, but I think most of the time people are going to choose infiltrate. I mean, it's going to allow you to null deploy your units, like not null deploy them, but regardless of whether you go first or second, you'll be able to hold all your shit off the battlefield and then place it after your opponent places their stuff. Unless they also have infiltrate and then you roll off and, you know, do the tenure. alternate deployment, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. So it's still pretty cool. So I see a lot of people taking that. We might as well go over. They don't have that many uh, special weapons, so we can just go over them right now so that when we get to the units, we can just quickly go through them. So uh, they're, they have these special psych out weapons. So, uh, they have psych out grenades, so when it's thrown, it's strength eight, or sorry, range eight, strength two, AP dash, assault one, blast three inches, psy shock. So what psy shock is, is if a unit containing at least one psyker, so it's any any unit that has just one model with a psyker in it or more, or brotherhood of psykers or sorcerer or psychic pilot rule, is hit. That's the key. You don't even have to do wounds. You just have to hit the unit. So if a unit containing the you know, Psyker is hit by a weapon with Psy Shock rule. One randomly determined Psyker in that unit suffers an automatic perils of the warp in addition to any other damage. So that's super fucking brutal to Psykers. Um, so the Psych Out grenade can also be put in a grenade launcher. If you have a grenade launcher, which is the exact same rules, except it extends the range to 24 inches. And then lastly, you can uh, have a missile launcher with psych out missiles and a uh, uh, psych out missile is range 48 strength two, heavy one blast three inches pinning with also has psy shock same rule like if you just score a hit then it you uh take a perils so that's pretty cool so the next weapon they have is a proteus neurolash 
So before we even get started here, I'm going to tell you, it might have just been because I'm up late and I haven't read it since, but I read the fucking rules for this thing like four times and still couldn't fucking understand how it works. So maybe you <laughs> can work with me on it and we can figure it out. So it's a it's a melee weapon, so it's range dash. Strength plus one, so most sisters, I believe, are strength three. Um, so it's going to be strength four in most cases. It's two-handed electro arc sweeping strikes. So electro arc, total all the hits caused by this weapon uh, with this special rule during the assault phase. So let's say you hit four times. So okay. let's pretend that. So if we hit four times, we have four hits now. Before making any to wound rolls, Roll a single D6 for each of these hits. So we would roll four D6. Any rolls of a three or more cause an additional hit at AP dash with the poison four plus special rule. Okay. So I guess what that means is, is if we hit four times, they would already be taking four strength four AP dash hits. And then let's say we rolled the four dice and got three more. Three dice came up three pluses. They would be taking an additional three hits that are poison four plus. Right. Yeah, that's how that works. So it's just, it's very fucking convoluted to do that. They could have streamlined that a lot, but whatever. So anyway, that, and then sweeping strikes. The bearer uh, may choose to use the number of enemy models within three inches that they are locked in combat with them instead of their attacks to determine the number of attacks they can make in an assault phase. So think about this against like a fifty-man fucking militia mob <laughs> that like Whatcha? charged you, because you're gonna be like, so let's see, like a basic, so let's say you had fucking I don't know sixteen models within range. You do sixteen attacks, and then you know you, let's say you hit like twelve times or whatever, and then you're rolling twelve more dice, and for everyone that's a three up, you're doing additional point. Like that's pretty funny. Like, you could just, like, massacre just, like, swaths of, like, you know, little dudes. That's kind of funny. So it's the dream, cool. dude. <laughs> it's the dream. <laughs> it's the dream. So, next, we have the Execution Blade. So, the Execution Blade is another melee weapon. It's plus one strength, AP three, melee, two-handed, piercing cuts, duelist edge. So, piercing cut is on a roll of a five or six to hit. Uh, or, sorry. Rolls, to, yeah, rolls to hit of a five or a six, made for attacks with this weapon are resolved at AP two. So if you roll a five or six to hit, it goes from AP three to AP two, which is pretty cool. Duelist Edge is when fighting in a challenge, you gain plus one initiative. So it's kind of like a charnable saber. Uh, this is one of my favorite weapons that they get. I just think it's really badass and it's super fluffy. They got like those giant two-handed bastard swords. I just think it's really rad. Yeah, they're dope. They're dope. Um, then for, uh, ranged weapons, they have a stake crossbow. So crossbow is range 24, strength five AP dash. It's rapid fire uh, and it's got psy shock. So psy shock is the thing that makes you take, um, uh, perils of the warp if it hits you. So, uh, this could be amazingly brutal, obviously against like a, a psyker. If you get within 12 inches and you had like 10 models or something with this thing, that's a lot of perils of the warp you're going to be taking. Um, a needle pistol is the next weapon they get. It's range 12, strength 2, AP 5, pistol, poison 4 plus rending. I think this is the same weapon that uh, Primus Medicaid gets, if I remember right. Um, next, there's the assault needler. This thing's really awesome. It's range 18, strength 2, 
AP5, Assault 2, Poison 4 Plus, Rending. So these guys are going to be like super marksman veterans. Because like, you know, but it's Rending as opposed to just um, Sniper. becoming AP2. Yeah, so let's see. So they're Strength 2, Roll a 6, so it's Strength 8. So they could Glance Armor 11. So that's kind of neat. Um, uh, snare Gun. So a Snare Gun is Range 12, Strength, Asterisk, AP Dash, Assault 1, Snare Pinning. So Snare. If a weapon with this special rule inflicts a, inflicts a hit, this automatically becomes D3 hits. So when you, ro- you roll the hit once, but it actually does D3 hits. For each hit inflicted, the opposing player must make a strength test. For each strength test failed, the target unit suffers a single wound with no armor saves possible. Invulnerable saves may be taken as normal. This weapon has no effect on gargantuan creatures or vehicle. So that's pretty brutal. Fail a strength check and just take a wound with no armor save. It's pretty good. Mm. Um, and then they also get the Arthrathic Destructor, which is the same thing we went over a million times with. The Custodes, it's the range 12, uh, strength 5, AP 2, assault 1, instant death, armor bang, gets hot. Um, lastly, they have their armor. So the, the armor that sisters have is called Varentine Armor. Uh, provides a 3-plus armor save. So that's all their special weapons and war gear. So let's get into units. So their uh, base... Uh, character like you know hq unit or whatever is called a sister of silence oblivion knight centura so she is 75 points she's weapon skill five ballistic skill four strength three tough three uh wounds three initiative five three base attack leadership nine with a two plus armor save um she has a execution blade, so that's like the the plus one strength sword that we just went over. That becomes that's AP three that becomes AP two on a five or six. Uh, bolt pistol, frag crack, and psych out grenades. Enhanced void cloak, void sheen cloak. So a void sheen cloak is it's basically an iron halo. It gives you a four plus invulnerable save, but it increases to a three plus invulnerable save against templates, templates, and blast attacks. So it's pretty, pretty baller. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. And then she has Artificer Armor, which explains the 2-plus armor save. Um, she has the uh, Psychic uh, Athema and Exo Oblivio uh, Anti-Psyker rule, so she's the higher level of Anti-Psyker. She has Precision Strikes. She has the company uh, Cadre. So she, if you take her, you're allowed to select one of the special rules for your army that we talked about, the Infiltrate and all that. Um, and she has Independent Character. So she can trade her Execution Blade for a Power Axe for 5 points, a Proteus Neurolash, so that's the crazy whip with all the extra attacks, for 10 points, or a Paragon Blade for 20 points. I would think most people are going to be taking the Paragon Blade. Um, So that's probably what most people take. Um, The Oblivion Knight Centura may exchange her Bolt Pistol for one of the following. Hand Flamer for only 5 points. That's a cheap Hand Flamer. Most of them are 15, I think. Needle Pistol for 5 points. Uh, Archaeotech Pistol for 10 points. Plasma Pistol for 15 points. And can up as Mastercrafted for 10 points. Um, 
So that's pretty good. She seems like she gets a pretty decent discount on War Gear. Like everything's uh, about five points cheaper than most other characters get it, except for the plasma pistol. At least five points. The hand flamer, like I said, is a lot cheaper. So that's kind of neat. Um, I don't know. What do you think they're thinking behind that is? Is this something you think we'll see going forward, like in the next Marine book? Do you think they're going to like drop the points for fucking everybody's war gear by five points? Because they seem to, like, everything in this book, like, the Space Wolves went over it are getting all these fucking power weapons for five points, and all her war gear's fucking cheap, and the Custodes war gear's all, like, five to ten points cheaper. Is this, like, a trend? Is this just a book seven power creep thing, or do you think this is, like, what they're going to do moving forward? I would say they're going to, moving forward, uh, be dropping points across the board. Yeah, I could see that. Makes you buy more models. That way it'll, I mean, well, yeah, you could say that, but it'll also kind of balance some of the units with, I, I don't know, with some of the newer things that have come out. It seems like it would balance out. So. Yeah, because I mean, I guess I kind of understand the discount on on the close combat weapons because she already had like the execution blade is actually you know it's a good close combat weapon already. Only charging her points instead of twenty five, it makes sense because you're trading in a better weapon than a fucking chainsword on like a Praetor would. But the shooting weapons, your pistol, which is what everybody else comes with anyway, and you're getting a hammer, which is an Archaeotech, which is normally 15 for 10, and a Needle Pistol, which I don't think you can normally take, and then Mastercrafted is also 5 points cheaper than almost anybody else gets it, so, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of, that kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. But, anyway, it's a pretty cool character, uh, you know, with her Paragon Blade, she's only going to be Strength 4, so it's kind of like a Lord Marshal or whatever, um, she's only going to have the 3 attacks, so, I don't know. It's kind of like if you've ever played a militia commander, she's going to be about that level of close combat, I guess. Um, and she's going to be in the low 100 points range. So they're pretty good. They're, it's nothing like game-breaking or whatever, but, you know, it's a decent character. Um, so up next is the Sisters of Silence Excruci- Excruciatus Cadre. So they're 100 points, and you get a Silent Judge and four Questora. So it's five models, but one's a a little bit different. So the Silent Judge, which is kind of like the Sergeant model, is Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 3, Tough 3, 2 Wounds, Initiative 4, 2 Attacks, Leadership 9, uh, 3 Plus Armor. The Questora, which are the normal models in the unit that you get the you know in a larger quantity, are the exact same stats, except they're only one wound apiece. Um, they have Spectra Vestments, which are uh, models equipped with Spectre Vestments oppose a minus one ballistic skill penalty on targets making shooting attacks against them. So that's pretty cool. Give them a little bit more defense. Um, They have a close combat weapon and bolt pistol, so they're going to be three attacks standing still. They have an assault needler, so that's that really cool uh, ranged weapon we talked about, the the range 18 assault 2 poison 4 plus rending gun. It's pretty neat. Uh, they have frag crack and psych out grenades and the uh, the norm 
normal sister armor, so the three plus armor save. The silent judge, the character in the unit, has a field, the extra vestments, um, a power weapon, bolt pistol, needle pistol, frag crack and psych out grenades, a nunthovox, and the Varentine armor, so also three plus armor save. And then the special rules the unit has is Psychic Athema, um, which is the generic sister anti-psychic stuff. Witch Finders. So Witch Finders is um, when selecting a detachment, you may only take an Excrudius Cadre as your detachment's compulsory HQ if the detachment costs 500 points or less in total. So these, uh, this unit's an HQ choice, but like it just said, only if you're playing extremely small games can it be compulsory. Normally, you're going to have to take the um, Knight Centura, and then these would have to be like support HQs. Um, they have Fanatic Discipline, which is the generic sister's uh, rule where it makes them fearless and all that and gives them hatred psychers. They have Night Vision, which is kind of interesting. Um, Precision shots, uh, hatred, psychers, and demons. Uh, so they have double hatred psychers. Um, company cadre. So uh, this, these would also unlock the ability to choose a special rule for your army. And instruments of torment. So instruments of torment is, in addition to their other war gear, they carry blah blah blah. When in uh, when in close combat with any character. Without any other models being present, all attacks made by a unit with this special rule have instant death. So that's kind of cool. It like represents them like whittling down if you're a psyker or you know character, and you whittle down the squad around them, and then you just got it down to that one character model. Then all your attacks against that model become instant death. It's pretty neat. Very um, neat. So. Uh, a Sisters of Silence Excrudius Cadre may select a uh, Charon pattern Aquister as a dedicated transport. That's the thing that looks like the uh, Dune Worm transport. Um, we'll, we'll go over it next. So uh, when we get to uh, all the other units that can take it as a transport, you guys know what it does. Uh, so any Questora, which the Questora, the normal generic uh, women in the unit... Um, may exchange their close combat weapon for one of the following. A charnable saber for five points or a power weapon for ten points. Uh, any questor in the squad may exchange their assault needler for one of the following. A needle pistol for free. Stake crossbow for free. Um, snare gun for five points each. So having, think of the multiple snare guns. So you could have four snare guns that each time, each time either any of them hit, they do D3 hits, and then you have to take that many street checks, or you take wounds with no save. That's pretty cool. Um, mm. Flamer with compression tanks. So uh, that is once per game a model equipped with this warrior can use it. Uh, use the compression tank. Um, you must declare the use of it before any rolls to wound are made. When it is used, the flamer strength is increased to six. Once it is used in this, the flamer cannot be used for the rest of the game. Basically, it's a normal flamer, and then once per game, you can bump it to strength six, but then you can't use it the rest of the game. Um, one Questora in the squad may exchange their assault needler. That's that strength five armor bane gun. Um, 
the Silent Judge may exchange her power weapon for the Proteus Neurolash, that's that crazy whip, for five points, a Power Fist for five points, or an Execution Blade for ten points. The Silent Judge may exchange their Bolt Pistol for a Stake Crossbow, Hand Flamer, Needle Pistol, or Plasma Pistol. Hand Flamer's five points, Needle Pistol's five points, Plasma Pistol's 15. So this is just like a little cool, super elite, more close combat oriented unit. Um, this is going to give you a lot of modeling options because you can like mix and match tons of war gear in it. And if you notice, the Questora already have close combat weapon, bolt pistol, and the needler. All the other shooting upgrades, like all the other pistols and stuff, um, like the needle pistol uh, allows you to change out your needler, but you keep your bolt pistol. So you're still going to keep your three attacks because uh, you're always going to have the dual combat, but you'll be able, if you went for the needle pistol, you could have two pistols where you can fire both, which is kind of mm -hmm. cool with the gunslinger rule. So there's there's like a lot of little neat things you could do with the unit, basically. Um, it's pretty cool for 100 points plus war gear. Um, so next, we'll go over the transport. So the transport is 125 points. It is skill 4, front armor 12, side armor 11, rear armor 10, but it is 4 hull points. So it's like it's kind of like a rhino with a little bit better front armor with an extra hull point. It has It's a fast skimmer. It carries 12 models. It has one front hatch. It has two twin-linked missile launchers with frag, crack, and psych-out missiles. A helion patter heavy cannon array so a helion pattern heavy cannon array is range 24 inches strength 7 ap4 heavy 4 twin linked pinning so it's kind of like a super short ranged twin linked pinning predator cannon um it has a spectra distortion field which is a model with the spectrum distortion distortion field has the stealth special rule furthermore shooting attacks uh made against it from models more than 12 inches away have a minus one ballistic skill penalty so pretty pretty cool has a searchlight uh, smoke launchers uh, special rules it has battle aspects so, so it has the night vision special rule in addition it reduces the cover saves of enemy targets it fires on by minus one so a four plus cover save becomes a five plus and so on uh, this is really big right here it has the assault vehicle special rule uh, it has deep strike and it has the capture grid. So the capture grid is whenever it makes a tank shock attack against an infantry unit, it inflicts D6 strength 5 hammer of wrath hits while doing so. These are made before any death or glory attempts happen. Um, armor for 5 points, armored ceramite for 20 points, and it can upgrade the Helion pattern heavy cannon array to a multi-melter for free. This is probably the one thing in their army I feel like is pretty cheap for what it does. The, the one thing about it is it is only armor 11 on the side. So it's sort of fragile, but when you factor in that it can jink and it has stealth, it's going to have a three-up jink when it does jink. And then if you're more than 12 inches away, you're also getting minus one ballistic skill. So it makes it, in my opinion, more durable than what it seems so i don't know it's probably a little too cheap for what it does but it's not like criminally so what do you think yeah no i 
I don't think it's too cheap at all. I mean, it seems like I don't, it seems like a really good transport. I don't really see a lot of people using it for its shooting or anything like that, and I rarely see anybody deciding to just jam its only access point. Well, I guess you could ram your ass into people. I guess that would work because it doesn't really determine. You don't really care about what side of the tank you throw into it. Well, I think when you make a ram attack, you um, you have to turn to face what you're ramming. Oh. It's yeah, it's, it only has the one access point at the front, right? Right. So, so like once you're out, then you just like only ram send infantry. It. Well, but what I'm like, it doesn't do anything ramming wise except against infantry. When you tank shock infantry, they move out of your way. So, I mean, you'll still be able to get out of it. Well, well, I was thinking about like with that little capture attack thing and all that jazz. Yeah, I guess they would move out of your way. Hmm. Yeah, because you, like you only get the capture thing against infantry, not against other vehicles. Yeah, no, I, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, I, me personally, I think it's a little on the cheap side, but like I said, not criminally so. I mean. When you look at what the fucking custodes get for only ten points more, it doesn't look that cheap. But that's that thing. But anyway, so I don't know. I like it. I think it's definitely cool. It's cheap enough, and it's their only transport. And it's an assault vehicle, and most sister units are designed to be up close and personal. So I think you'll, if somebody runs at a whole sister army, you're going to see a lot of these things. Like you'll probably, they'll probably have an army with, you know, you know, between four and six. I would think. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so next unit is the Sisters of Silence Oblivion Knight Cadre. So, um, the normal Oblivion Knights in the unit are Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 3, Tough 3, Weapon Skill, or sorry, Wounds 1, Initiative 4, 2 Attacks, Leadership 8, 3 Plus Save. And then they have a sergeant called the Oblivion Knight Mistress. She's exactly the same stats, but she is two wounds and leadership nine. So it's pretty cool to have a two-wound sergeant. Um, they are 85 points for five. And then you can buy five additional Oblivion Knights for 13 points apiece. So they're not super expensive. Um, they come stock standard with the Execution Blade and a Bolt Pistol. Uh, they have Fragmentic Cloaks. And Veratine Armor. So the Void Sheet Cloak is a, a 6-plus invulnerable save, increasing to a 4-plus against Template and Blast Weapons. So it's kind of cool. Um, they have the Psychic Athma and Exo Oblivio, so the higher level of anti-psychic stuff. Uh, Fanatic Discipline, Precision Strikes, and the Company Cadre. So it's the, you know, select one special rule option. Um, they can take the... Uh, dedicated transport we just went over. Uh, the entire squad can swap their execution blades for power access for five points each. Um, I don't think I would. I like the execution blade better than a power axe. I guess the power axe, because the execution blade is two-handed, the power axe gives you an additional attack and is always AP2. But I don't know. I kind of like the striking at initiative potential for AP2. I don't know. Something that people can try out. They may be a mix just for modeling purposes. Um, the Oblivion Knight Mistress can exchange her Execution Blade for a Power Axe for 5 points or a Proteus Neurolash for 10 points. 
the Oblivion Knight Mistress may take her, may exchange her bolt pistol for a hand flamer for five points, a needle pistol for five points, or a plasma pistol for fifteen. So just kind of like in a little elite two attack unit. It's kind of like they're veteran guys. So pretty cool. What do you think about them? I like them. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> There's not a unit that you're going to say that I don't like. <laughs> yeah, big fan of sisters, huh? Yeah. Um, so next is the Sisters of Silence uh, Prosecutor Cadre. So these these are getting into their like generic troops. So a uh, pretty cheap unit. It's 65 points for the starting five models. So they are weapon skill four, ballistic skill four, strength three, tough three, uh, one wound, initiative four, one attack, leadership eight. And then they have a sergeant that's exactly the same stat line except an extra attack and an extra leadership. So it's uh, two attacks, leadership nine instead. Um, they all carry a bolt gun, close combat weapon, frag crack and psych out grenades, and the Varentine armor, which is the three-plus armor save. They have the lower level of the anti-psyker stuff. They just have psychic anathema. They have the fanatic discipline, and they have the company cadre, the, where you get to whatever special rule you pick they obtain. They can take the, the uh, Charon uh, dedicated transport. Um, you can buy five additional models for 10 points apiece, so a full squad would be 115 points, which is pretty cheap. The entire squad can swap their bolt guns for two bolt pistols for free. So that would give them an additional attack in close combat and two bolt pistol shots at 12 inch. They'd lose a little bit of their range, but become a little better in close combat. Plus, you can model them with two bolt pistols, which is rad. Um, one model may have an unsealed box for 10 points. One model may have a breaching charge for 10 points. The sergeant can take a power weapon for 10 points, a hand. Flamer for five points, a needle pistol for five points, plasma pistol for fifteen, a charnable charnable So pretty cool for a basic troop unit, you know, pretty cheap. Um, the next are the Vigilator Cadre. They are eighty-five points for the original for the the starting five. They have the exact same stats as the unit we just went over. So it's the you know four four three three one four one attack leadership eight, and then the sergeant is one more attack. One more leadership uh, of the ones. Uh, these get the executioner blades, so they all have the big swords and bolt pistols. Um, they have frag cracks, psychic grenades, and Varentine armor, and they have the same special rules as all sisters: the psychic athema, fanatic discipline, company cadre. But they also have a special rule called death mark. So after both sides have deployed, but before the game begins, if a detachment contains any sisters. Of Silence Vigilator Cadres, their controlling player must declare a single enemy infantry unit or independent character as carrying the death mark this game. All Vigilator units in this detachment gain the preferred enemy special role when attacking this unit or character. So that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, They can take the, the uh, Charon pattern dedicated transport, which you would 100% want to take for these guys since they're close combat. You want to get them close and assault. Um, you can take five additional Vigilators for 12 points a model. Uh, one model may be equipped with a Breaching Charge for 10 points. The Vigilator Mistress may exchange your Execution Blade for a Power Weapon for 5 points, a Proteus Neurolash for 10 points. Uh, she can also exchange her Hand Flamer for, or exchange a Bolt Pistol for a Hand Flamer for 5, a Needle Pistol for 5, or a Pause Pistol for 15. These are probably my favorite of like the basic troops. I just think like the swords are really cool. 
I like them better than the bolters. I just think they're more flavorful, I guess. Yeah, especially different. S- like shitting them out of their little transport. Like, oh, I could just imagine how terrifying right. that is. It's like, oh, yeah, go and take a fear check real quick, and I'm still running at you with my fucking swords. <laughs> my, my rending swords yeah. on. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Um, I mean, I don't. They're more points than the bolter ones. So, I mean, I could see running the bolter ones and the sword ones. I don't think they're like, I don't know. Like, there's justifications for both. I think they're they're both cool. Um, but I, I per, like the look looks wise and fluff wise and all that. I think the sword ones are, or, in my opinion, I like the sword one better. But I would still use some of the bolter ones. So, next we have the sisters of the real cool unit of the Eldar Beast Packs, like more comparisons to Dark Eldar that we talked about. Yeah. So this is a weird mixed unit. So you have the the normal Pursuers, which are, are Weapon Skill 4, Blitz Skill 4, Strength 3, Tough 3, 1 Wound, Initiative 4, 1 Attack, Leadership 8, 3 plus Save. Then you have the Pursuer Mistress, which is exactly the same stats, but she's 1 extra. So just normal. Then you have Cyber Jackals, which are Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 2, Strength 4, Tough 4, Wounds 1, Initiative 4, 2 Base Attacks, Leadership 5, with a 5-up armor. Steel Talon Wing, which is Weapon Skill 3, Ballistic Skill 0, Strength 3, only Toughness 2, uh, 3 Wounds, Initiative 5, 3 Attacks, Leadership 5. The unit is comprised of two pursuers, one pursuer mistress, and three beasts. So you you can choose to make the three beasts either cyber jackals or steel town wings in any mix. So once again, this is just like Dark Eldar beast packs in 40k where you can take the razor wing talon or the chimera or whatever the little fucking dog things are. Um, right. So they're all infantry. The pursuers have bolt pistol, close combat weapon, frag crack, and psych out grenades, and the three plus armor. Um, and the, mis- the mistress has the same war gear. Um, special rules: the entire unit has fanatic discipline, psychic athema, company cadre, so they get to select one of the special rules. Move through cover and fleet. The cyber jackals, so cyber jackals only, have rage uh, and feel no pain five plus. And then the steel talon wing has the blind special rule on their close combat attacks. And uh, this unit can take the dedicated transport, the Charon uh, thing that we went over. Um, So options. So the cadre must contain at least three of the following beast models and may contain up to three additional beast models. So um, so when you buy the unit, it's only 35 points, but you have to buy at least three beasts. Cyber is a point model, and the the steel talons are 10 points a model. So, you got that. The squad may include uh, extra, an extra three pursuers at ten points a model. So you can have six pursuers, one mistress, and six beasts um, total. You know, if you maxed out the unit, the the mistress uh, may take a power weapon for ten points, a hand flamer for five points, a needle pistol for five points, a plasma pistol for fifteen points, a charnable saber for five points. Um, one in three cyber jackals may be equipped with one of the following, uh, flamers for 15 or melt a gun for 20. So they talked about this a little bit on the eye of Horus and I totally agree with them. 
20 points for a melt-a-gun being shot by a ballistic skill 2 unit seems totally out of hand. Yeah. Like, the melt-a-gun should be, like, 5 points for him. And the, I'm fine with the flamer being 15 because, you know, the, it, it doesn't matter if you're ballistic skill shit because yeah. you get to, you know, it doesn't matter. But the melt-a-gun being 20 seems pretty crazy. Um, I think these guys are pretty cool. This, this, I, these are just going to be... I, I mean, I definitely think, like, the, the sword... Like, if you're looking for a close combat unit, I get, I don't know. Like, the way people used to run these, like, in the Dark Eldar armies, a lot of people would just, like, take a bunch of, like, the the Steel Talon wings. Like, you do a mix because you, you use the majority toughness of the unit. So, if you do the proper mix of Sisters, Super Jackals, and Steel Talon wings you can get the tough, the average tough, toughness up to three or four while, you know, putting a bunch of wing, like using the steel town wings to tank a bunch of wounds. Yeah. So you can, you can do that with like, if you use proper lookout, sir, and all that. Um, it's definitely something you'd have to mess around with and see how all that works out to see whether it's worth it or not. Um, I definitely think it's a, it's a cool unit it's not very expensive so it's definitely something you could throw in your army just to you know have some the opportunity to build some cool models and do some cool conversion work um next oh do you have anything to add to that no man uh i think that the discussion from the i force guys was like spot on with them just you know really cool models to model up (laughs) yeah i think the melted gun in the mouth was just like Fucking badass idea, but way too expensive for the price. So, right. Yeah. Um. E- even the flamer, like fifteen points for a flamer, is pretty damn high. I think if you're going to do guns in the mouth, that would be the one that you would want to do. But I mean, flamers on any other unit typically only cost ten points, so it's kind of weird that they made those weapons so expensive. Um. But anyway, I guess the rest of the unit's pretty cheap. So I don't know. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, the last unit we have before we get to their uh, special character is the Sisters of Silent Seeker Kai. Um, this unit is going to be battling the Sons. Um, so, it's 85 points for five models. The normal Seekers have Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 3, Tough 3, 1 Wound, Initiative 4, 1 Attack, Leadership 8, 3 Plus Armor. And the sergeant is the exact same stats with an extra attack and an extra leadership, so just like all the other sisters' units. Um, they come stock standard with flamers, uh, close combat weapon, frag crack, psych out grenade, and Varentine armor. They have the lower level of anti-psychic stuff, the psychic anathema. They have fanatic discipline, and they get to use the company cadre rule, which is the special rule you pick at the beginning of the game. They have that. They can take a dedicate one of the Caron uh, tr- uh, dedicated transports. You can buy five additional uh, seekers for ten points a model. Um, here's where it gets. Here's the key: the entire squad may exchange flamers for grenade launchers with frag, crack, and psych out grenades for five points a model. We'll get to. We'll, we'll jump back to here. Um, one model may have a breaching charge for ten points. The Seeker Mistress may take any of the following. Power Weapon for 10 points, Hand Flamer for 5 points, Needle Pistol for 5 points, Plaza Pistol for 15 points, Charnable Saber for 5. So, 
these are very key to fighting uh, Thousand Sons because, like, all their crazy psychic stuff, because these sisters see through telepathy, so even if they do the invisible Magnus Death Star bullshit where you normally can't, you know, damage them, they ignore it so you can still target them with blast weapons because you see through invisibility. And then these grenade launchers only have to hit. They don't actually have to do wounds. So since you can target them, normally you can't target a visible but you'll be able to, and all you have to do is hit them, which is going to be pretty easy to do when you're, they got a big, like, unit, and all you have to do is get, you know, the template to touch any model in the unit. Um, as soon as it touches a model in the unit, they immediately have to, one model in the unit suffers an immediate perils of the warp. So if you figure if you have a whole unit of 10 of these and you dump 10 small blasts on them and, you know, get hits with all or most of them, that's going to be, you know, a ton perils. of perils of the warp that you're going to do. Yeah, up to 10 perils. And they're pretty cheap. Uh, so they would be, what, 100? Let's see. Math. Sorry, my brain's fried. So it's 50. So 135 points for 10. And then it would be 5 points a model, so another 50. So it would be 185 points for 10 with grenade launchers, which is pretty expensive for this fragile unit. But it's going to be – that's pretty priceless if you're into – if you're, you know, you got some asshole abusing you with Thousand Sons. You will definitely want to take three of these units and put them in transport. <laughs> Make so, them take 30 perils. <laughs> right. So, I mean, their basic transport comes with the missile launcher that already has the psych out missiles in it. But the problem with the transport is it doesn't have the thing where it ignores telepathy. So once they get invisibility up on their Magnus star, you, you're not going to be able to target them with the transport. So it's not going to do you any good. So the only thing that has this uh, psych out rule that are going to in a large quantity uh, in the army that sees through uh, telepathy are these grenade launchers. The other thing is that stake thrower, but I think the only thing that can take the straight crossbow is the excrucius cadre, if I remember right, like on every model, and it's only a five-woman a five squad, and they're an HQ, so it's not like you can get a shitload of them. You know what I mean? So let me look. I don't know if they're elites. Yeah, the elites can't. So really, this is going to be, this is the best answer to Thousand Sons, or is this unit right here. So, uh, obviously, like, Thousand Sons players are, like, they're going to immediately try to get rid of these with the vengeance to, you know, because if these things get a chance to, you know, shoot at their units, you're, they're basically just going to be losing whole units and then taking an absolute shit ton of pinning checks because every time they take a wound from perils every unit in the army has to check for pinning which can happen you know you can take there's no limit to the number of pinning checks you have to take in a turn so you could theoretically do 30 wounds through perils of the war and make the entire army take 30 pinning checks in a turn with three units of these mm. that's fucking brutal so yeah so, fairly expensive for a tough three unit or whatever, but like I said, it, it's only one of the thousand sons is that 
Um, because I was really hoping that sisters would get something that turned off blessings, but the problem is they don't. So once they get, if they, if they get invisibility or get, you know, any of the crazy blessing shit, like all the biomancy crap or whatever, once they get it off, they, you can't turn it off. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can just repeatedly cast it every turn. And once it's on there, regardless of how close you get to them or whatever, you can't get rid of it. So, uh, which kind of sucks. Like the Cluxus Assassin in 40k, if it gets within 12 inches of anything that has blessings on it, the blessings automatically go away. So I was right. hoping sisters would have something similar to that, but they went this route. So it's kind of a shame that their anti-psychic stuff really, like their their actual generic anti-psychic rules that they just have for being having their soulless aura. In my opinion, isn't really that strong against psychers. Um, but the psych out weapons against psychers are definitely super brutal. Um, so that that's more of the answer to psychers than is their normal like anti psyker aura thing. Right. At least how I see it. So the very last thing we need to go over is uh, Janetia Kroll. So she's the uh, head uh, sister of silence. Uh, you know, she's been around for a long time in the uh, the Visions of Heresy book. The artwork for her in this book, in the Visions of Heresy book, and all the artwork, she usually has a grill that covers the whole lower part of her face. And in the artwork in uh, this book, they chose to not include the grill, which I think is weird. Um, I think the grill looks rad, so hopefully if they build a model for her, she has the grill and isn't open-faced. But we'll have to see if you know if, when they do a model for her. Um, so anyway, she's 150 points. She's weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 4, strength 3, tough 3, 3 wounds, initiative 5, 4 attacks, leadership 10, uh, 2 plus armor save. She has the sword of oblivion, which is strength plus 2, which is going to make her strength 5 in close combat. Uh, AP 2, melee, two-handed, murderous strike, duelist edge. So duelist edge is the plus 1 in initiative and a challenge, and then murderous, murder strike is any to hit rolls of a five or a six with this weapon have the instant death rule which is pretty cool um then uh she has an archaeotech pistol which is you know the strength six ap3 pistol um she has frag crack psych out grenades she has an enhanced void sheen cloak which is the um four plus invulnerable that increases to a three plus against blast and template uh and then obviously she has artificer armor which gives her a two plus save she has the higher level of anti-psychic stuff, so she has Psychic Athema and Exo Oblivio. She has Fanatic Discipline, Precision Strikes. She has Rage, so on the charge she'll be uh, six attacks, which is pretty cool. Um, she has Preferred Enemy Characters and Summers, so pretty baller with how the FAQ changed Preferred Enemy. So if you just have a Sergeant or whatever in a unit, she's going to get Preferred Enemy like all, all the time against almost everything. Uh, she has the company command cadre, just like all sisters do. She's independent character. She has the raptor guard cadre. So if Genetia Kroll is part of a detachment, then a single oblivion knight cadre in the same detachment may be upgraded to the raptor guard, uh, the elite silent, the elite of the silent sisterhood. This squad becomes weapon skill five for an upgrade cost of 20 points for the unit. So you can take one of those, you know, elite units and make them weapon skill five for 20 points. Pretty neat. 
Um, and then she has Eternal Warrior, which is really good. And her Warlord trait is Laurels of Victory. So Laurels of Victory, if she is your army's Warlord, she may opt to re-roll the dice to seize the initiative on missions where this is relevant. You may also give three of your infantry units the Scout Special Rule. So being as you can already get army-wide infiltrate and then getting scout, you can get really, really close. Um, that could be good, could be bad. You have to be careful with stuff like that, like getting extremely close because then if you get uh, seized on or they go first or whatever, you can get all your shit assaulted or shot up pretty easy. Um, and then if you uh, infiltrate or scout, I don't believe you can assault on the first game turn. So it, it doesn't really give you that much of a benefit uh, well, I mean, it just depends. You know what I mean? Like, could be good. I guess if you give them Scout, you can also, because Scout confers outflank, so that could be kind of cool, too. Yeah. So, definitely useful. So, I like her. I mean, I think for 150 points, she's definitely a solid character. She's very, like, uh, Solar Exilla Lord Marshall-ish, as she has, has like, something pretty similar to a Paragon Blade and about the amount of attacks that a Lord Marshall has and, you know, is uh, Eternal Warrior. She doesn't have as good of an invulnerable save because most large marshals are rocking the three up. But anybody that's familiar with that uh, Solar Exilia character will know, you know, about how she'll be as far as gameplay wise. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for sisters. Um, I'd say the biggest drawback, like if you wanted to do an entire uh, Sisters of Silence army, the biggest issue you're going to have is anti-tank. Um, you're going to have to rely on assault, like anything that's armor, like any normal vehicles that are like armor, like 10 on the back or whatever, you're not really going to have an issue because you're going to have a ton of like strength four close combat attacks. You can glance them down in close combat. Um, and then like any like light armor, like rhinos or predators that are armor 11 on the side, you you should have a decent amount of um, those dedicated transports with the, you know, the missile launchers missile and launchers. the the missile launchers and the uh, either the the heavy the heavy four strength take care of all that. But I don't really see um, anything in the army list that is going to be able to or land raiders. Like once if they put armored ceramide on stuff, they're really going to struggle. They're really, really, really going to struggle against shit like Leviathan dreadnoughts, um, because a lot of the army, you know, really depends on getting close and assaulting. So it's going to play right into the hands of that. So uh, that's like their biggest weakness is no anti-tank. Um, depending on how you interpret, like it's one of the cake ethic questions. If you interpret do the way Lords of War work in 30k where any army has access to the additional Lords of War on page 10 of that Marine book. Uh, my original thought was you could take like a suborbital strike suborbital wing of yep of three Avengers with the Krakens and the tank cunning last cannons and all that which would really go a long way in giving this army a lot of anti-tank and I actually think it's really fluffy because the Avenger uh, Strike Fighter in 40K was originally designed as a Sisters of Silence flyer. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's what the faction it was for. So it's to me, it's really fluffy to 
uh, have it in a uh, sister's army in 30k as well because of that reason. So it's kind of like fits like peanut butter and jelly because you're lacking an anti-tank and that gives you a ton of anti-tank. Uh, an entire suborbital wing of those decked out with Krakens and Battle Servitors is only, what, 570, I think? Or maybe, yeah, five, yeah, 570, which it's a, it's fairly expensive, but not really because, I mean, like most of the sister stuff is pretty cheap. So if you figure you took that, you're going to have almost 2,000 points to take all your sister stuff. And that's going to give you a lot of good, like, hard-hitting anti-tank that's fairly hard for your opponent to kill. Um, so if you play that, that way, which, I mean, everybody I know plays that way, they, they take it to mean that that, you know, rule means for everybody because it does say, you know... It's like if you read the way that's worded and that seems to update the entire system just for Space Marines. But Forge World won't answer our goddamn emails, so we don't know 100%. <laughs> they just eat the cake. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, the other thing you could do is uh, take allies, and you could go, like, try to find an ally. I'm trying to think, like, because you only get, what, one... You get one HQ, two troops, one elite, um, one fast, one heavy. So, like, Marines, for your elite, you could do, like, machine killer vets in a pod uh for your fast attack you could do like a lightning and then for your heavy support you know there's tons of space marine heavy support that's anti-tank um that's a that's kind of a lot of points to get there uh it's the avengers the faster way to get there if you play that way unless you just want marine allies if you went mechanicum allies you could take that uh crazy tagmata argos with all the armor bane shooting on the photon thruster you know for your hq which would be good and then you could for troops, take uh, Falak with photon thrusters with Tank Hunter and put him in there, so that's even more anti-armor. And then for fast, you can take an Avenger or a Vulture Axe or something um, for fast attack. And then for elites, you could take, what, Myrmidons with, like, Graviton guns. And then for heavy, there's a ton of Mechanicum heavy stuff that's good, good anti-tank, like a Creos Venator or something like that. So they would also be a good ally option. Um, so that that gives you, I mean, if you want anti-tank, you either have to go that allied route or, like I said, take a Lord of War that, um, you know, like a suborbital wing with the Avengers or, I mean, even um, three of the Thunderbolts isn't bad. I mean, that's 12 kinetic piercers. I think the... Uh, the Avenger just being cheaper and having the last cannons for the entire game is a little bit better anti-tank wise though for sure absolutely so so anyway what do you what do you feel about it? i know you really like them um i'm game for them a whole bunch i mean describing them as like a dark elder army is is a very good like parallel because they are absolutely you know toughness three weak sisters you know, they don't even get some of the cool stuff that Dark Eldar have to protect their weak ships. I mean, they're, I don't know, I feel like they're going to be... I mean, no, it's in, pretty similar, because, like, the, the Dark Eldar get that, uh, like, a five-up invulnerable save, whatever that shadow field thing is, and then yeah. obviously they can all jink, which the sisters have stealth on everything, and then minus one ballistic skill when shooting at it, uh, 
you know, with the Jinx saves, it's actually pretty similar. Yeah, I feel there. like it's going to... The one thing like going to play the same. Dark, pretty yeah. close, yeah. I mean, so if you like if you like the play style of Dark Eldar in 40k, this is probably the closest army now. Um, they have a little bit better... Um, like, the infantry is a little tougher, because it's army-wide, 3-plus, 2-plus save, where Dark Eldar is a lot of 4-plus, 5-plus stuff. Um, yeah. The sisters aren't as fast. Dark Eldar, you know, like, have, like, army-wide fleet and a lot of jet bikes and sky shit and all that. At least not now. I mean, they may get that later. Um, and um, they don't... Obviously, Dark Eldar have a lot more anti-tank with all their, like, you know, blasters and dark lances and all that shit, where sisters don't really get a lot of that so i would have really liked to see like the uh them being able to choose fleet that would have been that would have been nice but i mean yeah. th- there's there's not really a whole lot that needs to be changed i, I really like it no i mean having a fast skimmer assault vehicle as a dead and then army infiltrate i mean you're not gonna have any problem getting in close if that's what you want to do but the, yeah. they're very glass hammery because they're going to be their best when they're in close, but also getting in close exposes them to, like, like how we talked about where, you know, the difference between my Blood Angel army and my Black Shields on how, how it interacts with the opponent's army. So this is very much in the vein of army where it's, like, 100% going to have to interact with the opponent's army regardless of what you play against, which also exposes you to a lot of enemy fire and whatever. So... It's going to be one of those armies that takes a fairly high casualty ratio in most games, um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, you know, you can still win that way. I, it's going to be a very fun army to play and play against, I think. Agreed. Yeah. Um, like I said, the, the lack of any armor is a little sad, uh, just because 30K, you see a lot of parking lots and a lot of armor in 30K, so you're definitely going to have to do something to address that. Yeah, that's where I'm at on it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that's all I got, man. That's it. We went through it. It's going to be another long ass podcast. People are going to be mad about, but I don't know what more we can do. There was just this is all new. You know what I mean? It's like literally almost like going through the entire Space Marine list or whatever. Like when we did a thousand on Space Wolf, you know, it was a units because they use a lot of the they use almost all the same base units that you know, all the other Marines use, but these are like all new armies where there's like a ton of shit to go through. So yeah, people it is that. what it is. And I guess <laughs> next week we, can, yeah. So next week, you know, we're going to make it the, like we said, we'd make it the, the, um, damn it. <laughs> My brain, the listener episode, you know, where we'll go through all the emails, but we can also go through the Mechanicum units if you want. Cause there's all, there's just the, the two, the two new uh, units they moved over from 40k, and then the Voltrax, and the Voltrax we don't even really need to go through. Like we can go, we'll go through the Voltrax now. It's totally unchanged from when we t- talked about it before, except they've lowered the toughness by one. Boom, done. So we can quickly go through the other two Mechanicum units, and then jump right into all the emails, voicemails, and whatever, and still have a pretty long show next week. Um, but it certainly won't, hopefully it won't be another five hour affair like the last two have been. Yeah, for real. Sorry guys. (laughs) 
but hopefully you listened yeah. to it and got a lot of information out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely valuable. Um, so, I don't know. Hopefully people like it. I know people, We got a, like we talked about, we got a few complaints about it being so long, but I don't really know how else to do it. I mean, I guess we could have broke it up like even more, like did Custodes one week, Sisters, whatever, but we just wanted to knock it out and put it behind us and move on with our life. So, yeah. Sounds I did. good, guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got nothing else to add, man. Probably wrap up this long ass show. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. Bill Gates <laughs> owns the weather machines. Bill Gates owns the weather machine, guys. Sorry for putting out this episode late. We uh, had a busy weekend, guys. Uh, it's out there now. We don't have to draw for the Quartus legs. We already did it online. Uh, this this episode actually took us a couple days to record, so it's it's out it's it's out now. You'll probably be getting this uh, early Wednesday yes. morning. Uh, I just want to give a shout out and a thank you to our our Patreon uh, subscribers. Now uh, we we did set up a Patreon account. Uh, yeah. It's I think we like it's like a dollar or something like that. It, I, I don't know. It's nothing crazy. Uh, just to kind of just see where we can take it, and uh, we already have a uh, three badass subscribers. So definitely want to say thank you to you guys. Uh, we did set up a closed group that we're going to slowly start adding people into, and uh, definitely going to do some cool stuff, man. Um, stay tuned for that. Really, I, that's going to be all I got, Ryan. Um, just real quick, I did. I finally got the. The, the spin the wheel thing we've been doing. I finally got all the stuff for the uh, is don't lose your head right that wanted. Yes, I think don't don't so lose your I, head I podcast. Went, I went and picked up all the stuff to uh, today, and I got Nicholas's address from him. So I'm going to be mailing that off um, this week, and then we'll be able to do another spin. So probably do another spin either next episode or the one after that. So spin no wheel. listen for that coming up. Hell yeah, yep. dude! I so, saw that. Post that. Post we got that another bag of goodies. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture of it tonight and post it up on the Facebook page. And then we're not going to get into it, but I will uh, drop another. We're, we have a probably the biggest giveaway we've ever done coming up. So that's all we're going to say. Michael won't let me say anything else, even though I want to. So um, I'm fucking super excited your, for it, man. Yeah, keep your. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears uh, open and peeled on our Facebook page and on these podcasts because gonna have a pretty 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 badass giveaway here real real soon. So probably not next episode, probably the one after. I would definitely say if you are not already on our Facebook page, you need to get on that Facebook page immediately because this is gonna be a sweet ass giveaway. And I think everybody who's a yep. longtime listener. Like it's 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 our way of showing appreciation to you guys. <laughs> yep, hundred percent. So, you guys are gonna be pumped when you see it. I think it's very cool. I'm I'm excited, dude. I haven't even Andrew, seen it. Yet. Andrew Legio, Andrew Legio probably win. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Make sure you sign up, Andrew, so you can win something else and troll everybody. So you can fucking get another slam dunk. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll catch you guys later. Y'all have a good night. Or day, whatever it is. <laughs> Later. We must start.